something I could call my own. Turns out you've been keeping secrets all along. Look like I was better off all on my own. Thought I found me something special, I was wrong. Added to the damage just by holding on. It might be time to pack it up and move along. Nothing lasts forever, forever's too long. They said our love would never last, I wish we proved them wrong. This is from what last week's releases. I'll get into that maybe in the, in the weekend or so, but like, you know. I listened to one album this week for this week's release, and that's Drake's album, obviously. It's like the typical shit that you expect, you know what I mean? Like, it starts out strong, then, like, towards the middle of it, it starts, like, kind of, like, you know, kind of being a little bit shit. And then, like, in the end, there's a couple of songs that you will fuck with, you know what I mean? It's still a decent album, I like it. Alone. You ain't here to stay, then walk away, but please don't leave me on. Love me, or leave me alone. This is, a, this is probably my favorite song on the album right here with J. Cole. I was trying to go to the concert, but it was like, it's too expensive. You know? I'm sure people I know fucking got comp for it, you know? It makes me wonder if some of these songs are even fucking actually like, you know, him. They're not AI and all that shit. I sat in my words and start looking too deep. I look at the tweets and start sucking my teeth. I'm letting it rock because I love the mystique. I still want to give me a song where I be. Can't trust everything that you saw on IG. Just know if I diss you, I make sure you know that I hit you like I'm on your call ID. I'm naming the album to fall off. It's pretty ironic because it ain't no fall off for me. Still in this bitch getting bigger. They waiting on the kid to come drop like a father to be. Love when they argue the hardest MC. Is it K. Dot? Is it Aubrey or me? We the big three like we started a league. But right now I feel like Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Muhammad Ali, the one that they call when they shit ain't connected no more. Feel like I got a job in IT. Rhyming with me is the biggest mistake. The Spider Man meme is me looking at Drake. It's like we recruited your homies to be demon deacons. We got them attending your weight. Hey, how the gang got away from the bars, man? This shit like a prison escape. Everybody stepping with fucking and everybody breakfast, and I'm about to clear up my plate. When I show up, it's motion picture blockbuster. The goat with the golden pen, the top toucher, the spot rusher. Spray this whole shit up, the crop duster. Not Russia, but apply pressure to your cranium. Cold's automatic when aiming them with the boy in the status of stadium. Nigga.
click out on you hoes and make a crime scene. I click the trigger on a stick like a high beam. And I would barely wear a whip when I was 19. She called my number. Jay Cole's on his, like... Early 2000s Eminem shit where, like, every feature he's going to be on, he's going to fucking kill it, essentially. You know what I mean? She got an Android of messages. It's lime green. I searched one name and end up seeing 20 teens. Nadine, Christine, Justine, Kathleen, Charlene, Pauline, Claudine. This song's also good, too. 8 a.m. in Charlotte. This is the song that he released right before the album's going to come out. Like, uh, like, like an hour, a couple hours before Yo, yo, if this guy keeps making references to Extension, or at least, like, making references that he could get you fucking killed, and then, yeah, with the call, he plays innocent whenever anyone puts it out, you know. Look. The money speaking for itself, I call it fortune tell. Five top from a bitch that work at corporate sales. Chinchilla, you shock, will be skiing out at Courchevel. Breaking news, they try to kill him, but the boy prevails. I leave for tour and my niggas fucking go to jail. Preaching to the dogs about wanting more for themselves. It's weighing heavy on my moral scale. Knowing they gonna sell another citizen cane. They think they want some wells. Walking Chanel, they like, how the fuck you need more Chanel? I got these cats tucking tails on four quarter sales. I'm used to seeing tears drop over enormous meals. The restaurant clears out, faint echoes of Lauren Hill. I say we gotta talk about us, I feel like Jordan Peele. Could tell I'm getting under your skin like an orange peel. Cause your words don't match your actions like a foreign film. And now I'm silencing the lamb like the horror film. Things get quiet after me stating the obvious. Things get kinky after 15 years of dominance. That October sky is looking ominous. The money is autonomous. Shout to Oliver North. He out in Rome doing Toronto shit. And Jeremiah the watchdog. You niggas know what time it is. I'm in and out of Houston hobby. So much I'm a hobbyist. Hoes waiting on cinch in the lobby. That boy a lobbyist. Savage got a green card straight out of the consulate. Where I go, you go, brother. Where you go, Slavian. Formal is a dress code, dog. So many checks owed. I feel check Slovakia, nigga. What the fuck? This is a good go. See, this is a... I feel like if Mike switched out the glove for the pen, like, this shit just too enticing right now, you know? This is when I, I, I fuck with Drake a lot, man. Diamonds do the silly dance, I raise up the wine glass Metal detectors beeping and security bypass The numbers going up, someone pull up the line graph The days are going by, it's like I'm living in time lapse They talking to Adele like you majored in finance Shania Twain notepad, I'm making it line dance You try and rob me and it's gonna feel like you sitting at your favorite restaurant Cause nigga, that's where you dying at Mob ties, I swear be like a bitch with fine sisters and fine cousins The family all bad, I'm preaching to the dolls about cleaning their images I swear I'm like a young T.D. Jakes to my menaces Long kiss, goodnight, PDA for my nemesis 300 on the premises That's what's really bracking like this verse in parenthesis I'm giving hits to niggas on so don't even mention it Like, don't even worry about it Like, get me back whenever By, yo, by the way, I, I, I came up I, I found something on Reddit where um, I guess they're pointing out I guess because now that, uh, you know, uh, the right wing is calling at Howard Stern, so now people are sh- people on the subreddit now who fucking think he's gone woke have now been posting, like, you know, inappropriate stuff that Stern has done because you can only weaponize it at when he's a liberal. But this just, it, when I see these clips, it just confirms to me that, like, he birthed a style that's going to be, like, that's, like, you know, been prominent right now with other fucking streamers and all that kind of shit. 
on the sophisticated scale. Like, not like, you know, the typical, like, shock jock of, like, you know, having naked girls on and all that kind of stuff. Like, people will do that shit. But the other fucking way of, like, you know, going off on how people are, you know, the, you know, how, how like, would Howard go off on Imus or Soupy Sales or he would go off on, what, about, I don't know, Cousin Brucey? I don't know. Where he went at, basically. He would act like he is the more genuine one in that, and the person from the past is the one that is, like, you know, completely, you know, lost the fucking plot and all that kind of shit, while he normalizes more of a sophisticated racism. But there's some... So basically, people are playing this fucking clip of him, um, you know, um, him and his staff. Again, if the chick fucking, you know, permitted it, you know what I mean? That's, I guess, like, you know, you can't... Like, you can say that, okay, it's kind of tacky, but if I were to believe that some of these women were forced on there to have to be be subjected to that, then maybe, like, that would be one fucking thing, but... Whenever anybody, you know, points it out, it has to be, like, limited in the in the sense of, oh, well, um, yeah, it, it doesn't age well right now, but, you know, the woman gave permission, but, like, now, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, did the woman give permission? Did she get pressured into it behind the fucking scenes? Not, like, on people think behind the scenes is the camera stuff, but, like, even behind the scenes is the camera stuff, you know, that's supposed to give you a false illusion that you're seeing behind the scenes shit. But this is uh, some of the stuff that, um, well, let me see. This is what, what, what most right-winger shows will become in the future when the fascism takes over. Some naked Austrian playing piano. far off from this becoming the norm of what, like, right-wing late-night television will become, essentially. Then a bunch of the staff members tried touching her fucking tits, basically. It's a summary of that shit, you know. It's getting fucking crazy. The fucking world's just nuts, and I'm, 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 fucking, I'm still alive, unfortunately. I don't know why I'm still alive on this fucking planet. I want to be gone. But then my trolls open up the subreddit again, so that I assume they deleted whatever they're putting in private, which is probably the specifics. But what I call all, all I gotta do is just put out a couple of status updates and delete them, or some tweets and delete them, and they'll like capitalize off, off it because now I said that people would marry into you know your family and be a fucking agent or something like that, right? And now they're hinting that people are marrying into my family. Uh, saying my sister is getting married to an agent, whatever, wouldn't shock me. Anyways, everyone, everything's co- corrupt. But they're trying to insinuate and still more paranoia into me. Um, you know what I mean? But I, I, I love to see what they deleted. You know what I mean? But because there's also other new people that are also commenting on there as well. So it's clearly there's been more people that are now aligned with it. So, so I'm. I wrote a blog recently as well. 
See, it, it's not good enough for them to suppress the blog, not to not be seen. But you know it fucking angers them the more they have to fucking suppress it. You know what I mean? Because then they'll still act accordingly still. You make so much fucking enemies, you have no fucking clue what's going on. I just hope I fucking die soon. I don't know. They're throwing, uh, you know, um... Hold on a second, where, where, where was it here? Uh, what the so uh, some guy named Patrick McHenry, I think, is taking over for the. For, I guess he's the interim. I guess they didn't want to do a anonymous house speaker. I guess that'd probably be the best bet to do. You know what I mean? Like somebody goes up there to like basically go, "Hey, may I have your attention, please?" The anonymous house speaker wants to say something. It's like I want you to put underwear on your head while you vote no for Ukraine or something like that. You know what I mean? Like what the fuck is going on here? Some people think fucking Trump will probably be, you know, um, things, it, it, it wouldn't make much sense because he's running for president, he's not in office, whatever, but I guess, you know, somehow they'll justify why he's able to fucking do it. Like, like I told you, it's like post-attitude era level rules where, like, the rules don't have to make any fucking sense, basically, like, you know what I mean? Like, all the rules they established in the beginning of what politics was has been thrown out the window because it makes no fucking sense. There's people that are like, like, there's discourse about Matt Gates fucking, you know, potentially having under having sex with underage fucking interns or trying to marry interns, and then the com- the comedic relief of like, well, at least he wasn't married back then. He wasn't married, so I guess you know him. Be- I'm supposed to now point out that him uh, not being married is okay for him to basically you know be able to do whatever the fuck he's gonna do with underage chicks. I guess I. This is how much of a parody, how much of sports entertainment, and and people actually think that they're covering real fucking news, and all you're doing is, like, covering fucking sports entertainment, pretentious infighting that reduces it to tabloid-level fucking shit. Cause every, cause, because now it sells in the, in the tabloid level, so now they're taking everything that they've done with celebrity in the celebrity world, and now they're bringing it into fucking politics, essentially, where that's where then now all the comedy is, essentially. Like, okay, hold on a second, right here, hold on. ...that no one would even touch him because he was being accused of, of sleeping with underage girls, which, honestly, there was no colleagues that came out and defended him because, quite frankly, the stuff that he would show on the floor and the stuff he would brag about on the floor before he was married, we probably thought, well, that's 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 reasonable, and we would always have to walk away from him. Uh, and so... And, no, and, 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 and again, if I'm playing by regular fucking rules, because these people are supposed to be regular fucking people, apparently, right? No one would call, if, if this is so outrageous, no one would call the police that this guy might be fucking underage chicks or anything like that. It, it just shows you that, like, they let you know about it to, like, go, okay, oh, this guy's a fucking creep. But what's going to end up happening? Is he still going to have his fucking job? Of course he is. So how is cancel culture fucking real? You know what I mean? You're just basically admitting it. And, and, and again, this is just to get it fucking, you know, to make it seem like it's, like, like dirt is being thrown around, whatever. But this is still pretentious infighting. They're still basically on the same fucking team. They're just making it seem like it's conflict. It's justifying why we're going to get to the next fucking level of wherever the fuck this is going, essentially. What you have here, I don't think what he's done is, is, is something to be expelled. 
but this is something that his constituents back in Florida should make a hard look at. I mean, there was... I don't know, man. Fucking under... I'm trying to fuck underage chicks. I think that, you know, would call for expulsion, but I... I mean, I guess we live by different fucking rules, I guess. You know, I, I, I don't know. What the call, like, you know, like, what am I supposed to do with this information when, like, literally nothing's going to be done about it? All, all we're going to do is just make jokes about how he likes underage chicks, and that's, like, basically it. But what's, like, like what consequences are going to happen? It's just, like, you're allowed to admit you're a fucking, you're allowed to have this as discourse, and then people will make fun of it, and then that's it, and then we'll, and then we'll go, well, you know, then everyone will be pure, pure about some other fucking rule about banning somebody from, like, speaking or something like that. And then it makes it look it's like like it's inconsistent because you're literally having people who have like are are basically admitting that they have been involved with underage fucking chicks or or something like that. You know what I mean? People think he actually fucking trafficked his fucking kids or something like that as well. I don't know. I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's like the whenever they plant seeds for those fucking rumors, it fucking seems like there'll be something coming out with that or something like that. I don't know. Many times that he would go out on, on news programs in the evening and he would tell me personally, hey, I've got to go sell my constituent catheters because all he was doing was selling himself and evidently his constituent base is, is an older base and that he thought that was funny. To me, that's not funny. You take your job and make it serious, do what's right by it and serve. This isn't, a, this isn't an opportunity for you just to have a an opportunity to promote yourself, which that was what Matt Gates' goals was. And so now that he wasn't relevant before Speaker McCarthy, this Speaker McCarthy uh, opposing him has made him um, uh, a credible candidate somehow and allowed him to get uh, get all the attention that he was seeking beforehand. And he's going to continue to do this, even if it's the next speaker, because he has to seek that yeah. that attention. I mean, remember what I said, Emma, this is retail politics. This has nothing to do with policy or principle any, uh, anymore. Well, just jumping in really quickly, uh, those accusations I know you brought up earlier, just uh, those are... You know that guy Andrew Reynolds, that guy who's the guy who's speaking on Newsmax right now, the the guy who interrupted right now. He sounds, uh, he looks like that Andrew Reynolds guy who's like that. Uh, he's like that gay, gay dude. That's all, I mean, he's always in a bunch of shit, but like he's like completely out, whatever, and all that kind of shit. But he 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 kind of looks like it kind of like an AI art generated version of him essentially. You know. And then this is another. This guy was going off. Didn't have the, the media didn't give a time of day to after he was accused of sleeping with an underage girl, and there's a reason why no one in the conference came to defend him, because we had all seen the videos he was showing on the house floor that all of us had walked away of the girls that he had slept with. He bragged about so how he was. It's, it's like they all memorize the script, but you know, it's like the same script this guy repeating. He goes on different uh, shows and so he could go all night. This is obviously. I don't know, man. By the way, what the call? Here's other fucking people. I remember I was talking about the Aaron Hernandez fucking shit. You know what I mean? Um, Chandler Jones now bringing it up um, about like how there's some, and and I believe like you know because like there is some exposition going on that they're letting somebody who's going to go more to the right wing be someone that like you know like people are going to fucking dismiss them because uh, dismiss them because. Automatically, oh, he's a mega guy. He's an American great, whatever, and all that type of shit, right? But then the same fucking time, when you talk about like you know trafficking fucking kids and all that kind of shit, people will then like because people might assume that fucking guy, the the coach, that um, the Mark Davis do from the Raiders, not Mark Davis from fucking Aussie Open. 
Ho- hopefully not. Even though, even though, even though Mark Davis from the Raiders and Mark Davis from uh, Aussie Open have like the same type of hairline. Um, you know what I mean? Where like you know, <laughs> maybe that's his. Maybe did on purpose. Maybe you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but no, but like, there's other people that um, like you know, uh, like they knew um. They knew something iffy was about the suicide story, so it feels like that Aaron Hernandez thing is gonna be one of those stories where they've made money off like whatever narrative they're gonna pull, and you're gonna find out that oh my god, did you know they weren't telling you the truth completely? But like whatever, like there's a conspiracy that fucking is 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 like you know whenever there's something true about a conspiracy that could be true, whatever. The people involved that are gonna be in charge of that, like who are gonna be the leaders of it end up then going into more of a right-wing direction. So you think, like, automatically, because they might have credibility off, you know, un- even though, even though like, like, now uncovering the conspiracy is also now part of the conspiracy in that they allow people to be the ones to blow the lid off, something that's going to be, going to be blown the lid off of, you know? But all that stuff about, about, like, Chandler Jones being sent to an institution and institutionalized that shit could be fucking happening when it comes to fucking, so, again, if you watch the fucking boys, they're trying to make it look like, like, you know, that, like, someone like him is the one that's kind of being truthful, but here's some of the people I thought was iffy right here, hold on a second. This is Fred Taylor, Brent, Brendan Marshall, and Cam Newton and Ocho, Ocho Cinco talking about um, the Aaron Hernandez thing. The day before he allegedly committed suicide, I, we, we just had a conversation. Before, before what? Hold on, when? Before he, allegedly, before he allegedly committed suicide, we just talked. He's in great spirits. Like, like we chopping it up. He was, yeah, big dog, you know, I'm here, man. You know, my family, this and that, everything is good, 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 good. So when they say he committed suicide, I'm saying, like, I just talked to him last night. Right. You know what I'm saying? He ain't even mentally built like that. He wired different. You know it wasn't suicide. So we all got, we all got different, different Chico stories. A hundred percent. Like, I was with Chico, like, we was in the same recruiting class. So I seen a younger him. And and one thing that I'll say about him, how he's being portrayed as this villain, that's not him. That's not him. We talked. See, again, again with the cold, like, whatever he's been accused of, I still believe he did some of the fucking shit that they fucking said he did. Whatever, like, some, you know what I mean? But I feel like it's part, like, I don't know if it's gonna, if it's gonna represent that, like, CT is getting a control, that these people do fucking horrible shit. And, and of course, people don't justify what horrible shit can be done off of CTE, because then that, not because, like, like, they, like when Paul Heyman denies it about not wanting to hear it about the Benoit situation, and, and, and again, part of that rant that he went on, I agree that we should be fucking, you know, more concerned about Nancy Benoit and the kid. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, one of the worst fucking things about it. Even if you have a fucking conspiracy that, like, still, the fucking, you know, Nancy Benoit and a little kid fucking died from it. But, like, you know, he doesn't want to talk about CTE. And it's like, yeah, of course you wouldn't want to talk about CTE because you were responsible for a lot of that shit to go on. Knowing full well, in my personal opinion, that you were selling these half of these people a fucking dream. Some of the people probably knew they would get another gig somewhere else if they stayed loyal enough. The ones that, like, kind of did the office work kind of as well, like, who helped out in the, you know, who could have, like, like, you know, like, 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 like a Taz, Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, Devon, and all that kind of shit. You know.
Rob Van Dam. But some of these people, you know, the, he sold he sold the fucking horrible dream to, in my personal opinion. All to facilitate what the mainstream was going to do anyways. To make it seem... Like, like yeah, you guys started it out, but you guys were supposed to be planning it out. So that it would give um, people the blue... It would give a blueprint for what McMahon would fucking copy off of. And put in the mainstream. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. What, what... In all respects of what happened... The person that I know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just just from your experience. And everybody who everybody from Florida at that particular point in time called him Chico. They it wasn't even calling him Aaron. Like, no, bro. Chico. You talking about Chico? Chico. Chico from Connecticut. Like, yeah. Like he was a loyal, funny, goofy dude, bro. Like so much so that he spent Thanksgiving with me and my family. Like that so what so don't get like the bashing of who he is and what he was done—that's that's understandable. See, we, 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 see, whenever they go the conspiratorial route, they have to downplay the other shit that maybe that he may have fucking done. But to me, it's part. Of, I I feel like these horrible things are either representative of fucking CTE or like these are fucking cogs in a Fight Club type fucking system where like you know when like they told people hey go start a fight or something like that. I feel like there's nonsensical level shit that goes on in some of these institutions. Especially the entertainment and you know sports and politics, and it feels like it's like basically Fight Club level initiations for going viral and all that kind of shit. And now you have these kind of talk. I'm sure when there's something else uncovered about Aaron Hernandez's fucking death, this will be one of the fucking clips they fucking show when they make a fucking documentary, most likely. In my personal opinion. Just wanted to bring that up. I just because you know because. That was getting traction again. Because, uh, what's it called? What's his name? Uh, Mark Davis was in the news about, you know, and, um, like, he, I, he, he's the guy, he's the owner that had to replace the Raiders coach because the email, some, some of the emails that happened two years ago. You know what I mean? So whenever somebody gets revealed as being a racist, then all of a sudden, then, like, it means when you punish the racist from your fucking group, then... Like, even though, like, the, I feel like the, everybody in there probably knew what was going... Like, you know, all the owners and all that kind of stuff, right? They exposed one, so they make it look like you got you punished someone for the racism and ignorance and abuse and all that kind of stuff. But then, at the same time, people that are going to be shitting on the coach for the Raiders aren't doing as well or something like that. You know what I mean? And Josh McDaniels, is the, I think he's, like, the coach now. And then people think that Josh McDaniels has something to do with Aaron Hernandez... So I don't know, man. Thing is, it 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 would it wouldn't shock me. But the thing is, like only the people that like the reason why I don't I don't like fucking you know talking to anyone else about conspiracies. Like unless I'm trying to explain my point, like I I'll call the Matt Bender show, and I'll I'll talk about like you know my narrative of fucking conspiratorial fucking thinking, and it always is me to trying to be leading to more of a progressive thing, not to go in the fucking regressive fucking thing. So that's, you know what I mean, because there's something there, but, like, I feel like the people that get chosen to do, like, you know, be, it has to be, like, now created, like, a new storyline, where it kind of reveals that there's hospitalizations and institutionalization type of fucking deal going on, you know, and then, you know, things will, I don't know, man, it just, it just seems fucking weird to me, everything just seems, 
like it feels like it, it it's, it's like purposely supposed to be playing you know into this kind of shit you know I don't know Everything on the left is getting crazy as well, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I what was it called? Matt Gates is also now working with Ro Khanna. On like some like you know on like uh, like you know it's like one of those things where like it makes it seem like oh look Matt Gates is actually trying to get some uh, like you know get some corruption out of there, but but you know but Ro Khanna is starting that whole Project Hope thing with Jenk and Jenk is going more to the, even though he denies going more to the right wing. I heard the debate with uh, with him and Hassan and, and again ha- see again this is what always happens whenever now it seems like Hassan has been going over. Like he 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 makes it seem he makes it seem like uh, like 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 um like like he he condemns what what they called um he condemns what um what his, what his uncle's doing in the with the trans issue, but then he'll position something like, oh what they called I I knew I was right about the um playing the game of uh, of of uh, what's her what's her name J K Rowling like the Harry Potter game. I knew I was in the right, even, but I I swallowed my pride and I uh, you know I, I I I conceded, making it seem like he 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 did it like he did it in fear of them or something like that, you know what I mean? Like he put he put it out in that way. The thing, the reason why he's not right about the J.K. Rowling thing is that it's not about like listen, people are gonna play the game. If you want to play the game, play the game. But the people that act like oh. If we just if we just kind of like you know like you know ignore what J.K. Rowling did, you know she doesn't have any power. Then like yeah, these celebrities do have fucking power. I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry to break it to people who are obsessed with entertainment. I can, because I know everybody that is is like obsessed with one billionaire, so everyone has to pretend that like you know they're fucking super fucking great. Whatever it's a billionaire or a fucking uh, 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 someone that's ahead of the someone that's created something that is so like uh, like fr- like a franchise kind of thing. She's like her own mafia boss, basically. You know what I mean? If you have, like, if you're known for something, you know, that got fucking popular and become a phenomenon, you're basically, like, like you're, whatever, like, related to it, you're basically like a mafia boss. Even even when, like, they did a panel <coughs> on HBO Max without her being there. It's like she probably still had association with it. But it's just, like, a way to go, oh, you, here's, you, you, you can enjoy it because she's not involved with it. But she is. You know, but he but but he did a good job pushing back. Against you know some of the like like like, like acting like. He he said that uh, Lance Lance and them in, in the leftist mafia called him uh, a Nazi. I he hit his right thing. I I think he secretly listens to me or listen to my listen to my blog, and he assumed because I call into Matt Binder's show maybe. And I'm like, you know, he's going in that Nazi level direction. 
in a sophisticated fucking way. Maybe he think he's thinking of me, but none of those guys like those people are the Lance and all of them were way too, like only one was like Ole and Matt Binder that weren't like trying to coddle their fucking feelings. But like everyone else was just giving him why that's a bad right wing fucking framing type of deal. But since I've been on that whole TYT is moving to the right and I've been noticing it even before like this whole trans issue with the call, I just knew that solidified that they're going in that direction. And they're, they're going to keep doubling down on it, even though no one else from the leftist, leftist mafia or, or anything like that have, have really mentioned them. Unless, like, somebody brings them up to call, to call in. And they don't even fucking go hard or, like, you know, make fun of them, like, you know, like, make fun of them or all that kind of shit. But because they got called out, and they know they're going to get called out. For, for the propaganda, you, you notice how Jank and them didn't mention the Tony Everest story about being pro-trans the day, the day, the day after somebody shows up <coughs> with a gun wanting to see him, he got arrested, then he got let out again, and then you wanted to see him, and then uh, what they called Anna, Anna and Jank, they didn't even mention the story about what, um, what could have been the fucking motivating factor behind it. Because they know that they're putting out that fucking same shit. While in the same breath, Anna Kasparian's talking about, uh, how there's a liberal bias against right-wing, ext- uh, naming right-wing extremism being, like, the main terrorism. And, like, she's equating shit on the left with the fucking right, first of all. Like, acting like it isn't... And, and if, if there are people who are supposed to be, quote-unquote, on the left that are going out and fucking just, like, just, uh, uh, like, you know, like, you know, mudding up the message, I'm, I'm willing to wonder if they're actually fucking, actually left people and they're actually, uh... Because I, I support fucking self-defense. You know what I mean? I, I, I support self-defense, whatever, and I think a lot of the cases of that is, like, you know, like, if, if you're going to say that... The, because, again, if there's factions going on, then, yeah, people on the left might have a faction of their own if a civil war is fucking brewing. You know when they say, like, oh, like, oh, the government can't find this amount of money and the PP loans and all that kind of stuff? Like, right now, they're like, oh, like, they, they have to make it seem like there's scams going on or, like, like oh, look, they're giving you a stupid reason of why they needed $3.2 billion to buy new furniture during the COVID thing. It's, like, it's supposed to be, like, ironic, but part of me feels like, like a lot of that money for different factions is being funneled because they know that, like, in the, in the, 2000, in the 2020s, that like um like the, the with the COVID shit, which is real, and then the fucking Black Lives Matter protests and the insurrection shit. That this is all just and the convoys and all that kind of stuff, like different protests. They're all they're all like just um like you know like it, it was a big fucking storyline playing out essentially. Then it had a calm down period, and it feels like the money like it, during that time was like basically the world's going to a different direction. So to me, it feels like different factions are getting different money to fucking put for whatever civil war is going to be brewing. Like the right wing will talk about that, like they actually want it, right? Like me, me personally, I don't want fucking any war to break out. I wish we could all live fucking peacefully. That's not the fucking reality. But like, at least the right wing, they like even if they they don't like 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 they don't care if the if people in the media or people on the left spaces will make fun of them about this shit. But like, it's like they get fucking underground knowledge of what's to come. And it's like they're getting ready for what's to fucking come, but like they want to be the, but they're making it seem like they're doing it out of fucking self defense. When I believe like all factions essentially are, you know, getting prepared for it.
You know what I mean? That's how I fucking see... Like, like whatever, like, uh, they do, uh... You know, I don't know. But they, they didn't mention that shit, basically. You know what I mean? They, they, they didn't mention that shit at all whatsoever. You know, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just getting fucking crazy. Yeah, but I don't know what else was... They're going off about about the anecdotal, anecdotal crime shit that was going on. The thing is, what the call like, even though like he 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 went at jank about about it in like in an official kind of fucking way, like and I know that was just sound conspiracy. But if Jank wants to go off anecdotal shit or like be be conspiratorial in that regard, whatever, right? It 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 feels like um you know um it it feels like um Hassan's pushback because Hassan has been also turning heel a little bit. With like kind of being anti-Ukrainian a little bit, I mean I I don't I, like it if it, it it feels like like people keep fucking mentioning about like like weapons being like you know like oh like this mushroom like people act like it's actual money being it's like old equipment being fucking sent and and because everyone's used to the U.S. like officially fucking starting wars and all that kind of stuff. When people, when it's not, like, technically their fucking war by asking the U.S. not to, like, get involved. Like, I, I wish they would do the same shit with, uh, I wish they would, like, do the same shit for Palestinians. You know what I mean? Like, but, like, because they're making it, but the thing, it goes to my point that they don't actually want you to support Ukraine because anything that the establishment fucking parrots and says. People think because the alt-media and online people are pushing a narrative that the opposite of of what they're saying means that like those people are the ones that are being brainwashed, and you know what I mean. And so like so so I've noticed Hassan going that direction from the clips that I've seen. Plus he 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 also like you know he downplays what China does to Thai. The thing is like I've been fucking kind of like holding holding my tongue about like being super critical of what China do- like what the Chinese government does. I don't want to fucking generalize cuz that's the one thing I fucking hate about this is that people from these countries are going to be fucking generalized. But the thing is is like if you're going to call out a fucking different country, it's like then you have to do it under a US fucking talking point. You know what I mean? And I, and then some people who, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, like me personally, I, like, if I was going to call out what other, like, what the Russian government, Saudi Arabian government, Chinese government, you know what I mean? Israeli government did. I wouldn't want to do it under the guise of, like, well, in America, this doesn't fucking happen because in America they stand true. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to do it in that. That's why I'm saying the country versus country aesthetic has kind of broken people's fucking brains because it's like, you know what I mean? It's like if you call out fucking China... I mean, I could, trust me, there's a lot of right-wingers that, like, are call, like, they, like, for, like, like they're calling it out because they fucking want more war to fucking take place. As much as they say that they want to be anti-war. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they'll, like, be against fucking Ukraine. They say they're anti-war, but then they're amping up, you know, being at war with China. Even though, like, a lot of the fucking, like, you know, a lot of these corrupt governments 
are all probably aligned together on some fucking level. You know what I mean? So like if you if you if you're, if you're going to be like anti-Russia or sorry, be pro-Russia because you want to be anti-imperialist. Cuz you'll point out like and, and so you'll suck up to Russia and you'll suck up to fucking China. But it's like you're sucking up to regimes that are going to be aligned with the far right-wing regime that you're pointing out basically. So, so, so it's like while Hassan's doing that turn, he was chosen to like now get some baby face rub because he, he kind of went at Jank and Jank was like, he just goes all about polling and he acts like they're the ones who keep this thing going all the fucking time and all that kind of shit. But he's the one that fucking keeps it going by taking more and more fucking jabs at people all the fucking time and then making it seem like, oh, we're progressive, but we're... uh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like they're the ones who fucking started this. They're the ones who created all these right-wing fucking people. If, if you're someone that's like, if you, if you, like, if Jank and Anna think that they're actually, like, progressive and actually left, like, knowing the people that you've created that have become ten times fucking worse, whether it be Jessica Burbank, whether it be, you know, uh, Michael Tracy, whether it be Jimmy Dore, David Rubin, I mean, Jordan Cherington seems to be, like, one of the few that seems like he's not gone completely. And, like, but he does do that whole, like, oh, the mainstream media is not covering this. It's like, dude, if you're covering it, just cover it. You can point out the mainstream media hasn't covered it, but by now people realize that the mainstream media will eventually cover it, right? But, like, but, 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 they, but to give, like, the alt-media credibility... Like, they're the ones who cover it first. I'm not saying that you shouldn't call out mainstream media, but it feels like to make your fucking, you know, your footage even more, like, you know, even more, like, uh, like, you know, even, like, like, you make it seem like your footage and your, everyone's analysis, like, on TYT as well, that it's way more dangerous and way more revolutionary because the mainstream media hasn't covered it. And I feel like you, I feel like a lot of people who say, you know, who are in the alt media, whether it be, like, supposed left or... Like, you know, the right, they will always use that as, like, they're fucking talking about, oh, the mainstream media doesn't want you talking about this. It's like, dude, the establishment's online as well. What are, you, what are we talking about? Why are we reducing, like, people want, want to progress and evolve, but everybody's just doing regressive level shit. I don't know. That's how I fucking see it, at least. I'm trying to see right here. An- another thing that's happening right now is uh, um, that the right wing... Whenever the, whenever the right wing fear mongers about this shit... When we see the right wing fear mongering about it, it makes me fucking think that there's more to it. And for the first time, I'm actually seeing people do a conspiracy against the right wing, basically, a little bit, which is kind of refreshing. Not like, uh, because, because I feel like there's people on the left that are fucking maybe kind of going into the conspiracy stuff right now as well. Because at least there's some people now that counter 
every fucking right, like, counter right-wing narratives and the right-wing gets fucking pissed off so they think that it's shills. And again, they could be as well, but don't act like you guys aren't shills so you're mad that other shills are counting your fucking shill shit. You know what I mean? It's kind of refreshing because for a while it just seemed like everyone was in a hive mind there. But that, but, but now because these two people, um, was one journalist named Josh Kruger and then the, this Ryan Thurston Carson, the teacher, they both dunked on Scott, Scott Adams' tweet about how Scott Adams said in 2020, if you vote for Joe Biden, you'll be dead within a year. And, well, I mean, it's been like three, it's been three years, but apparently those two guys have recently fucking died. And guess who the killers were? Ta-da! Black people. So now it's like, oh, look, you see the, you, you see what the call, like, like the, the, they'll make it seem like it's maybe Black Lives Matter people or something like that. And they'll go, oh, you see, under Biden's administration, like, the, the uh, these, the, these minorities are killing people, and they're being let out of fucking jail or whatever the fuck, you know, they might have a record or something like that. But to me, what the call, you know, now that people are pointing at Scott Adams' interaction, and everything, everything on the internet, it's not, it's not done, everything's done for, like, an upcoming storyline. Will it be revealed that maybe, because again, here's the thing, a lot of these right-wing fucking, you know, um, celebrities who are, like, in the, in, in the political world, and they, they can put money on the street. You know, cause again, you see it in Sopranos all the time, right? It's a realistic show. If I believe the world's a mafia fucking world, could this mean that with the call, like, after, like, they dunk... Anyone that anyone that's, like, has some type of notoriety a little bit, or who's in the public sphere, who, who, who dunks on, like, you know, some right-wing people, that, like, they can... Or, like, you know what I mean? They might not get, get you back directly, by, like, yelling at you, but they'll organize something to kill you, basically. That's why I always said that if, if, what, I'm, if, if what I'm saying about, like, you know, talking about, like, some of this far right-wing shit, and I know that I'm probably on a fucking kill list because my trolls have fucking, you know, helped facilitate that um, because, you know, right, far right-wing people pay attention to me. I said that even if they used a fucking, you know, brown or black person or whoever they use, they the people that, that would do it, wouldn't be the ones that actually, you know what I mean? I'm sure they'll play fucking dumb. You know what I mean? For, for like, and, and, and that'll probably be broadcasted too. Dude, dude, there's a fucking whole... Someone did a fucking analysis of the Sonya Deville fucking stalker shit. And, um, you know, um, what they call, like, the, the, like even the... the, the it, it, this, is my, this is why I think that there is a... Like feds and law enforcement that have like an entertainment liaison, they can use, like you know, go, like you know the the uh, like the Arkham Asylum weirdos at their disposal, to basically like do what they're doing, and then it'll be used for a gimmick fucking interrogation because the guy is basically doing, oh I had a I had like a a friendship with her in my head basically, and like he's really calm about it, it's like he is being scripted in the situation. But, like, it also, like, to me, the bigger picture would be that, like, these guys exist because they're allowed to exist in this mafia underworld. And then when, like, law enforcement is supposed to act on them, they can get fucking some, like, type of engagement and fucking some of the advantages of having the entertainment dollar out there. But it's, it's like their own version of cops, essentially. This is why I'm saying that feds and fucking law enforcement have kind of a say of some of the internet fucking... Or, like, the organized stuff that goes viral on the internet, essentially. In my personal opinion. 
So what's it called? That Ryan Thorstein Carson guy was stabbed in uh, on Malcolm X Boulevard. I think on 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 uh, Malcolm X Boulevard. I think people are saying. I don't know where I don't know where he was, but it, it, but dude, it, it felt like it, it felt like I was like I'm not saying it, 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 like he didn't really fucking you know get stabbed or anything like that. I'm just saying, but it felt like I'm watching, like you know, like organized shit going on. And then Josh Kruger guy, what the call was like killed <coughs> a couple of weeks ago by a black guy again. And, and the reason why I'm pointing that out is because the right wing will always use, and they'll be like, oh, the mainstream media is not showing the face. Because they don't want him to see that the black person. It's like, I saw a mainstream. I saw I saw um, uh, an official fucking publication, and they're showing his face. So like, even if, so like, like even if you're gonna lie, just like about that kind of shit, it's like it just shows me that that your your intentions. You don't really care about the guy that got fucking stabbed. You're using it to basically just amplify your racist fucking behavior. That's how I fucking look at it, at least. You know what I mean? I don't know. By the way, what they're called, Anna was going, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, she, again, they found out more about this, um, hold on a second. This, so what they call one of the women who who was in this Karen video, so like some in the, in a lawsuit, whatever. She was afraid of being filmed, and she she got anxiety because she was afraid like what will happen uh, um being filmed because like the wrong thing could happen, and she lives somewhere where she helps that dis, um, people with disabilities, and you know what I mean. When you get canceled, you could like you know get pressure to lose your you know your. Uh, you, you, like, I, I, I never, I never agree with that unless it's like something like completely fucking like vile, that, you know, like, like you know, like fucking like you know, like like, like like killing somebody or like you know committing a fucking hate crime and all that kind of shit. But like, I always looked at those things as like they're just amplify, like the system is amplifying. Like, even though racism is fucking real, systemic racism is real. Like you know what I mean? Like it, because people are now using these situations to now make it seem like people are exaggerating and you, taking advantage of of of, of calling stuff stuff out as racism, basically. But it, you know what I mean? And and this woman got like over a hundred thousand dollars. The woman who who did the video got over a hundred thousand dollars in GoFundMe. I'm trying to think. Like I said, with all the money that's being funneled and all that kind of shit, it's starting to make me think that between the PPP loans, between like you know, uh, like you know, Black Lives Matter scamming people or Trump people scamming people, like all that kind of shit, and you know, even like you know, somebody who goes viral getting a GoFundMe. Part of me wonders if like you know, just one fucking system that's literally fucking doing it with gimmick fucking people to give that kind of money, and it's just a way for you to kind of you know. <laughs> get paid off of it. But now TYT, what's it called, is apologetic about, oh my God, we shouldn't have put up all these... No, no, you made a lot of money off those fucking videos. 
if, if, if you're so hell-bent on fucking, you know, taking it back, give the money you made from those videos, those stories, give the fucking money back then if you're such a fucking humanitarian. But you won't give it back. But what you're doing now is, you, is now you're amplifying fake narratives. That what, Are you, you going to come back when you find out that what's called there's more going on? Are you going to come back when you find out that, like, there's way more about the funding of fucking looting and all that kind of shit? Are you going to go back on that? Or are you just going to use this fucking case to now go back? Back into your right wing fucking pivot. It's it, and, and by the way, it, it's clear that they fucking listen to what I say or they get word of what I fucking say, even though my podcast is nothing. But I I, I know that they fucking pay attention to what I'm fucking saying. But like, if, if I'm just monitoring again, I'm watching the fairest show in America, right? I'm watching the home of the progressives, right? But why am I not allowed to notice fucking inconsistencies in in the way you're telling the story? Like you'll go off about how you're credible and how the mainstream media. Oh, did you know that the um, uh, did you, did you know that the PG and again and again I'm not saying that she's wrong to be outraged by this, but I'm just saying what's it called? Maybe you guys should have done more investigative fucking journalism and maybe discovered that what's it called that um the the, the mainstream media was lying sooner. But it's like, yeah, whenever they, these things happen with, like, the fucked up equipment that causes fire, because we're supposed to be, we're, we're, again, they, they can't advertise to you that what they call this world's supposed to be imploding, right? And things are going to randomly fucking happen, whether they fucking just say, it, they just blindly just say, I'm not saying climate change isn't fucking, it's not real or, you know what I mean? But I also think that there's other factors that are playing into it. And then when you have, like, you know, PG&E, you know, the hook that fucked up the equipment to cause fires and they didn't change the... Like, it's always the same fucking... It's always the same fucking story. And then we, we, we get mad at the people being inept, even though you could basically get mad for maybe saying that these are done on purpose, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Just like how the fucking, you know, East Palestine fucking had fucking, you know, the, the, you know, the train derailment. They, they can't admit that these things are purposely happening. I don't know, man. It just gets fucking. I don't know. It just gets fucking crazy. And then, and then, and then you have, um, you know, um, again, ever since this fucking this forced to vote thing. After no, here's the thing. What they call? I because I was listening to I was listening to uh, you know some of these people like uh, you know Brianna, Jimmy Dore a little bit. And I and again maybe because I don't understand. I'm like I'm all for you know medic you know Medicare for all and healthcare for everybody and all that kind of shit. Like, that's, you know, that's a, that's a good thing, and you should pressure people to do it. But then when they started doing their fourth-to-vote rally, and they had, like, a bunch of fucking sketchy people that I've seen, like, I might not know everything about, but I've seen what kind of narrative they have fucking, you know, put out. That's, like, you know, very, like, oh, because they said something bad about the Democrats, that automatically means that they're way more credible all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of the same thing they that people on the post-left accused people who want to hate Trump, they'll only call it Trump, but they won't call it that, but then they don't call out Trump, they'll start giving safe haven for them and all that. 
Because, like, you know, look look at this. This is, like, you know, Brianna basically defending Russell Brand after she's, like, been fucking, you know... Again, she has a guy, Virgil, that, like, you know, has been grooming an underage person that disappeared. She never didn't mention him. So she's... So she already... Excuse me. Like, it feels like they're piling on more for her sports entertainment uh, character, essentially. Like, I, I, I want to hope that, like, she's actually on the good side and she's, like, purposely being this transparent... But, like, you know, it's, it's a shame because I, I still like her a lot. You know what I mean? But, like, now she's, like, downplaying Russell Brand's victims. And, and the thing is, because they plan when, they, when, when showbiz people are supposed to get exposed, I'm sure there will be something that shows that, like, people pressure her to come out now, basically, which will add up to, you know what I mean? But, like, this, this is always supposed to eventually come out. That's why when it comes to celebrities, it's, it's, it's by a different fucking ball game. And, and and people you know what I mean and so then when the, so when people on the, who are, who are now seemingly on the right now are are putting out like oh there might be some political motivation they might end up being right in that regard but like Russell Brand is not a fucking victim in this and you're down you know what I mean it's the same reason it's, it's like okay if these same victims were gonna be pro Russia or do do pro Russia propaganda the fucking like like, like Brianna's whole crew online would be supportive of these women. The corporate gatekeeper is usually allowed to be set. This is difficult because as we've discussed repeatedly on the show, I think it can be both true that certain kinds of accusations are being resurfaced now in part because of the mainstream media's frustration that Russell Brand has so much success on an independent show where he's see, not beholden. See, when you say the independent show, he's on a fucking corporately sponsored fucking program, online thing. See, that, that's when you fucking lose me. Because again, th- listen, there could be people who bro- people who are corrupt that bring out shit when, like, like, and again, it also goes that they'll only bring it out when they, are feel, when they, when they feel fucking anger, when they know about this a long fucking time ago. Right, but like to me, it's like it, to me, it's like it's like a, a a planned cancellation, so that you can justify why you had to go to the right and make it seem like what you're fighting for is a genuine fucking cause, and not that you're fucking being compromised by other billionaires and other fucking government fucking agencies. Into um, corporate advertisers, where he's not beholden to um, public opinion, uh, that is. Crafted and shaped by the mainstream media in the in the same ways that mainstream uh, pundits are, and it can be true. Say- but, but by the way, when you bring up mainstream media now, alt media now to me is mainstream media. So like I believe that with the call, yeah, you could target people, and I believe that people who are on the breaking points or on fucking the rising or on Joe Rogan or on fucking all these other alt media fucking places. That that is also the mainstream media establishment, but because everybody wants to have '90s aesthetic of the internet and online shit being underground, and the mainstream media not talking about it. Well, it's because you know the mainstream media is supposed to be discredited, even if they put out self-preserved fucking truths. True that the underlying accusations might be true, or that he has himself admitted to bad behavior in his past, for which he's been apologetic. Uh, whether or not he's said enough to make up for his past behavior that he's described as misogynistic, you know, that's for... I mean, it's full out of salt and fucking pedophilia, so I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, you gotta do, you, you gotta do a lot, a little more than just apologize 
to show that you fucking changed since those fucking days. Yeah, I don't... Victims and for the public to decide. But then there's this other question that remains of whether or not the uh, British government should be applying pressure via letter campaigns... Against- you see, all this stuff is all designed to make it look like they're more dangerous. So even if you have, like, all oh, the official government stepped in or whatever, like, if, if, if he's still out doing the shit that he's doing, like, you know, being able to fucking speak and have a fucking platform still, they aren't actually fucking going after him. They're making it look like they're going after him, which adds credibility because then, you know, it goes, oh, we, 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 this wouldn't have come out if we didn't put it out there. No, it's supposed to come out there, and you guys are establishment people that are putting it out there. I, I, I'm, 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 just, I'm, I'm, I'm already sick of the fucking clip. I, it, it's just, it's just weird, you know, going after it. You know what I mean? Because you know, I mean, they pretend to care about you know, um, about what Tara Reid went through. And listen, I'm not one of these people that go, oh, it's not. Even though I can recognize that she's not a good faith actor now, I can still recognize that people in in, in politics. And in the celebrity world, whatever, like they probably like you know, like you know, it, it's like a fraternity basically, and part of that fraternity is like fucking you know rape initiations and all that. I could fucking buy that Joe Biden did that. You know what I mean? Not because oh my god, I I I think Trump's innocent and all that kind of shit. If Biden did it, then of course Trump did it. In the in the business world, you know what I mean? He he had more, people people think that he didn't have power in in the business fucking world. The guy was like even still a mafia fucking figure in 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 the in the world of fucking business. These guys have like you know you you could say that he he might have had like a lot a, a, a little bit more fucking power in the sense that like you know like people pretend like oh they're just rich and they're fucking greedy and they just do unethical things but you act like they can't fucking also control different celebrities control different fucking media people control different fucking politicians people think that oh if Trump just left and started doing politics that oh he couldn't do he couldn't be powerful anymore no he could still be powerful just like a lot of fucking you know institutional bosses are like a Vince McMahon a Howard Stern but they've made themselves look irrelevant and you know um outcast from the fucking you know showbiz fucking world that you don't think they're important fucking players so she was going off about you know uh you know, Sam Cedar being the one that uh, destroyed the left, even though Jimmy Dore and, you know, and all the other fucking TYT fucking graduates, those are the ones that fucking fractioned, the, you know, that ruined the left, in my personal opinion. It felt like ever since Michael Brooks died, like, it felt like the left fucking totally fucking imploded, essentially. And, and, and the thing is, like, like, like these people had credibility... Because they weren't as fucking corrupted as mainstream media. But now they look like they all have mainstream media aspirations. So how, you know what I mean? And, and they want to be thought leaders, but then they don't want to be fucking questioned about it. And even like, even like questioning like their motives. Like I'm not telling, oh, like there's people who will, like listen, you can call out Brianna for like, you know, you think she's making a right wing pivot by like, you know, making it seem like, oh, this, the, the, the Freedom Caucus did more than the squad did. Even though she's not, even though, even though that's what happened on the surface. Like not telling you that the system fucking, you know, uh, the system actually fucking favors the right wing, even if they say they don't, which is why they're allowed to get away with what they're fucking doing. 
because it's it, it's it's in their, it's more in their fucking favor while creating fucking chaos. The fact that she doesn't say that tells me that you know she's just finding a way to basically like you can criticize fucking Democrats and the lack of shit that they fucking do. But like when, when people pile on Brianna, they always like fuck. There's so some people who you know will say flat out racist fucking shit about her. And it's like, why do you gotta go that fucking route to fucking, like, disagree with her? <coughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I always, I, I always don't, I always don't like that type of shit. You know what I mean? Because it just shows that when, like, again, and I'm not saying you shouldn't fucking call her out. I'm not saying, oh my god, take it easy. But, like, I'm just saying, like, do, do people have to go and reduce to saying something completely fucking racist towards her? You shouldn't have that fucking mindset, but people think, you know. But like, you know, but 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 but, but they're all act they're all acting like, oh, because like this the, the, this uh forced the vote happened for the Freedom Caucus, whatever, right? That that means I'm right about like you know the, I'm right about my forced the vote that um that 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 we were advocating for whatever, but it's like. The force of vote that they advocated for is like making shit a lot worse. So you're basically admitting that it would have made fucking shit a lot worse and things would have shut down. I don't know. Like, like what they did, it's like not going to be a good result. Yeah, they got their fucking way because it's scripted in there to be in their fucking way. And by the way, I'm not. I'm not even buying into, uh, like, okay, like for example, I, I like some of the stuff that Ben Norton does, but there's also other fucking shady shit that he'll be like, you know, pro other like corrupt government, right? It's like in order for you to basically kind of get your 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 word out, you still got it. I don't know, right? But like he used to be in the gray zone. And I, again, because it's independent, I thought, okay, the gray zone seems like, you know, I guess another independent thing, whatever, I should listen to more independent media, because the mainstream media is not giving my shit, but then you find out that Roger, and even if I find out that Roger Waters was, like, kind of behind it, with the call, I go, oh, well, Roger Waters is, like, you know, a Palestinian advocate, he called out Howard Stern, and kind of shit on him a little bit, but then he's kind of, like, in a pro-Putin kind of way, he also, like, you know, hangs out with some of these shady fucking figures and all that. And now that Max Blumenthal and Aaron Mate have fucking, you know, kind of gone off the... Like, again, the, the worst part is trying to make Max Blumenthal a personality. Like, a lot of these people think because they... Because, again, a lot of, like, entertainment is centered around being sociopathic, right? So they so a lot of people who are, like, on in, in the alt-media kick, because they're starting out, starting out to be personalities, they think because they're sociopathic that it equates to them actually being a compelling fucking figure. At least that, that that one try-hard comedian that always trolls AOC. I'm not saying, like, you know, his material is good. But at least he has, like, a comedic fucking personality that comes off a, a little bit charismatic. Like, Max Blumenthal does not come across like a charismatic fucking person at all whatsoever. I'm, I'm just saying, if, 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 if you w w want your view to get fucking, you know, like, you know, to dominate, at least get someone who has fucking charisma. I, I always say that that, that 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 villain from fucking Mortal Kombat, you know, in, I don't know how many villains there are now, because again, there's like 80 million Mortal Kombat games. 
but in the original one, the guy who takes your fucking soul, it's like that guy taking uh, Bill Burr's soul and uh, taking all the humor he has, and then, and then you have Max Blumenthal. It's like the remaining remnant of it. But this is him, like, you know, uh, he's he, confronting Ben Norton because Ben Norton, I don't know what, what, what happened right here. Hold on a second, let me see right here. I need to do this for the public record. Uh, can you tell the Moderate Rebels Patreons why you stole the account from me? How much money you stole from me? Because we had a 50-50 agreement. Can you just tell the Moderate Rebels? And Ben Norton's not saying anything, you know. That you stole it from me. What a fucking lie. You stole tens of thousands of dollars from me. I mean that. Uh, to the patrons. You that, changed the name to Multipolarista. Yeah, you're getting your girlfriend to defend you. Why can't you speak for yourself like a man? You're a little coward. No, you stole from me so much money. Look at this little coward. He, 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 even even his trolling, dude. Even his trolling is like so uncharismatic. After he stabbed me in the back. Yeah. Would you come to Nicaragua for? I came, like I came for the first time to show support. It has nothing to do with... Don't bring our kid into it. Your, your boyfriend's a thief. Your boyfriend's a white-collar criminal pretending to be a communist. That's why she's with him. You have nothing to say, do you? By the way, what they call the gray zone fucking, you know, uh... They, uh, now have somebody, um, what's it? Uh, straight out of the, the right-wing dark money. Um, Liam Cosgrove. Who is, um... He's an epic time, epic time guy. You know what I mean? I, 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 I can, I can never keep up with why some of these things. I just know that, like, okay, epic times. There's something right wing about that. You can, I, I can again, me being a dumbed down fucking guy, I can never keep up with like you know the, like the deep cuts of what these people are involved with, or whatever. You know what I mean? But when you're bringing on like someone like this guy, you know, who is a part of like, you know the Mises Institute, the Federalist, the Brown Institute, you know, what I mean, like, it's like. This this whole this whole thing is fucking you know discredited. I, I I wonder if like it's like the common trope when somebody leaves when like some when the established fucking figure like a Max Blumenthal is going more right than like you know you give Ben Norton some credit even though like there's still tainted stuff to Ben Norton's name whatever, you know what I mean? But he he does a I mean he see like again like it's, it's like it's like Jordan Chernin he seems like he does like. For being like aligned with like you know people who are now going more into the far to the right wing direction, he seems like someone who seems more on like the level. But then like you know there'll be something that you know he'll go down the fucking same rabbit hole. Hold on one second right here. Hold on.
here's a whole second. Let me uh, give uh, Ben Norton's reply to this because I get I get I, I have no idea I have no idea why. Let me just do a Trinity audio bite. Trying to fucking get the Trinity Audio bot to fucking uh I don't want I didn't want to read fucking the entire thing. Oh, there we go, hold on. Twitter thread by Ben Norton, posted at October 5th, 2023. Max Blumenthal constantly lies. After I left the gray zone over his opportunist right-wing turn, he hired a corporate lawyer to threaten to sue me. Note, later, we signed legal terms of resolution, overseen by his attorney. Why did he threaten such an absurd lawsuit? I had created social media accounts for a podcast that we co-hosted but which I single-handedly produced, edited, and promoted. I always ran those accounts, and he never had access. So, being the bully he is, he used some of his vast wealth to hire a corporate lawyer to try to seize them, ridiculously claiming I stole accounts that he never had access to, which I created and always ran myself. I repeat, eventually we signed legal terms of resolution, in a process mediated by a mutual colleague and overseen by his attorney. Anyone who doesn't mention those legal terms of resolution is deceiving you. Why did I leave the gray zone? Well, it's obviously run by an unstable megalomaniac with no coherent principles. <laughs> he took a hard right-wing turn, intentionally appealing to Trump's MAGA followers. He condemned the left as a cult. Blumenthal and his wife are so close to racist reactionary Tucker Carlson, they invite him to their house for dinner. They have long abandoned any pretense of being on the left and are opportunist contrarians who believe in nothing other than self-aggrandizement. Here's just one of many shameful examples. Before the 2022 U.S. midterm elections, the Gray Zone promoted far-right MAGA candidates such as the shady Trump-endorsed Republican Joe Kent, a former Green Beret who joined the CIA. Talk about losing the plot. It's beyond parody. Yeah, this is fucking crazy. You know. So he, he has the receipts in the thread. Yeah, but, but but again, people have pointed out that Ben Norton also kind of like you know what I mean, but like he isn't, but he he isn't. I agree with more stuff that he does than I have with like Max Blumenthal. Like you know what I mean, like Max Blumenthal maybe because like you know Jimmy Dore normalized him. You know what I mean, and I thought okay, you know what I mean. The guy's just a journalist. He doesn't want to pull to be this you know personality essentially. Him and Aaron Monte. But then you know they became more right wing, and now they're actually you know. I, I, if you're gonna make Max Blumenthal a fucking personality, you know what I mean. At least you know, take the Blumenthal out. You know what I mean. Make him Max Bluey or something like that Max Blue. I'm 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 afraid of suggesting Max B because oh my god they'll gentrify the shit out of that one, right? He'll come compare himself to Max B. You know, also he'll be talking about waves and all that type of shit. You know, I don't know. But by the way, what's it called? Um, some Pentagon official was caught. Um, I guess like uh, the thing is, what I'm not saying this is a, a, not alarming again that, 
But when you have more people in the celebrity world or in the fucking, you know, in like you know, the Pentagon or the politics, whatever, doing stuff like dogfight, like these just seem like the common things that happen in the mafia underworld that they fucking, you know, like the unethical shit. And now because like, you know, we're at a point where we're exposing this to be known to show you what they're kind of up to. It's like they become characters in some fucking way. But, you know, and then, and then the whole other horrible thing would be that, um, because dogfighting is fucking horrible. But the other horrible thing he would do um, that's, like, really horrendous is that the dogs that lost, he would fucking kill them. But to me, I I mean, like, yeah, good that you found this one, found this guy out, but I'm sure there's a whole underground ring. Like, if people are doing these kind of fucking crimes, right, like some of these politics, like, you know, whether it's, like, you know, like, like you know, political bribery, you know what I mean, like, oppo research, all, it just tells me that this is the kind of thing that's normalized in in that fuck in in in, the, in that world basically, you know what I mean? And the, and the masses just think, oh my god, this just randomly came out, so now I'm gonna judge one person off of it when you can judge the entire fucking system for allowing it to go down the way it goes down. But I mean, people don't want to fucking you know see that type of shit. I guess don't want to see it that way. Let me see. So if Andy 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 Neo Andy No is the one one of the guys promoting it, so I guess because it's under a because it's under a democratic type of deal, and the guy happens to be black, so you're basically you know again they they always again they always uh you know uh throw throw black people under the bus for partaking in the same fucking shit that like their white counterparts in the same system are fucking partaking in. Like I'm sure the guy, who's the who's the guy that did the what well, NFL player was the guy that did the dog fighting that became uh, what was his name again? Um, let me see. Let me see. Hold on. Michael Vick. Yeah, he was a sacrificial... Like, I'm not condoning what he fucking did, right? Like, you know what I mean? He did he, he did time for it, whatever, and all that kind of shit. If he rehabbed, whatever, you know what I mean? People are going to throw fucking shit on him. But to me, like, that was always... When I got to more of the conspiratorial nature of, like, these institutions also organizing it, it feels like, you know, you got... You sacrifice one fucking person to it. It always seems like they always put a minority to the face of, like, this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? See, because like, I'm, I'm looking at the replies in the Andy Knows tweet. And it's, uh, um, and it's oh, look, a diversity hire. You know what I mean? So, not only you do, do you vilify... Uh, I, I get it. You should call the guy out for doing this. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But, see, when you have some of these right-wing figures being the ones that are fucking using the race, it's like they're trying to set the seeds for, oh, look, this is how so-and-so group act as a whole, basically. That's the way I look at it. You, you got to look at how they sophisticate it. Because if you just say to this person, hey, that's racist, they're like, oh, my God, you're defending this criminal because 
he did something horrible and you're going to use that as right no it's racist because you are you're trying to frame it as like oh look this is what diversity and this is what what um this group of people what this whole community does i can you know what i mean I, I can condemn what the fucking guy did i can condemn fucking you know i can condemn shit with that you know that someone that happens to be brown or be or someone that has to be black or someone that happens to be gay doing something whatever right i can i can condemn like horrible fucking behavior but, like, if you're already palling around with people that do horrible behavior and organize horrible fucking behavior and have probably done a lot worse, then I can probably, you know what I mean? Because, again, this Andy No guy, he's basically, you know, as a quote-unquote journalist, is basically giving a kill list to people like that he collaborates with in the authorities. That's the way I look at it, at least, you know what I mean? I'm not saying, you know, I'm 100% right in that regard. You know, I don't know. You're my little... I don't know. And then uh, Candace Owens was fucking, you know, confronted by uh, a trans student. It felt like one of those, like, you know... Because, uh, you don't know if this trans person actually is, like, a left person. Because you assume that anyone who's black or brown or trans, gay... Like anyone from a marginalized community, especially when it's supposed to make it look like she's the one that owns a person. She goes, listen, life is hard. Stop being a victim. Get a helmet, man. Even if you have to ask her to borrow her style ham, um, helmet. Oh, no, I, I, I can't. I, I mean, listen, it's like hypocritical. Like, you know what I mean? Because again, like, you know, it's like, it's like they make it seem like people are scared of her presence. No, it's like, with the cold, we people know that your fucking speech is funded to be. You know what I mean? You've like done, you've like done horrible shit and said horrible shit to defend fucking you know very far right wing fucking racist fucking people. You started out your fucking career as a public figure, being somebody that fucking sued for you know um you know for racism and all that kind of shit. And again, I again you shouldn't have fucking felt the way you felt when you are being victimized, but. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these people who are always on the far right-wing side, they constantly act like they're fucking victimized, but they act like their fucking funded speech isn't supposed to fucking put people in more of a victimized position. You know, they don't want that. So they'll organize that type of shit. I, I, I quote-tweeted it with the Stelham fucking thing, and, like, I got two profile visits. Whenever I quote-tweet... Tw- uh, like, a, like, 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 let's say, a Daily Caller. Most of, I can bet most of the people that were looking at that tweet are fans of the Daily Caller and want to see, like, you know, more shit going on. But I, you know what I mean? But then, like, no one interacts with my tweets, but whenever I see people visit my profile, I'm always wondering who visit my profile. I'm like, oh, is it a far right-wing fucking person? I called out, you know... By the way, what's it called? Um, hold on one second. So what's it called? You know, I, I'm sure TYT will do a fucking story about fear mongering about Target stores closing because of crime and all that kind of shit. But, like, you know, you won't mention that, like, Target right now is in, uh, you know, civil, 
a civil lawsuit with like you know their employers over a fucking bad pay or something like that, you know. But they weren't. But it turns out they're lying about the the stores closing because of crime. They they're doing that so you fear monger over crime. So people keep reporting that the crime is getting out of fucking control. So the next time there's some fucking protest that fucking does go out of fucking control because like they're pushing people to that fucking point. You, you, you're going to see a lot of people from the 2020s that were, like, you know, kind of still with the progressive fucking movement that are basically going to go in the completely anti-Black Lives Matter or anti, you know, basically there's going to be a lot more, uh, you know, they, they can anticipate it, basically. That's why, they're promo- that's why they're, like, leading you to think that. That's why Anna didn't, Anna Kasparian didn't give a shit about the shooting. She, the first story she brings up about the fucking whole thing is the looting part. Um, hold on a second, let me see right here. Let me do Trinity Audio Bot. You're my I hate the noise that's fucking what, what, what I'm trying to fucking refresh a fucking ad. Okay, there you go, okay. Twitter thread by Juttlegum, posted at October 5th, 2023. Last week, at Target announced it was closing nine stores due to theft, generating an avalanche of credulous coverage from nearly every major media outlet. One thing that was missing from all these stories, data. So popular information tracked it down. Target is closing the store at 517 East 117th Street in Harlem. But according to NYPD data, there were fewer incidents of shoplifting this year at the Harlem store than other nearby stores that will remain open. Target is also closing its location on Folsom Street in San Francisco. But according to SFDP data, there were fewer incidents of shoplifting in and around that store than other nearby stores that will remain open. The Seattle Times did a similar analysis of stores in the Seattle area and found there were fewer police incidents in and around the two stores being closed than other nearby stores that will remain open. All of this data suggests there were other reasons beyond shoplifting driving Target's decision to close stores. In June, Target's CEO said it was saddled with lots of unwanted merchandise that it was forced to deeply discount, cutting profits. More. For more accountability journalism that scrutinizes corporate PR, Subscribe to Popular Information. This platform's... All right, well... The guy showed, you know... You know, I'm just saying with the cold, because there's always that framing about, about you know... Um, there's always that framing...
Hold on one second. Just reading some of this uh, stuff right here. So yeah, my, my, my bad. I don't know. I'm gonna do the recap, but I think I'm gonna have to do it on 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 like Saturday Saturday afternoon before collision. I'll incorporate the SmackDown shit too. It is what it is. By the way, what's it called? Somebody did. I, I'm trying to figure out how they can do that, but somebody uh, did um, because of like, the whole um, Shawn Michaels. Uh, the whole AEW and NXT going head to head again for um, for Tuesday, and they're hyping that fucking shit up. Somebody did AI fucking conversation, which is pretty funny. So that's how we're going to do this, Sean. That's the kind of game we're going to play. I literally just got Edge, and you're out there calling the whole fucking Avengers on me. Business is business, my guy. I don't even know why you're having a dynamite on Tuesday. If you're trying to fight us, we're going to fight back. Now, I know this bum ass ain't talking. You shut the fuck up, Hunter, with your raw shows, putting us to sleep, barely featuring any fucking women wrestling in the ring. Remember that one time when Undertaker said that Shawn Michaels was better than you in the ring? Well, he can do this booking shit better than you ever will as well. Hey, 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 get off my mans like that. First of all, your women's champion can't even take a German suplex. Why are you talking? So that's how we're going to do this. Yeah. What's up, Sean? You wanted to tell me something? Shut the fuck up and listen to me right now, my boy. Now listen, the world is going crazy over NXT next Tuesday because I got you. I got Paul Heyman. I got Asuka. And yes, I can't say Asuka properly. I'm just an AI, so fuck you, but anyways. And I got Cody fucking Rhodes. Now listen, motherfucker. Guess who I got next? Well, get ready to learn the lyrics of... Because under fucking Taker is coming to NX fucking T. Wait. Wait, what? You got under fucking Taker coming to NX fucking T this Tuesday? What is this? WrestleMania? What's going on? John Cena, I said listen to me. For the first time ever this next Tuesday. What program are they using? It's not going to stand for Heartbreak Kid, but for Happy Birthday Con. I'm going to fuck his whole ass program up, but, 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 you know... I'm still going to watch Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland because Brian is my boy. I trained him and sec. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not looking forward to, uh, you know. The, dude, it, it just seems it's forced. You know what I mean? Just, like, do a good program. But, like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I understand there's people that didn't get a live towards the fucking, you know, the whole, um,. They didn't get to live towards the whole fucking Attitude Era, and they didn't get to, like, live the fucking Monday Night Wars and fresh fucking time and all that kind of shit. But it's, like, also the same fucking time. It's, like, we're at a more... Uh, we're at a place where there's so much vitriol, and everybody's, like, you know, again, like, we're living in a long COVID society where, like, people's mental is not all on, all on there. Plus, with, like, the incentive they're given by these billionaires and these companies... 
and wrestlers to act a fucking fool. Like, I'm just saying, like, there's going to be something horrible that fucking goes down because of wrestling fucking Twitter. And, and again, and, and people are, don't learn their fucking lesson. They don't actually want to progress. They want to fucking buy into nostalgia and hype, even though it's going to fucking cause a lot of fucking more horrible fucking shit when people are threatening to fight each other because of wrestling opinions. Because these companies, it's not about people just getting crazy. It's because these companies, in my personal opinion, fund these accounts to do what they do. They protect them. The billionaires protect some of these people. That's why when, like, you counter some of these people that are, like, you know, like, you know, paid by billionaires who are, like, you know, you, like, who might go, oh, well, we're, we're outside all the time and all that kind of shit. What they call, like, to, to me, it's like, it's like, you know, what they call, like, they, they will harass you and or organize harassment campaigns and make your life fucking miserable behind the fucking scenes and do back backdoor fucking deals. But then if you fucking, you know, uh, react to it, and again, you're re- like someone like me reacts to shit. So when I'm reacting, it looks like I'm the one that's being the aggressor, right? So what the cult to them, people are like, oh, you're melting off. But it's like you are the one that are fucking partaking in this shit. You can't pretend that like you're against all this shit, but then you're also partaking in it. And when I see people go that route, yeah, I get more vitriolic because I know what kind of evil shit they're fucking being told to fucking do and putting social pressure. That's why I, I, I pointed out, I pointed out like on Twitter because like, there was one, like, one account pointing out like, oh, look, Bischoff forced himself on Linda McMahon in, you know, in a storyline and all that kind of shit. I think I even mentioned this in the fucking recap, right? But, like, you know what I mean? Like, we're, like, like we're retrospective about fucking, you know, like, the bad stuff from the past while we normalize fucking future, like, the current shit. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, to me, it's like, you know, you're already doing that kind of bullshit. Normalizing that kind of fucking behavior. And, you know, if you become too woke about it, you, you know what I mean? Your people frown upon it because... Being woke now is not a fucking good look anymore. It was in the two thousand tens for a little bit, but now it's if if you're if, if you're like you know woke, it's like not a pot. Like the establishment will kind of back it up on some level, right? But then people, but that's like more transparent. But then the people that are opposing it act like they're not part of the establishment at all whatsoever. And that's what's fucking you know killing me with this fucking you know this. Like, do you really want to fucking have? Like, like you know, protect, rebooted vitriol between company versus company. What what we can analyze is a lot better of like maybe going about how they're all working together on some fucking level. Like, you really want to buy into a forced reboot where people's mental decline. I mean, just just because you'll be like, I'll be able to handle it fucking you know with nuance and all that kind of shit. But there's a lot of people that don't have that fucking nuance, and everybody in a fandom is getting. It's like it's more amplified under you know, like you know, when we're approaching a civil fucking war, and it seems like people the top people who are talking heads want that shit to go on. I'll come back. Um, hold on. Okay, um, it's, uh, October, I think, what, what is it, 7th? Yeah, 12.15 a.m. Um, I, I'm doing good time with the fucking recaps, right, so I gotta watch Rampage and recap SmackDown now. 
Maybe I'll save Impact for later. You know, there's no rush. Does that mean if it's on a pay-per-view week or something like that, it's not really a rush, but because I can kind of just watch it and enjoy it. <coughs> I don't think anyone's coming to my fucking podcast. Let's do Impact Recap anyway. Maybe one or two people, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, um, other shit that I talk about. Um, yeah, see, again, th- this is why I don't like as well. I don't like when, uh, ever they have, um, you know, um, like, whenever they decide to reveal, like, that, like, oh, look, Trump had more fucking documents and he showed them to some billionaire. He showed them some, to, some, some, to some Australian billionaire, um, you know, and he's just being stupid. So you'll chastise him for being stupid and also how dangerous it could have been because nothing has happened so far. But I feel like, you know, if they, you know, in my personal opinion, if you're planning for something, you know what I mean? It feels like by letting us know different times where, you know, different people from different countries or, you know, um, where something could have been read or he told some secrets by, you know, downplaying his, you know, um, because, again, he has to look like a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Everyone has to look like the America's dumbest fucking criminal. So, you know, you have to basically, you know... Like, like here's the thing. Ultimately, whatever, if, if their back is being pushed against the fucking wall, then it feels like, you know, like, it'll be their reason for why they have to, uh... Like, why they feel they have to retaliate. So, you know, um... But, like, it feels like people shouldn't, like, overlook, like, like, by presenting it, like, oh, well, thank God we avoided that crisis, whatever. I I, I think people are, are are being fucking stupid with that. I think, you know, uh, it's like letting you know slowly who have seen the secrets and what has been done. And, you know, and I feel like that'll come into play in the fucking future or something like that when, you know. You know, I don't know. It, it just it just seems like uh, everyone just wants to dumb shit down, and I I don't know if I can you know, like it, it just like it, it's like if I'm looking for people to like, you know, who want to be the news and want to educate fucking people, you want to be a thought leader. It's like I'm I'm listening to people basically analyze, like kayfabe version of like what is really going down behind the scenes. I think what's going on, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, behind the scenes, what leaks out on Twitter, because now Twitter is, like, you know, front and center of, like, you know, people think because you hear about something on the internet, you know, that it's underground, hence why everyone thinks the information they're taking in, like, well, I'm the only one that knows this, you know what I mean, oh, the mainstream media won't talk about this. Sometimes the mainstream media won't talk about something because something might not actually be fucking true. You know, even though they'll fucking do a bunch of lies, which doesn't help their fucking cause. You know. You know, when you you have Hillary Clinton coming out, talking about how they need to... Like, you you already have the narrative of the fucking right wing that it's the left that's trying to indoctrinate people and put them into re-education camps... And all that kind of shit. 
And then you have Hillary Clinton, who is, you put, they know exactly what they're doing. They put it up front and center to say something that might have some inkling of truth as the message. But like, she's not the right messenger because nobody fucking likes her. You know what I mean? Even though she might say some fucking truthful shit here and there. It's like they trot her out. And then she says something stupid like, oh, what's it called? Like, we need to deprogram Trump supporters. Um, and don't worry, Biden's going to win this, so he should be the only one that actually runs. And people are in the, in, in the midst of people already looking at Biden should be dropping out. The thing is, if there is some change where, like, someone else will actually run, it'll, it, it can't just be, oh, they've been playing this for a while. It has to be, like... Oh, something had to happen to Biden before, you know. I mean, who fucking knows, you know. But you know when Hillary Clinton comes out to say some shit, you know, automatically you have uh, people, um, you know, automatically kind of like, you know, frowning upon it. You know, she's supposed to, she, she's like an establishment baby face that, you know, people don't fucking like being, you know, Because, you know, because everybody has, like, you know, some faulty shit to their fucking record, right? Where, like, you know, you automatically think that, like, they solely are responsible when, it's like... Like I always say, man, these politicians are booked to be certain ways. It's, it's like pro wrestling, I guess. Like, that's the best way I can fucking describe it. Like, 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 like here's an example. You have the booker, like, the Vince McMahon... Or, or, or in this case, because of how crazy our world has gotten, you, you, the booker is Vince Russo. Um, if you're not a wrestling fucking fan, you don't get the reference. And I don't know, just I don't know. Just look up Vince. What, what, what Vince Russo swerve? I don't know. Who gives a shit? But if the booker is the same, right, and the booker advocates for the heel in Trump to talk about a border wall. And then, you know, you're like, okay, well, we, we want someone else as a world champion who's not going to do the evil shit that, you know, this other world champion was doing, right? So you have Biden, but then somehow under the, say, under the championship of Biden, the fucking booker is deciding still to go through with the border wall. See, and then he gives, see, again, so when you make the mistake of, like, who is, like, doing what under what presidency... I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about the things that have happened, right? I'm not saying forget about those things. But when, you know, you do it under each fucking presidency, you think some, you know, you people then automatically then think, okay, well, then what's so different about Trump and Biden? And then, you know, you, you have liberals scoff at the notion that, like, how could anyone think that they're both the same? It's like, well, people perceive the same fucking results, you know what I mean? Even even though I don't think it's, like, completely the fucking same. I know it's supposed to look that way, right? But you, but, 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 you, but the thing is, I'm not going to blame people for perceiving... I'm, I'm, I'm not talking, and when I say people, I'm not talking about the ones that know better, who could actually tell you what goes on behind the scenes. I'm talking about actual people that, you know, who live regular lives that see their condition, their condition still being the same... No matter who is in charge, basically, you know what I mean. Those, you know, I, mean? I, I can kind of like, you know, but like, like, you know, so to a lot of people out there, 
especially if you're, con- if you're consuming fucking, you know, dangerous propaganda with, like, you know, uh, a lot of the fucking far right wing shit online. And you present the internet like it's underground and people are going to be taking in propaganda, really. So so now you're finding a way for Biden to waive 26 laws to do the border wall. I mean, I think people fucking think... I mean, it's going to keep... It's going to put immigrants in fucking horrible situations. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like... I mean, people don't want to fucking put out the notion that, like... What the U.S. fucking empire is doing to other countries to destabilize their economy and shit, and then wonder why people are fleeing, and then and then you know and then, and then you fly out how Biden saying they're gonna uh, ship uh, you know Venezuelans back to uh, you know back to you know they're gonna ship them back to their country essentially. So you know when you say shit like that, it's like you like literally want people. To then fucking think you're, you're like you're not no different, and then you basically then have uh, people on the right who end up like looking more reasonable. You know what I mean? That's why the, when you have the infighting, you know, now with Matt Gates infighting, it helps also. Uh, people are giving Matt Gates fucking credit for basically you know shutting down, uh, like you know calling out the fucking in um, the sham that's in the impeachment with Joe Biden. Right, so like you go, oh look, he's calling out a Republican. He's calling out his own party for that. So automatically now he looks better to a lot of people. But this guy is still, you know, this guy still has fascist aspirations, and people actually think that the stuff that's going on is not like theater to like get to the next level. But like people say again, this is why people on the left, who no, no some people who say they're on the left. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to generalize everyone on the left, but, like, that's why you have the TYTs of the world who say they're the left, who will didn't give the bare minimum credit to Matt Gates. You know. Someone that's actually been on the show, by the way, they gave a softball interview, even though they think that was a hard-hitting interview because they criticized him. But, like, you know. The, the thing is, it's like the rules have changed with that type of shit where, like, Back in the like back in the nineties, it had to be a hundred percent kiss ass interview, and they always present like a mainstream interview as like a kiss ass interview. So if you have like a little bit of pushback about one thing, like it's very pretentious. You know what I mean? Like it won't it, you won't get a proper answer. You you automatically think okay, well this means this person's unbiased, but it's like not really. I don't know. I mean, Cornell West, Cornell West is now uh, running as a independent as well now. So, I, I, it, to me, it doesn't seem like he, like, I don't think he intends on winning. I think he's, like, it's a way to maybe get his message out. But the thing is, like, if like I, I just wish, like, see, because, again, because, like, I, I want to believe, like, I, I want to hope that, like, you know, he hasn't crossed over to, like, like, you know, the evil fucking side because, you know, there's, like, a lot of, like, a lot of things I've learned from, like, you know, his speeches and stuff. I see him, like, do, doing some of these conversations. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie and say that, you know, I've read every single thing he put out. You know what I mean? I'm kind of a dumbed-down guy, but from the stuff that I've seen of him, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, you know, has a way of, you know, like, you know, like, you know, still, like, trying to reach out to somebody. 
But the thing is, he's been, like, a, like he's been aligned with some of, like, you know, the shadiest people. And then, like, people didn't give him the benefit of the doubt because then it's, like... Because, because, because the thing is, the guy is a... He's, he, he's not a dumb dude. So he's smarter than that. So if, if his run was supposed to be this genuine thing, right? Then it would be like he would have automatically just gone independent as is. You know what I mean? From the get-go. He had to go to the fucking People's Party. Then he had to go to the Green Party. I don't know if they're just trying to, like, you know, try to get, like, you know, like, meaning that if, if you're going to run for president, you, you, you got to have some type of storyline. But then the thing is, he goes on some, like, I'm glad he pushed back on Jimmy Dore. Like, I mean, that's fucking cool. But, like, he's been on other alt-media platforms, and I just think by acting like it's only the corporate, like, you, 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 you'll say the corporate media is, like, you know, um, the corporate media is, like, you know, only the mainstream media. But, like, I think the alt-media, for them, because, again, if you criticize the alt-media, then it's like, oh, look, you're defending the mainstream media, and that's why you're going after alt-media. And it's like, no, I, I can understand that the fucking mainstream media shit as well. But I also think that what they call people overgeneralize, and then sometimes when they tell some fucking truth on some level... You know what I mean? That's why you gotta go to all sources. You know what I mean? You just can't go... Like, again, it's like the anti-WWE sediment. Like, just because, like, you know, WWE has been watered down and it's fucking full of propaganda doesn't mean that there aren't elements there that are fucking still true to what it is, basically. And I feel like you could find that on the alt-media circuit as well, but now the alt-media act like some of the people on the mainstream fucking media that you claim to fucking hate. That's what I don't understand about it. That's why I fucking, you know, get so fucking frustrated because for the last 10 years or so, you know, 10 plus years now, I've made a habit of going, you know what, yeah, the mainstream media lied about Iraq. You know what I mean? They put a lot of fucking hatred towards Muslims. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a practice, you know what I mean? I'm not the biggest practicing Muslim on the planet. I'm more of a spiritual person. I, you know, what I mean, I don't believe so in like you know a religion because I, you know, sometimes I believe if you're a public figure and you're, you know, into religion, it feels like it always ends up with the public figure normally ending up with a fundamentalist version of it, even if it might seem peaceful at first. So I really don't want to like you know be, but like the thing is like you know I can still fucking feel empathy for actual Muslims out there that have been you know or anyone from anyone from marginalized communities. You know what I mean? I I, don't, I, try, I try to like you know like show concern for every for everyone in a marginalized community, or or or, or and, and again because I know my trolls fucking love to think that I hate white people, and sure yeah I, I've generalized because I realize that like mean that like if I if I generalize it's not gonna hold a white person back from getting a fucking job, but if there's like some regular white person out there that you know doesn't know much about like you know like you know because they've been living in a bubble. And they don't know much about, you know, the outside thing. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want more white people to go, okay, well, nothing I do will fucking, you know, matter. So, you know, I might as well fucking, you know, you know, might as well align with, like, my own people, I guess. And then, you know, then you have, like, you know, the fucking fundamentalist white supremacist will fucking lure them in. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know. And that's it. But, you know, with the call, like, 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 I'm concerned with fucking people who, you know, are, like, regular working class, like, white people, whatever, who, you know, are fucked by the system. You know. 
I know for some reason I'm not supposed to fucking, I'm, I'm supposed to like, you know, want to just socially climb up and become more elitist. And maybe that's what I'm worried about, you know, maybe, maybe that's why I always sabotage myself because I feel like the more I socially climb up, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't, I, 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 meaning that I'd rather have this aesthetic than become an elitist. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why I'm looking for a way out and I, I don't really want to be here. You know, I don't want to be that fuck. I don't. I just don't want to be. I don't want to be a cult leader. I really don't. And I think anyone that has like a following basically wants their own fucking cult, and it's you know to me disturbing. You know, what I mean, I, I, I'm not saying everyone with, with with that kind of like everyone has aspiration to do that, but on some level, like you know what I mean, like you know, it's 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 not really a sane world we're living in. It's not a sane system. And everyone seems to like socially climb up and then become that shit. And then it's like, you know, it's, and then, you know what I mean? And, and then someone like me who tries to learn from their mistakes from the past so you don't repeat your ignorance and regress. It's like, you know what I mean? In the 2010s, that was more welcome. But when the 2020s, it seems like, oh, this guy's trying to be woke. It's so horrible. You know what I mean? Like, people think that, like, you know, being woke is, like, selling out and being fucking corporate, but being anti-woke is also fucking corporate. Like, okay, if, if you don't want to be woke, fine, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, meet, I'll, I'll meet you, I'll meet you there, fine, you don't want to be fucking woke. No one's forcing you, right? But at the same time, why do you think being anti-woke and being a regressionist edgelord, well, why do you think that fucking is, like, more genuine and keeping it real when it really isn't? Like, that's fucking, you know, it, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, if someone's from the establishment officially, you know what I mean? At least I, like, for example, like, at least I know, like, you know, how to, how to fucking view Hillary Clinton, right? But, like, if you're telling me that RFK, who's now running independently, is, like, you know, running, you know, running independent, you know, if he's running independently, that he's somehow anti-establishment. That just means that you want to uh, put fucking... I don't want to take MJF fucking uh, lines, but, like, you're basically adding, you know, your own little flavor to another piece of tofu, basically. When I, at least, I, if I look at tofu as the establishment, at least, like, I'm looking at, like, a bland tofu, and I know, I know what I'm supposed to expect from it. But when you're trying to, like, you know, like, you know, gas it up with other fucking shit and making it seem like it's a lot more fucking special... Right, when you're trying to make it look more special and then all, you know, it's basically the, at the same time, it's just the establishment. But, like, you need, like, oh, look, he's different or she's different because, you know, they're fucking anti-establishment. The thing is, I'm not saying everyone should be proud to be the establishment, but guess what? Most of the shit is establishment. Everyone is establishment, essentially. So, I mean, if if, if you don't like the establishment, stop pretending like you are anti-establishment when you're actually serving the establishment yourself. It just might not be in the traditional sense because now it's more in the tabloid, edgelord route, shock jock style, you know. And people think that because someone's in the alt-media space, that means that, like, oh, like, no, 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 they, they wouldn't be lying to me whatsoever. So to me, it's like, yeah, I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated about it. 
because you know I made a I through I, I should have known better, but you know people pe people in your life that know where the things are going, like maybe they can do like you know kind of subtly kind of direct you, but it's like at the same time like if they know like they like for example it's like people knew that Glenn Greenwald was like you know uh, sketchy. And maybe because I was riding high off the, you know, Glenn Greenwald, you know, calling out Bill Maher on his, you know, his anti-Islam fucking stance and all that kind of shit. And flat out calling them out. Um, you know, to me at least. Like I thought, oh wow, that's, the, 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 you know, this guy calls out the Republican and he calls the Democrats. And then along the way, you know, he fucking started just focusing on the Democrats and acting like he has to defend Trump every single fucking thing. Even though he says he's not a Trump supporter. He, he applies, like, what happened to Trump to what regular people will go through. And it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, it, it, people could have warned me sooner about him, but it's like they would have preferred me to be lured into fucking right-wing think. And maybe they want to go into the right-wing thing. That's why, you know... I'm kind of scared, because again, there's people I've been associated with, and this is why I get frustrated not knowing what they're fucking, you know, involved with, because, like, I feel like they're in the fucking system, they're in the mafia system, and it's like, you know, if, I, if I'm associated with them, and they've been up to some shady shit, then it's like, I've been seen with, I've been seen with them, and it's like, they knew, knew that, and, and what were they trying to do, trying to fucking, you know, like, you know, I, like, now kind of make me make me feel like, uh, now make me feel like, uh, like, oh, look at this, we didn't tell him that we were into shady shit, so now he's seen with us, you know what I mean, and, and that's why I really don't want to be here also, you know what I mean, because I, cause, cause again, I have no idea what anyone's up to, everything that comes out of my mouth is from just the top of my head, unless, I guess what I say, like, unless, like, the, the dream world is, like, an alternate reality, like, you know, and I, I don't remember, I, I don't remember half my dreams. It's like, maybe p people in the dream world now know that I come out and talk about it. So, like, you know, we got to, like, eliminate some of his memory. And just give him a little bit to, like, you know. Because sometimes you really think what could really happen. You know. But yeah, I don't know. And, and the thing is, like, all all these heels, like Giuliani or Mike Lindell, is like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess they got to give, like, you know, people on the left something to, like, you know, like, have, like, a victory about. So you're like, oh, look, look they're going broke. You know, oh, look, Giuliani is fucking, for, like, you know, his stuff in his condo is being, you know, seized by the IRS or some shit like that. Or I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like they're doing the fucking punked fucking shit with, the, like, you know, with Justin Timberlake and punked. When he got his house fucking repossessed and all that type of shit. It's like they're doing that with, like, Giuliani or some shit right now. So, like, you know what I mean? They, it's like they have to give you that. But it's like, you know, I, I, if, I, if I know that these guys are still going to be, like, yeah, but, like, 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 like whatever happens, they're, they're still going to be connected. Like, I, I wonder, like, you know, like, even though I feel like whatever humiliation they're going to fucking get on the surface... I feel like, like they're gonna fucking you know try to make their quote unquote enemies pay for it. So like I could fucking see that uh, for like a, for, since we're in the social media era, 
that what they call like they might actually have like Trump visibly in jail where you see him in a jumpsuit or Giuliani or all that type of shit. But I feel like, you know, if the if the powerful right wing type people are calling for, you know, a civil war. See, again, this is why, like, the guys like Greg Gutfield are fucking dangerous, you know what I mean? Like, he, he can try to use his shitty fucking comedy, but he's really, like, trying to amplify that. You know what I mean? P- p- people think because of the lawsuit with Fox and all that type of shit that they're going to stop doing what their mission was. You know what I mean? Because, like, the texts show that behind the scenes that, like, oh, uh, you know, uh, all these guys didn't really like him. So they knew what they were doing, but like they still believe in what they're fucking doing. Like people, people think the fucking texts are not fucking kayfabe at all, to make to make you think that these guys don't really want to go along with what Trump is doing. But they're all, in my my personal opinion, all connected and you know hooked up with that shit. But here, let me play what Greg that field was saying. You know what I mean? And he and, and by the way, see again, this is why they're gonna use the looting. As as an example of why uh, shit is uh... <laughs> my voice is all fucked up right now. I'm a piece of shit. Hold on. I'm too busy doing like artwork of Bill Maher, AI art of Bill Maher being an Indian guy. Instead of Bill, Ma- instead of Bill Maher, Bill Maher. It's pretty good. I I know I know I'm I'm not supposed to be creative on my own. I'm supposed to get, a you know, a group chat approval before I can be allowed to say something I do as funny. You know. <laughs> I I saw I just saw I just saw a funny tweet from Ray. I I was going to Twitter and look at the Greg um Greg Greg Gutfield. By the way, by the way, but the call this kind of relates to Rivana. Okay, listen. I really hope that she is one of the few people. Again, I I really have a bad feeling that like you know she'll be sucked into like the right wing shit. But like I I feel like she maybe she'll be one pe one person that will like you know decide to kind of leave, but. I I cause you think like I, I think she's like a really nice person, but like I really hope she doesn't become a fucking heel, right? But like in the same week that Anna was talking about the looting, I like that um that that Ravana, cause I I always feel that when she's um doing part of the hosting on the show, that some of the story that she is covering, she's the one that's bringing the stories there, and so I guess she she brought she brought the looting. Because now Greg Gutfield is using this looting to act, um to basically bring on a civil war, and act like you know uh, looting has been um like you know uh, you know it, like uh, on on the same level as the insurrection basically. You know, so I, I appreciate her, but the reason why I was laughing because she put out she put this tweet out right here. I I don't even know if she secretly listens to this show, so if she is, shout out to her because. I don't know. I've showed up to her chat before, but not uh, not really too often. But she goes, listen, I know losing a pet can be really hard, but I'm begging people to stop trying to relate to me losing my father by talking about how your dog died. 
this category of the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing about her father dying or anything like that, but you know, but you know, but yeah, I mean, I mean listen, right? there's people that, that really do equate fucking human beings with animals and shit. It's like, like I, I understand, like, it's like the, the emotion of losing someone, it's like something you love, someone or something you love, but like, you know, people have to stop doing, like, where they compare dogs to, like, babies and shit, you know? <laughs> this, is, this is a good follow-up too she put sometimes you don't have to relate you can just say that fucking sucks I'm sorry <laughs> holy shit Oh shit, man! Sometimes she cracks me up, man. She's she, she's a joker. That's why I really hope, man. I hope she doesn't move. I hope she doesn't move over. I also hope, man. I, the thing is, anyone that I start fucking, you know, like you know, like like you know, liking on a like you know, on a personal level a little bit, you know what I mean? Like I I think oh, they're gonna end up fucking turning into you know, a right. Like, I keep bringing up to whenever I call Matt Bender, I keep bringing up that you know if you turn the heel. And all that kind of stuff. And I, oh my God, I mean, you know. But I hope Ravana doesn't, but she's part of TYT. And it's like so far, like the only person that seems semi decent that's left TYT is Jordan Sherrington. Um, you know, everyone else has just become complete shit. Like Jessica Burbank, like, you know, holy shit, you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 you know, because oh my god, it's gonna be so bad. I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, like, there's like, it, it has to be like a common thing going on. This is why institutions do that. That's why that's that's why I'm worried about you know, um, the guy who played Gunner in Impact and Jackson Riker. <laughs> like he's going to become a cop, so you know, like I I am definitely worried about that one. Because, like, you know, the fact that it became news is like, oh, my God, you know what I mean? And then, and, and, and the thing is, you know, there'll be heat on him, but people don't, won't think that, like, WWE is the one that's bankrolling it. You know what I mean? It's just you, the pragmatic shit that you really have to do. Like, some, like, they obviously don't care if they still have certain people on the roster that have been part of the whole speaking out thing. You know, you still have theory. You have, you know, I think yeah, Riddle left, but like you know, but Riddle could still Riddle could still be associated with them. Still, it just now everything that he does is gonna be outside the company. Like Riddle's, Riddle's just like supposed to be, I guess, an upcoming tragedy. It's like the, it's it's how I look at this. It's 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 how I look at it. Um. The same way with fucking Pete Davidson. Like, you don't, like, want anything... Because you're a human being, you don't want anything bad to happen. But when you, like, market your, like, drug use and your fucking depression and all that type of shit. You know what I mean? Um, and, like, you know, you, you, you have all that shit about you. It feels like... Like, certain people are, like, built up to be these fucking future tragedies. 
and it just, it's like, it fucking sucks, because you can see it, and like, like you know what I mean, like, to, like it, it could be John Mulaney next, like, right now, everyone's like, okay, he went to rehab, like, oh, like, this is the first one, he's gonna talk about rehab, but trust me, it's good, the more it becomes part of his fucking character, right, the whole fucking thing, it's gonna become, like, not, at some point, it's gonna become an incident where, like, it's not even gonna be funny anymore, and like the and and the whole thing will be about like how he can't perform properly, which is like the Artie Lang method, I guess you know. Like Artie Lang's comedy will always kind of be the same because it's gonna be about him being high during his thing, or him being burnt out by it. It's like they fucking you know designed to, for people to be fucked up in that regard. You know the sa- same thing with fucking you know CM Punk going again. To me, I I don't want to assume the guy is going back, but they're definitely making you. I mean, they're making you think because like you view it as real, right? So these companies are working together on some level, or you know what I mean? Like they'll entertain the idea that yeah, there's been talks between CM Punk and WWE, and maybe like on the surface, like on the surface, like they may have been, but like you know what I mean? Like they could still be building up a WWE AEW thing by putting it out there that Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. There would be need to be peace made with those guys and all that kind of shit, and uh, you know, and things about how it wouldn't those kind of things wouldn't fly here. Well, I mean, there's a lot of fucking fucked up shit that flies in WWE that you know a lot of a lot of superstars don't stop. So I don't know. I have no fucking clue. I was supposed to look for a clip. Sorry, I was supposed to look for a clip. I was getting carried away. Go, yeah, here it is. But only certain people get criminal mulligans. And January 6th protesters, they don't get criminal mulligans. And here's why. They're the oppressor, right? So the oppressed get criminal mulligans. The people that are complaining, like us, we're actually oppressors. And we, we're losing power. So that's why we're upset. I just got a job at MSNBC. <laughs> but let, So let's compare the rights between criminals and victims. Okay, the criminals, they get a mulligan. They get to steal up to eight, eight, nine. Even though, like, all the people that he's, like, representing for are career-long criminals that are fucking, you know, that the, the haven't got tried for a lot of the things that they probably have done, right? He's, he's, compa- he's acting like he's on the same level as, like, some of the January 6th people that are getting fucking time. But a lot of those guys are probably fucking, you know, f- you know. If, if, if there is, like, a civil war fucking coming, and, like, let's say the... You know, the feds are, you know, kind of like, you know, in my personal opinion, favoring Trump and all that type of shit. To me, it's like some of those guys that are fucking, you know, uh, it's like it's designed for like, you know, like Trump to probably like, you know, free them eventually. But, you know, I feel like if you're like someone part of the system that like, 
is like kind of now notable or aligned with like you know movement. It feels like some of these fucking prisons, you know, like our underground, could be like, like doing some suicide squad level thing and getting them prepared for what's to fucking come or something like that, you know. But like he's based so 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 by taking advantage of of how it looks that the right wing are the ones that are being fucking you know maligned more. And you know, and they make it seem like because like, like other like like like, like even when the mainstream like the the this other like like quote unquote liberal networks, like they might not fucking like completely like shit on, like like minorities or whatever, but like they're still like, a limited framing where it helps the right wing, act like oh look they're not telling you everything because. You're follow like you're following the propaganda from people online, who are getting paid by billionaires to, basically make you think that like, oh nothing's gonna be like mean that if you see a black person committing a crime and he gets out, you're gonna be like oh you see, you, you, this guy must be with Black Lives Matter but it's like, you know what the call if if billionaires are footing the bill, you know on the street, there you know what I mean like you 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 automatically think that. Someone from a marginalized community doing something bad, uh, you know what I mean, to like a white person, that automatically means that like, they're not like you know aligned with like some conservative or something like that. But here you go. He talks about he talks about a civil war basically coming. Basically, this is him promoting. I mean, he's gonna act like he's just putting out a wacky idea, but this is what they actually fucking want, and this is what they're trying to amplify. Hundred dollars worth of stuff. They could loiter, sleep, and shoot up in public areas, including playgrounds. They could loot and burn and call it social justice. Uh, they can uh, pile up dozens of arrests and never do time. Meanwhile, what about us? Well, we have to change our lives to accommodate risk wherever we go. We have to move out of cities for the sake of the safety of our families and our own safety. That's what's happening. We're being driven out of cities by the oppressed. So I return to my imperfect analogy from yesterday. We had a war over slavery. We knew slavery was inhumane and immoral, but somehow we couldn't solve slavery peacefully. It was an evil, but one side refused to acknowledge that it was evil because it was too big of an admission for them to make. Doesn't that feel that way now? That this defiant refusal is he, to reverse... Is he trying to use... Is he, try, is he trying to use that... Um... Like, I, I I thought he was going to go down a fucking uh, rabbit hole of because the people that were fighting for slavery back then were considered the, were the Democrats, right? And then the the people, like, who would be, you know what I mean? Like, and then the, the fucking, you know, Republicans, the conservatives would be, you know, the, like, you know, the Abraham Lincolns, whatever, right? But then, like, and again, that, that, that used to be a talking point, like, on the internet in 2010s, before I really knew about anything about politics. I'm like, well, you know, Abraham Lincoln... He was a Republican, but then it's like people talked, you know, found out about the fucking Southern strategy, um, you know, and so he's he trying to make it seem like, like, you know, like, like they're the slaves in this and they knew slavery is wrong. So like now, like he's putting them on the side of like, they have to go in that route. That's why, that's why I thought he was trying to go with that. But like something he's naming, he, he, he won't name like the other atro- atrocities that like, you know, are being done, you know by far right-wingers. He he thinks any type of violence is being done by people who are on the left. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, there might be, like, you know, like, 
the thing is, like, you know, whenever, like, like unless it's, like, people, like, who are actually working there, you know, who, you know what I mean, who, who I feel fucking bad for in, in different, like, you know, these robberies, like, just because I, I want regular people to get hurt. But, like, I, like, but, like, when these corporations already fuck the workers, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really give a shit about the corporation, really, you know. Because, I mean, like, they, they will fucking, you know, like, get insurance where, like, they'll be fucking fine, you know what I mean? But the thing is, like, I also believe that a lot of it's fucking funded, too, though. And I don't think, you know what I mean? I, I think, like, what I mean, like, like, there's regular people that go and do it. But I feel like, you know, like, you know, like, if, like for example, that streamer, for example. She was saying that she, like, you know, there was a word that she was luring people in there. So, you know what I mean? So, like, how, like, how do you know she wasn't funded to go and do that kind of shit? Herself, you know. But like you know, like 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 they won't even talk about half the fucking thing that they're fucking guilty of. So like you know, he's just basically gonna call for a civil war, basically. So hold on, let me see right here. Klein argues against the survival of a country. What does that leave you with? It leaves you with you need to make war to bring peace because you have a side that cannot change because then that means an admission that their beliefs have been corrupt all the time so in a way you have to force them sur to surrender that's self-projection right there by the way uh, i tried that once oh we have an election i had to go to a doctor elections don't work we know that we know they don't work they do work. look what we have look what we have we had a moderate president and we have crime exploding everywhere we had a democrat president promised that he was going to be modern promised that he was going to unite the country and now we have a terrible education system but, we have no border we have crime everywhere every facet of society is in peril and in he's not bringing up the education that is like right-wing people that are making the fucking education worse like all the things you know what i mean he'll, he'll say that and i mean with the closest this is not this wouldn't be mean discouraging people to go and vote if you want to go vote go vote but the thing about, like, you know, how they're amplified, like, here's the thing, ever since 2016, like, pe pe people have always, like, debated in, like, you know, like, you know, whether it be, like, in, like, in alt media sources or, you know, whether it be, in, like, an underground conversations, right? Like, from underground artists and all that, about voting and all that kind of shit. You know, and, um... Like, you know, because people assume that everything is fucking rigged, whatever. You know, the game is just rigged. Like, like, like even even before, like, you know, this Trump shit was happening, people were, like, you know, people who are, like, genuinely left would, like, say that, you know, yeah, the, 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 um, the fucking 2000, uh, 2000 election, uh, that was, like, rigged for George Bush, whatever. So, I, you know what I mean? So, like, I, so, like, I, I bought into that, yeah, that's can be rigged because... I thought George Bush basically was rigged, whatever, and all that kind of shit. But it feels like since 2016, people questioning the, you know, the, the election being rigged for Trump, whatever, and then this one being rigged for Biden, apparently. It feels like even if they go and get you to do the vote processing, it's like, it's not good, like, not that your vote doesn't matter, but, like, if they're already establishing that, like, there's going to be, like, it's like when, like, when pro wrestling would have, like, like, you know, f you know, basically fair matches, right? But now with, like, you know, this whole election thing, it's like now it's all, it's like, oh, it's, the finish is like a wonky finish. It's like a dusty finish, essentially. And it feels like we're in that fucking period where there's going to be, like, like, I mean, if you go out and vote, 
then like like say it's, it's like something because like you know because things are gonna be get fucking worse. It's like some of the like, like I said, like I said when the finale of Succession happened, that episode for the election, is gonna be a, like that episode's gonna be an episode most likely, that people are gonna be using as like oh look predictive programming. See um um uh, there was a fire in Wisconsin or something like that. Like, you know, the, 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 those votes missing, whatever, and all that kind of shit. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it just seems like from this point on, it feels like that's going to be the standard, even if you go out and physically go and vote. And again, I'm not, it's not me discouraging anyone from doing, like, you know, voting or anything like that. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, like, but, but like, the, but like the reason why they're amping up, like, the, this is the most important election of our time and all that kind of shit. Because, like, symbolically, it's, it's like, you know, the results of it and the, what's going to happen from it are going to be what's important. But it's like, even if you legit go out and fucking vote. Because it, 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 like, the thing is, I feel bad for people who have to, like, you know, go through all this process to go and fucking do it. You know what I mean? Or, like, they have to go through the process of, like, you know, like, you know, like, you know doing the mail-in ballots and all that type of shit, right? And then all, all of a sudden their vote is going to be used for fodder because somebody didn't count it, or somebody fucking, you know, like, like, being like, there's gonna be guaranteed, like, uh, a, like, a, like, a guaranteed fa- a false finish, essentially, and I feel like, it's, uh, like, like, since 2016, with people complaining about it, but, like, no one from 2016 did an insurrection about it, but then, like, you know, then, then 2020, that took it to a new level, and it's, like, at a certain point, like, is it kind of, like, like a half truth, even though like you know, it was, like he's saying there shouldn't be, I, he he's saying the elections like don't work, but like you know, maybe because like they you know are setting the fucking seed for like you know, it not actually working because they want a fucking civil war to fucking play out, which I think you know they've been getting ready for. I think like the two thousand twenty was like the testing ground for different factions, to show you what's gonna what what you're in store for basically. In the future, with the, the with the vitriol that's going on, you know, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just so sick of like you know a lot of this bullshit. So let me place the notes over here. This is like, you know, fucking crazy to me. But you know the singer David Ryan Harris? Apparently, like, I don't know if, if this is going to lead to something because normally when they plant a seed for something, it's like, oh, something that got was a, mis- was a mistake, then it turns into something. I, I know when they plant these stuff on social media. Or was it just like another wacky storyline that goes, oh, look, this is brought to you by... You know this air like 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 this airline, but apparently like I think somebody thought that he was trafficking his children, or something like that. So that they apologized to him, and it turns out it was a mistake. So like I'm glad it was a mistake, but then I I was wondering when they plant these stories in, it's like because again it's always like designed to go oh you know that story that we told you before, well it turns out there was something seedy going on with it. I don't know.
I don't know. You know, after Sexy Red fucking, you know, declared her love for Trump, all of a sudden, it, now you know she's getting pushed, because then that, what's the next indication you get pushed? You get a sex tape leaking, that leaked out from it, you know what I mean? That's what always happens, basically. I'm surprised I didn't do the trope of, uh, I'm surprised I didn't do the trope of, um, I'm surprised I didn't do the trope of, um, uh, her saying something bad about Trump and then academics being the one, because the academics seemed to be the one that was like kind of giving commentary over it or something like that. I don't know. I, I just thought that he was trending, you know, uh, and that's how I fucking found out that, you know, she, she was doing a sex tape. But it feels like it's, like, part of, like, you know, the whole thing. Just, like, the fucking whole, like, you know, uh... Like, this is also a discourse. The thing is... The thing I hate about the celebrity discourse... With, like, relatives... Is that then it makes it seem like it's on the same level as, like, regular people. And I understand with regular people... People will fucking, you know, borrow and then not do shit with it, whatever, right? You know what I mean? Ask you to borrow for money. But the thing is, is like you know, like like like, like Jay Z is a cajillionaire. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know what the what, what his relative's history is with asking or something like that, right? If he doesn't want to give, it doesn't matter. Like you know what I mean? Like I understand people. Like like, like the thing is, the reason why like sometimes when I'm like when people like you know I, I know people seem like like oh like they they know what celebrities should do with their money. I like I understand. I understand. Like, oh, like, how dare you tell them what to do? They can buy whatever they want, whatever, and do what they want with it. But I feel like if you become like you know somebody that you know raises that gets more fucking money, right? I feel like there's people in the fuck. Like, for example, if I had to choose between being forced by you know the rich, powerful people, that like if I'm gonna be a rich fucking person. That, like, I have to buy luxurious things that I don't fucking want, but it's, like, my way of having to pay a fucking tax, essentially, to, like, spend, to make people richer, basically. So I gotta fucking spend money on a fucking car I don't want, a fucking mansion that I might not fucking want. And then, you know, if I had to choose between, like, you know, helping people actually in need, like, I would choose that over, like, having to empower more fucking rich fucking people. So that's why, so so that's why when people say, "Hey, the celebrity can do what they want with their money," but it's like they're not really doing what exactly they want with their money because sometimes they're obligated to basically, you know, what I mean, you have to fucking, you know, like buy in a little bit, you know what I mean? So so that's the way I look at it when it comes to like like very rich fucking people, you know what I mean? Not like regular fucking people. But the thing is, we apply regular rules to these celebrities, and they make it look relatable, but... Again, I don't even know how much the fucking relative wanted. I don't know what the fucking history is. I mean, Jay-Z's allowed to say no, whatever, but... Again, it always ends up becoming fucking discourse, because then everyone thinks that, like, you know, the It's like everyone then becomes pocket... Everyone, everyone just starts pocket-watching, essentially, you know what I mean? Everyone has to, like, you know, it's like, well, I, I get to chime in about your financial situation. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I'm just saying, if the, the, if the guy has more than... A, I mean, if if the guy hasn't asked before and this is the first time, whatever, and he needs something, I don't know. Or she needs something, you know, but... 
Who knows, man? Who knows? By the R.A.P. to Dick Buckus. The thing is, like, I, I never really watched football, right? But I think, like, he's kind of, like, you know, he'd been mentioned in different shows that I would watch or he'd make an appearance. I think he I think he may have made an appearance in WWE, right? I'm, I'm not fucking sure. Um, I think, I don't know. I haven't, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. But, I mean, but what happened is he died and the Chicago Bears won a game after not winning so many other fucking games. So people think that, like, it's, like, you know, scripted. Again, I mean, it's, like, pro wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, you know, getting the baby face pop for, you know, just to, like, oh, look, you know, Dick Butkus would be proud of this. You know. I don't know, uh, you know, I, I really wish the hot, like, you know, the, 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 I think it's becoming more and more obvious whenever, like, you have, like, guys like Road Dog or Booker T or, you know, Eric Bischoff. Like, I'll say this about Booker T. I mean, he'll have ones where, like, he's definitely baiting, but he'll probably have, like, you know, like, so, like, like he doesn't seem like, the, like, 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 he's, like, the most tolerable out of, like, you know, a Bully Ray or Eric Bischoff or Jim Cornette and all that. It's like everybody has to fucking have a hot take. Sometimes, like, you're pressured into thinking, you know what I mean? Like, you have to have a fucking hot take. That's why, like, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm spitballing. But, like, you know, I know that no one's, like, mine doesn't catch traction, so you know what I mean? But, like, not everything, you know, but, you know, but, like, but nowadays, that's, like, the whole competitive nature of it now. Everyone has to, like, top everyone's hot take. And sometimes I fucking find myself in that. Like, I have to be the one that has, like, the right narrative. Even though, it's not that I have to have the right narrative. It's that, like, I, I just hate that, like, it's either the establishment narrative or there's something called the online narrative. Where, like, if you don't go along the online narrative, that means that, like, well, then, I mean, like, any other fucking view you or, or interpretation you have of something, it, you know, it, it is not considered worthy because... You have to go with the online establishment. And I don't fucking like how they fucking do that shit. That's why I fucking, you know, I, I get kind of like, you know, worked up about my fucking, you know, about my narrative. Because it feels like if I come up with a narrative that's like, just like not supposed to be taken seriously. Or like, just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm trying to expand my fucking view. And it's not supposed to be, it's not supposed to come out right now. People then get really, really fucking, you know, pissed off that you're putting out something that it isn't the right time to put out right now. And it's like, well, I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I'm just putting out a fucking theory. I'm not saying that I'm 100% right. But, like, you know, it's like sometimes you... Like people say they want you to think outside the box. When, when you do, then they get fucking mad about it because they have to limit the narrative so that, you know, you... Because if, if, the, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the fucking narratives are limited, then it's like how, how much real analysis can really be done you know what I mean? Like, people can do some, but, like, at the same time, like, no one's really gonna, you know, you know. Just like anyone's really gonna do anything, really. It is what it is, man. I don't know. 
I'm just so sick of everything. I'm so sick of everything. I saw a, 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 a bunch of ROH highlights. They got Scorpio Sky fucking work. I, like, listen, I, I understand, but it's like, you've been bringing this guy back like he was supposed to, like, get some fucking push. And, like, now he's, like, what, gonna... Like, I, I hope he's not there fucking permanently. He will show up. But it's like, you haven't really given him a storyline. You know what I mean? You keep giving him fucking vignettes where it seems like, okay, you're the ready to fucking... Give him some, you know, uh, you know, some fucking push to his character. It's like, why did you break up him and Ethan Page then? You know what I mean? Like, the thing, thing is, like, I like Ethan Page and him together. But the thing is, like, as a tag team, like, they barely ever functioned against a tag team. Like, I think, like, instead of them pursuing single titles, they should have pursued the tag titles with, like, when the Young Bucks were champions and all that kind of shit. Or, you know... <sighs> It is what it is. Ethan Page is doing well as a like, fucking baby face, but it's like, why can't he do that on regular fucking television? You know? We'll see what happens. You know, he's becoming the egoless Ethan Page. But I don't know. Anyways, uh, I'll come back, you know, later on. It's 1 a.m. right now. 1.13 a.m. I'll come back later before, you know, um, Collision and, uh, and what the, what was Fastlane go on so that I can do the recaps. I just want to get the fucking discourse portion out of the fucking way. By the way, Undertaker now is also fucking coming too, you know. I, 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 I didn't jot it, jot it down in the NXT recaps, so I'll say it right now. Undertaker's like one of the latest names now that's coming to, uh, to NXT basically. Because they're fucking, you know, hyping that one up with Cena, Cody Rhodes, and all that type of shit. Um, you know, I'll get into it when I do the NXT recap, but I, you know, I had to mention that because I didn't really jot it down. Uh, anyways, peace out. I didn't want to play any more new music until next time I come I come in with new music, whatever. So I just thought, thought I'd play this fucking song. I don't know why. Not really, you know. I guess because it's a madman's world and, you know, madman world shit. But I still like this song a lot, though. It's 5.32 p.m. I'm debating if, like, just go to Toronto and, uh, and see if I can maybe get scalpers to get for cheap for Drake concert. Twenty One Savage isn't, isn't, isn't there apparently, you know. Um, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go actually, to more to see Twenty One Savage. Not that I wouldn't mind seeing Drake. I don't think I've. Like, I can't keep with the concert. I don't think I've been to a Drake concert, you know. 
Let me see, 21. I brought a little baby instead. I wanted to. See, I wouldn't want. It's always gimmicked when when it comes to celebrities of when they can. Because sometimes some of these celebrities make it over, and sometimes they're like denied. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, no, I think Drake fucking also let some subliminal... Again, I can't give it all subliminal, you know what I mean? But right now, Drake is feuding with Joe Budden right now. I think what Joe Budden said to about him, you know, that went viral. This, this is like Yachty rapping. This is like he rapping for the children. And that's my... Yo, dog, I had to look up how old this was when I finished listening to the album. You are 36... Your birthday is in 20 days. I Googled that too. You are 37 years old. Get the f away from some of these younger niggas and stop f***ing these 25-year-olds. I don't know why academics play a clip like... I'm beep, listening to the album. Beeped out the fucking shit. Yo, you're a 37-year-old billionaire. And, I get it that you appeal to the... I mean, J J Joe Budden has been, what, like 40 years old and he's been fucking with, like, women in their 20s. The thing is, the people who get more vitriolic about how old, like, like, listen, as, as long as they're, like, to me, if, if they're, like, I, okay, I, I think it's weird if you specifically go for 18. If you meet somebody that happens to be 18 or older or whatever and all that, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm, I'm not going to fucking judge, as long as they're not fucking underage. You know what I mean? But, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like me, I don't pursue anyone. But if I happen to meet somebody that happens to be, like, in their, like, early 20s that might seem mature, like, I have a good conversation, you know what I mean? Like, I might, you know, I'd be more fucking obliged to, like, kind of go, okay, well, this person seems cool. There's people who are in their fucking 40s who are still, like, acting like they're in their... Th like, right now, with a colleague, these two, Drake and Joe Budden, are in their fucking, you know, almost 40s. And they're acting like fucking immature fucking school children as well. So, like, I mean, people, like, people, uh, uh, like, you know, obsess too much over fucking, like, age when it's, like, when it comes to people being legal. The thing is, there's rumors about Drake, you know, going after underage people, which that's more alarming than anything. But, like, he's also, like, trying to talk about him rapping with kids. I mean, J Joe Budden's criticism obviously fucking hit hard for Drake. Because Drake fucking put, like, a whole paragraph. If you put right here, you'll feel that music you left behind uh, to do what you're doing in this clip because this is what you actually pays your bills. For any artist watching, just remember, you're watching a failure give their opinion on this idea of a recipe for success. A quitter um, give their opinion on how to achieve longevity. You switch queers because uh, this thing, um, the thing that popped into your brain had to, had you broke living check to check, and he rapped, and the raps you write had four of hundred fifty men showing up to your shows in dusty, and 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 like and like jeans. I I I don't have to say that again. To screw I I again that that's a throwback fucking uh a uh, uh, brand of jeans right there that that, that I've seen before. And I I never knew how to say it back then either. 
show to your um to um show to your shows and dusty jeans whatever to screw up their face to mood music twenty nine and pretend you're the goat. Please, to any artist that's doing what they're doing, feel um they feel is right. Don't let these opinions affect your mindset. After the fact, this guy is a poster child of frustration and surrendering. You were tired, and we never hung. Uh, you never hung up your jersey. We don't remember your number. We we, we know you're, guys. This is like probably one of the most most vitriolic things that I've seen Drake do. We know you're not. We know you're. We know. Um, one second. We know you for doing this. You would draw from rat not because you accomplished all you need to, because it wasn't working for you. I never want anyone in, in the generation to think that the whole everyone entitled to their opinions is a real thing. This is a man projecting his own self hate and the fact that um the fact that I did uh the fact that I did and continue to do everything he wanted to do for himself. If you need it um if you need it put in a simpler term, I own uh, 767, he owns a modest house in the 973 and flies first class on special occasions. Jesus Christ. I mean, if if, if if the guy's criticism didn't... If the criticism didn't fucking, you know, uh, affect him, he wouldn't be doing this. This, this could also be... Drake's such a good fucking, you know, uh, heel that, like, you know, because again, because Joe Budden, what the call... You know, Joe Budden is obviously... Like, like Drake is somebody that, what the call, listen to a lot of underground rap. You know what I mean? Like a lot of mixtape fucking rap. You know what I mean? He he's a fan of he, he was a fan of Joe Budden. He's on record saying that like, he gives Joe Budden fucking props. All right, what the call? Listen, I'm not gonna agree with everything Joe Budden says. I think a lot of stuff he says in like you know in in the more recent times during this new like uh, phase of his podcast, a lot of it's fucking over the top sports entertainment, forced fucking arguing, and all that kind of shit. Like you know what I mean? Like and, and it's forced fucking like hot take type of shit. So sometimes I feel like some of these people's criticisms don't come with fucking, you know, any fucking really, uh, like, you know, like, like sometimes like the criticism just don't come off more like I'm trying to get myself over in how I rant about you, more so than actual fucking criticism that he actually has. You know what I mean? I, I don't think, you know, anyone can criticize anything they want, whatever. What they called like, Drake could be right about, like, what his intentions are, whatever, with how he goes about, like, you know, shitting on fucking other people. All that, but I'm not gonna say Joe Budden's a fucking failure in music. I know to a lot of people, it's like if you didn't main event WrestleMania, then you're nobody. But 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 I also respect people who like didn't have to fucking compromise their compromise their soul to basically you know get to the top. But at the same time, now Joe Budden has kind of compromised his soul to be a sports entertainer essentially. But, you know, um, I don't, the thing is, Drake's just going on his heel turn, you know, he, he's, like, you know, definitely fucking, you know, amplifying this up more. He, you know what I mean, he, this will get him and Joe Budden, I, I, I always wondered if this, like, like, Joe Budden will, like, you know, he got himself over as a commentator, now, like, he'll, he'll return to the ring eventually. So it's like, you know, basically shit-talking, essentially. A lot of, like, people who are competitive become commentators for a bit. But that's... 
that's the way I look at it, at least. You know, that's the way that I, you know, see it. Every, everybody is feeding with everybody. Joe Biden says you'll grow up sooner or later. Father Time is undefeated. I don't know, but to me, when it comes to like like the celebrities, at least they're sports entertaining. You know what I mean? They're definitely trying to get you know more. Uh, but I mean, you retired and never hung up your jersey is a good bar, though. You know what I mean? But I'm hoping this leads to Joe Budden coming back to you know maybe rap. You know, what I mean? he's been he's been off for a while. You know what I mean? Hopefully, he comes back. But I mean, but, but but Joe Budden is like you know. I mean, the guy's talking about like him fucking with like fucking younger people and all that kind of shit. Like, dude, you literally. Like, I I I guess Joe Budden's supposed to be a hypocrite. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even he knows that he like you know. What I mean, like, like like both him and Drake know. They might make some valid arguments, but then they'll both just go in the insult territory where they both come across looking hypocritical. If that you know makes any fucking sense. But I, I I view it like pro pro wrestling essentially. You know what I mean. This is like um, like Drake is like you know like 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 he's like uh, like you know basically like he was like John Cena for a bit. You know what I mean. Like you know like you know kept it cordial as, as possible. You know what I mean. People you know like you know like fell fell in love with that type of shit. Some people fucking hate that kind of shit. And now it's like he's in his John Cena's in the in the in the two thousand tens phase where he becomes a little bit more edgier because. There's people who keep fucking shitting on him where like now he has to like show some more of his heel heelish tendencies a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't we'll see what goes on. See right there, you know. Maybe he's working. He's he's working an angle with the legends. You know what I mean? With like you know who he listened to when he came up. Like Joe, Joe Budden is like an like like he would be someone that maybe didn't make it big in WWE, but he would definitely be like like he would be in WWE as a commentator. He basically be he basically be Adam Pierce essentially.
I don't know. But I mean, Joe Budden pushed them to. I mean, I, I mean, Joe Budden had. I mean, they did have a first little match, you know, for a bit. But now it's like you know. We'll see what happens with that. I don't know. I'm kind of really depressed right now because of horrible shit happening. And, um... Israel and Palestine again. I just want to see... I mean, it's, it's never ending. It's always, like, been, you know... There, you know I mean, just different parts of the times when the mainstream establishment, and that includes online, are the ones that are fucking covering it. And it's one of those situations where... With the cold, because here's here, here the thing... In the 2010s, it was so fucking easy, easier for me to know that, like, the U.S. mainstream media, corporate media narrative was always going to downplay what Israel has done, make it seem like it's been, like, um, more, um, like, you know, like, oh, both, both, are, both are equally as fucking, you know, um, both are equally as bad, like, you know what I mean? And you go to different fucking sources of people who have, you know, been telling you what's been happening. And some of the, you know, and, and again, some of the alt media people will do some sensationalist shit, where like you know what I mean, where like where I I like if you like if you want to fucking get people on board, like I I just hate underhanded tactics where like it makes it seem like everyone in Israel, like every citizen, like automatically supports what's happening to Palestinians. Like yes, there's gonna be like you know nationalistic type like you know like like the mega fucking lunatics. In those in those countries as well, in those countries as well, that are gonna you know get more airtime about why they think fucking you know why they think Palestinians are lower than filth for them. But now, with some of the people who have been critical of Israel, they have become that they, they align with like you know they'll, they'll defend Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like for example, like people on the left who are like supposed left who have been critical of Israel are now basically shitting on like you know code like the code pink official twitter account for um po- like the, the the for the um I don't know if I mentioned it earlier in the podcast I think I jotted it down but I don't know if I co- went completely with mentioning it but then like you know how um some code pink activist who claimed to be I guess who claimed to be were posing with Marjorie Taylor Green about aligning and then people from like the Jimmy Dore left were like shitting on Code Pink official Twitter account, 
But by the way, with the cold, I, I still think that with the cold, like, you know, that's just to, to kind of save our time. You're going to find out the cold pink in general might be, like, on that, as a whole, might be on that vibe. But Jimmy Dore, with the cold, kind of shit on them for um, condemning the Marjorie Taylor Greene photo. But the Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the supposed anti-war Republican, like all of you motherfuckers say. She's, like, pro-fucking-Israel right now, even though she's, like, an anti-Semitic twat, too, where she basically, like, what, Jewish space lasers and all that kind of shit. And then they also fucking support fucking, you know, Putin's far right-wing shit. They will misrepresent what goes on there because it's online. And then people who are already apolitical that fucking don't, like... See that U.S. doesn't give a shit about when Palestinians are the ones that are being fucked with. Now do you see why people automatically then question, oh, well, if the establishment is supporting Ukraine, that automatically... I'm talking about dumbed down fucking... I'm not talking about guys like Jimmy Dore and people who know fucking better. I'm talking about people people like myself who 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 have been like been accustomed to the whole na- nature of the US has um had some hand in a lot of fucking shit that they've done in different fucking countries that's unfucking forgivable of of what kind of fucking shit they've fucking done to other or or who they have aligned with and what they do to their own fucking citizens I, and I'm not going to generalize and say everyone in the US or like all of them are 100% fucking evil I think we get into that fucking mindset and it's fucking dangerous. And I'm talking about as someone as as me who has no one to talk to about the Israel and Palestinian situation in my fucking personal life. Right? I I, I have no one to talk to about that because it always leads to like some type of generalization or like people giving me dirty looks because I might be falling for some type of fundamentalism. Because for a while I was like, yeah, man, fuck Israel. Because I thought as a a whole, because I'm like, no one gives a fuck about when Muslims are doing it. And yet I'm supposed to fucking feel bad that people are are, are doing that. But I've learned. I've learned over the last fucking several years of fucking, you know, of, of like still buying to fucking some type of ignorance that like you shouldn't like blame every single person in Israel for what their government and what the fucking uh, like the people who support the government are fucking doing. But I also it, it also doesn't mean that you should you, you should support Hamas. I, I understand that's the only thing that Palestinians fucking have as far as fucking somewhat fucking making it seem like they defend their fucking thing, defend their fucking, you know, the, 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 you know, like, 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 you know, like allowing them to fucking live at least. So, like, to me, I'm not buying the whole that, like, oh, there was an intelligence error with Mossad that allowed this fucking breakthrough to fucking happen. Part of me wonders since the name Yahoo has been fucking over his own people that, you know, because people have alluded to the fact. And again, I, again, I don't know for a fact that what they call, like, that, that, that Israel, the government has, like, like, it's like a, it's like a controlled opposition enemy with Hamas where they allow Hamas to fucking go and do fucking horrible fucking shit. I don't want Israeli kids being fucking kidnapped. I don't want innocent fucking people who got nothing to do with this to be fucking hurt. But I also don't fucking support Israel fucking shooting a bunch of fucking Palestinians and acting like, oh, this is unprovoked. When you guys have fucking literally fucking done a lot to provoke it. And I'm sick of the fucking the mixed messaging because there's per, there's personalities out there that are who are super pro Israel that are fundamentalist, and then there's also people who um act like they care about Palestinians but are anti Israel in a fundamentalist way while you align with other fundamentalists. 
where you guys are going to do your NWO foot finger poker doom shit. That's what's fucking killing me about this whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and now I'm more fucking confused than ever because some of the people that I really disagree with on the whole, like, the, 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 the pro-Russia um, brigade, for some reason, as somebody that's supposed to be left, I'm not supposed to, like, wonder, like, I'm not supposed to be fucking concerned about what the Chinese government is, do, is doing with Muslims. Because it gets deflected about... That you know that 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 what they call the U.S. doesn't care what they're doing to Muslims, like meaning that like if if I already see U.S. officials and U.S. politicians who justified like what what happened in Iraq and in Afghanistan and and, and the fucking innocent people that have been killed there, why would I fucking like you know what I mean my mindset is why would I fucking even give a shit what they have to say about other fucking countries and what they're fucking doing. But in the same way, it makes it to, in the same way it's it's also propaganda to then fucking pretend like oh because U.S. has done horrible shit that I have to also fucking sit quiet while fucking China the Ch- Chinese government or the Russian government or the Saudi Arabian government or Israeli government are fucking doing shit as well. The country versus country aesthetic has fucking you know really um, done a number on people, in my personal fucking opinion. And then if you, if you, if you want to have a nuanced thought, everyone, everyone basically thinks you're just basically trying to suck up to one side or the other. Like, yeah, so, so, so now I'm fucking confused about what to call some of the people who have, like, for example, George Galloway, for example. I used to think that he was a decent fucking dude, but he's, like, propping up Putin points, or he's talking to Scott Ritter. Like, they're compromised with other fucking far right-wing shit. You expect me to fucking, you expect me to fucking give a shit about what's going on. I mean, not that I don't give a shit what's going on, but you expect me to give a shit about, like, 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 different people thinking that they're telling the fucking truth. Always downplaying what Israel has fucking done and provoked for the longest fucking time. And, and the people that are super pro-Israel and pretend to be pro-Ukraine... That's again. This is this is why there's a bunch of apolitical people out there that don't pay attention to everything and notice that okay, well they want you to support Ukraine and then they're going to support Israel. That's why people put it on the same fucking same thing. Even though, listen, it was called the wars between Russia and Ukraine. And then they're blaming, you know, um, they're blaming I, a lot of the right wing people who, you know, are supposed to be anti war, are blaming the right wing fucking, you know, uh, are, a lot of the right wing anti anti war people are blaming Iran for, um, for like because you because they say that Biden gave um, Iran money, and they think the money with that went to going to the fucking Palestinians to do it. 
you know, it, it's like, you know, you, they get, and, and, and that's what Trump's claiming, you know, I mean, people think that because Trump um, moved the embassy to Jerusalem or something like that, that he's like, oh my god, he, he loves Jewish people, but he's like pro-fucking, you know, he, he loves Netanyahu and all that type of shit. It's fucking, it just sucks, man. I don't know. Everything just fucking sucks in this fucking world. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just so sick of everybody. So I hope all the innocent people out there, you know, on a spiritual fucking level, not that's gonna do anything. I hope everyone who's like, you know, good and pure on, you know, any of the fucking sides is fucking, you know, because now people are, because now Bernie Sanders is now using, you know, um, now even Bernie Sanders is using fucking, you know, oh, Islamic Jihad and all that kind of shit. I, I knew eventually he would end up becoming, here's the thing, even though Hillary Clinton is like a discredited person, right, and she is a more established person who gets like, the because you know what I mean, she, she, she's aligned with Bill Clinton who has shade is tied to him. I'm, I'm, since she's been right about some of the, some of the messages that she put out, even though, like, you know, again, it's like the worst person you know giving you the right message, when she, some of the stuff that she said about Bernie Sanders, I bet you we're gonna find that Bernie Sanders is not as fucking good a fucking guy in, in, in the long run, even if, on the surface, he's voted the correct way in certain areas and all that kind of shit. Because a lot of the people that he's produced from his, uh, from the time that he fucking got big, and and don't say that he didn't prop these people up. The, you know what I mean? I know you can go well the former Bernie Sanders, someone, some something, something, something. But it's like the, 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 once you become popular from it's from you know being a part of a celebrity's or a politician's fucking cult, you, you're basically a fucking product of, of what they are, basically. I don't know. We'll see what goes on. I have no no idea, man. By the way, what's it called? Jason Derulo um, is facing, uh, you know, sexual heart. This is when I get this is like leftover shit that I didn't get to mention before that I I had to get to, I guess. But whenever anyone, you know, celebrity goes through, you know, especially one that's, you know, been, you know, who's, like, doesn't seem like he's going to be stopping, I feel like this will be a push for him to get bigger now. Because being accused of shit will, like, you know, go, oh, you've been cancelled. Or he'll maybe become a character, I don't know, we'll see what happens. I don't know if it's sexual assault or sexual, um... Let me see... See, people are like, oh, imagine torpedoing, keep torpedoing your mid-career. 
I mean, this is, like, even if someone does something wrong and people think, oh, this guy should definitely be, you know, charged with something, right? But the call, and, and sometimes they sometimes they do, but do you really, has anyone that's been canceled for sexual assault or harassment, have they officially, all, like, even, you could say R. Kelly has gone away. Is he really gone away, though? He's still a fucking character. With the new currency that probably exists, him becoming a meme probably also helped him behind the fucking scenes, even though officially he wasn't going to profit off his music, but I'm sure he still profits off of some, somehow. These guys would rather think, these people would rather think, would rather you think they're broke, even though they might be like, you know, up to something. But no one really gets fucking canceled. Who gets canceled? They've actually become fucking bigger. Chris Brown's career, like, yeah, he's like the the, the, the go-to heel, but pe- people still fucking play his, he's always like still in rotation as a fucking heel, even if he does make music that might be good time at time and time. I don't know, man. I'm just fucking... I'm just... Everything just depresses me, man. Everything on this fucking planet depresses me. I'm probably not going to watch Collision Live, which is coming at 7 p.m. It's 6 p.m. right now. You know what I mean? I'm probably going to watch the fucking, you know, show a little bit late. With, um... With, um, you know... The fast lane fucking shit. I'm more excited to see fast lane. I mean, a collision I can watch later. You know, I don't know. I'll be back to do the recaps. Okay, I'll go with the dynamite stuff first. This was a decent show. I, I, I will start the intro of the backstage segment and save it for when the talent segment came on, but I don't like them opening with that, and I felt very WWE-like. Like, they had to, like, bring over with, uh, you know, they, they had to bring it over with Edge since he's kind of used to those kind of segments, and while it was cool visual that could have been saved for another week, it was kind of, like, felt like an SNL sketch before the intro, but uh, kind of, you know what I mean? But the show was decent. I can't say all the matches were good or, or or were the most important, but they still had their overacts to kind of show what talents have existed over the last four years, I guess. Plus a new talent also being incorporated, you know what I mean? I like that they, pretend, I like that they ended the promo segment. Sometimes you have to do that. Um, and I would have thought like the, the, they would have done Phoenix versus Nick Jackson for the main event because it's like a notable rivalry over the last four years. But they actually started with it. It was a good match. It's what you expect from these two. So, you know, I'll try to get into it. But the 
gimmick of WB, WBD added being an all AEW has come into the play because there's some shitty audio problems or DVR problems. So now they're booking problems with the network. You know, billionaires can force themselves on any network and then gimmick it up like they have actual problems with them. Or or when they need to put out a statement of how how the company fe- how like the company feels that they're performing to justify why they'll be there. But since the audio problems are happening, I guess maybe you know Zasloff could be could be behind it because maybe he wants Punk back. You know what I mean? I'll I'll get into my Punk conspiracy theory, but I I but when I get to the MJF segment, like when I get to there, because I feel like he's going to be behind the attack in the overall sense. If it isn't, then this feud with WBD, you know, Warner Bros. Discovery is going to be lame as fuck, and it could be an indication that they might change networks or some shit. So now we're going to have to go through the whole changing of the name of the TBS and TNT titles if they leave the network. It'll be a whole thing. That's why I I need to know if this is, like, leading into a work since CM Punk name drops Zaslav, and everyone's complaining about him. Kaling screamed anti-establishment and rebel, like, shouting out a billionaire giving you a fucking nickname, but then again, you know, he, 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 he praised guys like Dana White also, you know what I mean, but whatever. Anyways, Fiends was to Nick Jackson before before letting it um, letting it go, there's the, a the crowd applause since these two have, you know, been pivotal in the last four years. They do the usual pace. There's some overhand chap, overhand chap, overhand chop battle. Phoenix sells his back and has to take a break to recover. So at some point, he did an arm drag from the apron to Nick Jackson as uh, they began to uh, fight outside. I didn't think Phoenix needed to, to try the guardrail tightrope spot, but he missed it, which let Nick get the Rana. Nick copied Penta's offense in the corner with a backstabber. Phoenix did the dodge of running the um of of a running uh of a running kick, which made Nick kick the ring post, and then Phoenix wipes out Nick, which makes Nick plant his head on the apron. They came back. It was pretty. It was pretty back and forth during the picture in picture. Phoenix eventually gets the rebound kick after Nick ducked the first one, but Nick gets a thrust kick back. Phoenix keeps uh, kipping up and getting uh, kicked down, but then the final time they both kick each other and fall down. They both um they both beat the t- ten count from being knocked out from being knocked out uh, being knocked out in the ring essentially. Nick gets a thrust kick and Phoenix gets the Rana into a pin. There was another thrust kick from Phoenix. They avoid each other. Nick lands uh, on his leg from the moonsault to the outside, but he got Phoenix with a you know cutter while he was charging. Uh, Phoenix did an RVD Omega level cell plan on his head when Nick did the slingshot face buster. The crowd was invested into all this. Phoenix got up before the one uh, one man BTE trigger. Whenever Nick would get a whenever Nick would uh, get a kick out kick um, every time Phoenix would stop him from from his tracks essentially. They both use their agility to get to the top rope. Nick delivers a cutter from the top. Nick got a poison Rana. Then eventually he gets a destroyer for a near fall. Phoenix sat up from a running kick, but Nick gets him again. Nick gets him with um in the back of the head with a kick, and then the crowd would lose it after each of the each each of these kickouts basically. Basically, Phoenix blocked the kick and then placed it in the rope for him to do the tightrope kick. Then a frog splash for a near fall. He did that spinning kick he does in the corner. Nick counters the tombstone with a pinning combo, but Phoenix counters that and wins the match. I really wish they would uh, do better finishes for these matches at that time for, like, than a random pinning combo. I wanted something way more definitive than this, you know what I mean? There was a good selling to the back. I thought he had, uh, you know, the arm injury, but he was also selling the injury from the back from a few weeks ago, but... I mean, this is fine. They did a good job playing off the rivalry with the fancy spots. 
it's, it's always amazing how they're able to come up with new shit and remix old stuff they did. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how they keep up with, like, memorizing what they've done. Because at that point, I'd be like, you know, let's just, do, let's just do some fucking, you know, repetitive shit, basically. But the kip-ups were really good uh, with the super kicks. I, f- I like the, t- like the top-rope cutter, which was dope. I don't think I ever... I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm mistaken, but I don't think I ever really see Nick do those often. Because it feels like he did them, but it felt like he was not used to doing them. And it, at least in this case. They're going to have Mock versus Phoenix for um, this coming 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 week, and I think they're building up to a rivalry with Orange Cassidy regardless because later on he was in a segment where he mentioned that Mox had had like two, the title for three weeks and get the title shot, and now he, he was champion for 11 months. Like, he insinuated that. He didn't say all of that, right? Like, he's becoming kind of petty, and it feels like he could turn heel since Mox is, Mox is the one who's now a, a, a babyface. There's a good chance Mox probably wins the title back because this was, like, supposed to be an accidental reign, so I guess they wanted to get one dope defense out of the way. I could see Mox and Orange Cassidy carry on the rivalry for the title, maybe. I don't know. And this time you have Orange Cassidy being a little bit more heelish, and it becomes a totally different match. I don't know. This is a great opening segment. You saw Cole at Roddy's house, and I'm going to do my live thoughts, right? I couldn't hear it because the audio was bad. Roddy screams for Adam, and Roddy uh, gives Cole a mini bike scooter, and they're having a good time while Roddy's in the wheelchair. It's the same tone of Cole and MJF from what I could make of this. Cole's asking what the emergency is, I think, and maybe Cole's asked to move the furniture. Those are my life so I had to watch another video online. So Cole said he would get to get the surgery and ask why can't the Kingdom guys do this for him. And they say he has a better mindset for the interior design. And I, and, I, and I said right here, it's gonna, it's like AW is going to fuck with the audio so it can get traffic to their fucking videos online, essentially. Or they're hitting the you know issue with W um, with Warner Brothers Discovery because since it's from their end, apparently. Plus, like the fucking DVR issues. I said this shit's pathetic. It was decent. It was decent. It felt like it was like way over the to, to, over the over the top sports entertainment. They did show us again because of the audio issues. But this is pretty weak. I know acts are over, and Taven playing with the toy giraffe was was was, was funny, right? But this is really this was really weak, and this audio fucking up already made me not give a shit about this. But I don't think this was good. I don't know. I expect it a little bit more serious now, considering the angle that took place last week, and Cole maybe trying to get to the bottom of it and question if they're the ones who did it, because in storyline it felt like a scripted sports entertainment segment. And Cole chose to do this, but MJF calling him later and not getting an answer made it more interesting that MJF feels flustered about not getting through to him. But the segment, I don't know, I didn't feel really that fucking great. I think these comedy segments are getting a little bit too much now. It's like they need need to force comedy over and over again. It's the same shit. I you know that that, that, I always, that it's it's the same shit that I always kind of complain about. If everything is funny, then nothing is fucking funny. I'm sure it'll pick up, but I just don't think this is the right follow up for this. For, for at least Cole's part. Wardlow versus Griff Garrison. He was, he was a surprise, and immediately he just spears him into the ropes and stomps on him, does a powerbomb. He did, like, four of them, and then he decides to do a fifth. Rather than pinning him, he, the ref just calls for the bell, and Wardlow goes through the crowd to walk to the back like he's, like, you know. He's another world people seem to think that he'll be going to WWE down the line because AEW's not going to... Push him properly, you know what I mean. He had more, he he had more hair than usual. I thought he was gonna grow out the uh, the ponytail again, or the man bun again, you know what I mean. But I, I don't know um, if this will sustain because uh, they have done so much damage to him to show that Tony Khan is busy to book himself like he can't book where there has to be booking errors all the fucking time. So I do think that 
I mean, this is a dope return, and I hope they fucking do it right. Or will this lead to a new trope of WWE taking talent and will hype them up better despite AEW? Acclaim versus Kip Butcher and Blade. Caster headlines like Butcher and Blade polished their, their knobs. Kip's best uh, look uh, was when he had a box on his head or something like that. The heels attacked the intro spiel, but the babyfaces stand tall from the interaction so they can do their scissor shit. Butcher and Blade regained control. They did their backbreaker leg drop. Kip did a moonsault, but he does a... He doesn't, they does on the outside to the acclaim. Bones gets back control with the combo strikes when he got the hot tag when he came back from picture in picture. He got some stiff shots. He does the variation or a famous or he does. They eventually do the scissor me timber. They did their assisted magic killer like move for the win. I was distracted because Tony Khan was, uh, not Tony Khan, um, uh, Excalibur was naming off fucking matches for next week's show. This is an established win. I, I was hoping there would be an angle that would play out, but this is just a showcase of an overact since they had good homegrown, st- you know, start in the company, I guess. But I was hoping for an angle or something. I felt this match in general um, could have been better. Like, I know they're, like, capable of better, but it didn't get to the next two gears, I don't think. But, I mean, it was fine for champions to get some decent showcase to get an established win, but I hope they get a compelling feud soon, you know what I mean? There's a Brian Zack Sabre promo vignette and Brian saying he thought they were going to find out who the best technical wrestler was and how he wanted to wrestle like that. He knocked him out. Sabre says it was a, he was a scoundrel move. Brian says he doesn't have the, um, that Sabre doesn't have the heart and soul he has to compete. So they're going to keep this shit going. I don't know when it will happen, but the next time they do, I guess give us more promos before this. Like, you know, like the next match should definitely get like an Osprey Jericho level promo segment. I was, I was, you know, actually pissed they didn't do one on collision at last minute to hook you in, to get you really, really excited for it. All it was is just a shoving contest. You know, I don't know. They showed Hangman's promo after the match about, you know, he needs to go back to the drawing board, how Swerve cheated, and, and that's how, and, and if, if, and how that is where, um, that's what puts Swerve in his position. Like, he's saying that he doesn't put him in his position just because, because you beat me. Like, that doesn't automatically make you, you know, the cheating doesn't help you put me, put you in, in my position, essentially. Um, you know. And then Swerve versus Brian for the number one contendership for the team title was named. Now, I don't think Swerve should lose. But if he does, then will be will it be Brian versus Christian, which would be dope, and maybe they do Christian versus Edge, and it will be for the title, and he costs Christian the match or some shit, or since they do WWE level shit with him and doing booking where the title changes can happen with interference, will probably be incorporated. But I do want Edge and Christian for the TNT title, so you can add a classic feud to the title because there have been good reigns in the title. But I don't think there have been a lot of too many great feuds behind it. Like, the Sammy and Scorpio shit should have been decent, but they made it so fucking scattered. Miro didn't really have any real feuds, but his character's mission was so over, it made every title title defense feel dope. I think, like, they could have revisited Miro and Kingston a little bit to, to, you know, basically make it a little bit longer post, you know. So, like, I guess that that was, like, a mini-feud. Darby's first title reign was just defenses and no concrete feuds, but his second reign and mini feud with Joe was really fucking compelling, even if it was just short, whatever. Warlord and Joe was not like the best feud, but it wasn't as bad as everyone think it was. The Hobbs one was not that great. I think the most notable feuds for this title is probably Darby, Joe, Christian Lucha versus Darby, and uh, Cody versus Brody Lee. And I guess I could add Miro to the versus Kingston too there because... 
they had a good promo build for that, at least maybe more invested. So I want Edge and Christian to have a TD title feud, and I, I don't know if Swerve or Brian are going to go for it. Should they be? Should both of them be losing right now? So it'll be interesting who, who they go with. I mean, they could build a number. They could build to like a feud with Brian and Swerve, and then build to like a number one contender match that takes place at the pay- next pay per view. Maybe you know, I don't know. Bullet Club come out minus Switchblade. Juice and Colton mock the Cole and MJF intro. Austin says they didn't come here to address some brittle injury prone one. They're here to address the one who calls himself the devil. They go over the best thing he could have came up with is tofu, and then they, you know, it, again, I'm not doing it justice. You know what I mean? But like, you know, like 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 their vibe was really cool. Still, you know what I mean? Colton claimed MJF is scared, and that's why he jumped Jay because he um you know he's about uh but suffocate when you breathe with a switchblade. Juice screams Friedman and says uh he has some explaining to do and tells him to bring out his Halloween costume gimp suits. Oh, and if he if 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 he was a man, he would face them, but he's not. So and before MJF interrupts, MJF does his intro, but the devil arriving says they got a trio making some accusation that lead to chant uh, lead the chance to uh, chant ass boys. And then they got uh, and they got Juice Robinson, a talentless taint, and Ju- Juice screams he has rock heart taint. He then pretends to uh, be Mystic Mac and make the crowd chant ass boys and tit t- um um. Tasted, you know, a tainted taint, basically, and he goes, I, um, he goes over how, uh, how, how it's nuts that he can do magic. Um, he's done horrible things in his life, and since since like the four year anniversary, he wanted to list off, um, some some of them. He claims he's a narcissist, so he needs he needs them to chant louder, uh, if they want to hear them, whatever. He goes over shit he's done, they threw Jerko to a cage to a near death, uh, lashed Cody Rhodes with a belt ten times. Uh, he gave several children dodgeball injuries, and then he got he almost got them kicked off the air for calling his boss a fucking mark. He said effing mark here. He's honest about everything about his past. He's not a scumbag. He's their scumbag. He denies attacking their boy Tofu, but if they don't want to talk about it, he likes how people around here handle their business, and he offers to have a Stockton street fight. He gets ready for it, and the Bullet Club leave, and the Switchblade shows up and gives MJF the Blade Runner. Um, good mind games against MJF. The Switchblade leaves the t- with the title. He tells the crowd he he this is on the ramp, right? He wants um he 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 um tells the crowd that they want that the, the the scumbag might want to hear them. He tells MJF doesn't know what kind of caliber of athlete he's used to dealing with, but he's cut from a uh, um he's cut above the cheap tricks and his games don't work. He got the best of him last week, and he was taking it um and he was taking it personally. Um, but he's claimed no one believes a single word coming out of his scummy little mouth, and him denying um, denying doing it might might as well be a confession because they're not buying what he's selling. They use their real brains, and they know the real MJF. He's a pathetic, dirty liar. They know he's a slimy, disgusting coward. They need an, an elite champion, someone who lives up to the name, and MJF is not him. He's a fair man. Then if MJF's a fair man, prove him wrong, and he makes a challenge to full gear. He tells MJF to prove he's truly an elite champion, and he will fail, um, but what he wants well, will be what he takes and lead by example to proclaim he's stealing the title. MJF calls him tofu and counters the, um, their two words of guns up and says it's on. 
Leonard Renee checks on MJF, and he said he would be easier easier pill to swallow if Cole were here. And Casher comes up from behind him to massage him, and MJF is like weirded out by him, and saying he's been leaving weird letters in his in his in his, in his bag, tweeting at him some weird shit, and he claims he to, he wants to get a restraining order. And he so then the MJF and Casher laugh, and Cole so then he calls Cole because he can't do without him. He gets a voicemail. He's really pissed off about this. First, let me just say the the. Like, to get this shit with Caster and MJF, I know, like, it could lead to them having MJF's back or some shit, but making Caster, who's a babyface, like a predator and a weirdo, is not really, like, that smart of an idea. Like, if you want to book someone to do those tropes, can you at least book someone who's a fucking heel? It's like, you're, it's like you're normalizing more predatory, predatory behavior when we, 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 when we only become more socially aware of it, when we're retrospective about it. Like, people will look at Bischoff forcing his way onto Linda. And at least Bischoff was a heel doing it. If you're going to have someone, you know, do that. I prefer not you know, to have sexual assault on your program. But, um, I don't know. But we, we, we look at it and we shake our heads. And then the current shit, like, they're doing it whether it's forcing a kiss on multiple times or MGF grabbing another guy's dick and now Caster, like, leaving weird comments and massaging him. You know, I don't know. It's just like unwanted massages. You know what I mean? Like it just comes off creepy, and now and and now we see and and now we're seeing it as funny essentially. Like you see how they're normalizing, you know, uh, those tropes like we were back in like the early two thousands. But when I can only complain on it here because you know others will you know, I think others will shake their head about me about about. Cause I feel like we're in an era where socially con- being socially conscious in a genuine way is very passe, and we're normalizing more of those regressive attitudes. Because people don't want to, you know, live through... People who didn't live through the first era, you know, want are so desperate to live through that fucking era. This is insane. Anyways, you know, um... Anyway, about the attack, though. MJF didn't attack Switchblade. He could legit not see this coming, which makes me think whoever attacked Switchblade didn't want to do a bad enough job to keep him out for a long period of time. Because whoever framed MJF did, did so, uh, you know, um... Did did enough did enough so Switchblade can return and orchestrate an attack. If MJF still trying to fool people, he'd be willing to take the beating so he could garner sympathy. But since he's been a scumbag, people don't have to believe him, right? This week, Switchblade vitriol on the mic, um, and and the way he led by example by declaring stealing the title was a really well done. And normally, I don't like stealing the title at an angle because it becomes too goofy to get the title back and all that. But they came, but, but this came off like a gang member, like, you know, going at their ops to, like, you know, going at their ops to get a fucking chain, essentially. You know what I mean? Like, as, as payback. You know what I mean? Like, the, the title also means a lot to MJF, so it means something for a title to be taken from him. But Switchblade did a good job setting up the match. People online, I mean, people online are mad that this is on a pay-per-view. But, like, yeah, if they're doing a monthly pay-per-view, can we at least build to a fucking pay-per-view for, for, for a title match? Like, is that, like, passe now? Like, do people really want him defending the ROA titles again on a pay-per-view? Like, I don't, I don't know. It isn't like it's, a, it's a three months away or some shit. Like, so not only do people want monthly pay-per-views, but you want world title matches to give, be given away every single fucking week. I think it will be a good building. Yes, I like that there is an actual feud for Switchblade because he's another one who's had scattered feuds where you thought he was facing Punk, then they're facing FTR, and then they and then they randomly put him against the Elite when they could have been built built to that a lot better. So now we have you know a nice six week build for our world title match.
I think people assume Switchblade would be out for a while too, but I don't think the beating was severe enough for him to really need to be out that long. I thought it made Bullet Club look smart and effective by fooling MJF. MJF legit didn't expect this. And even though MJF tried to insult him, I still felt Juice still came off like a star with how he just screams like, you know, his like lines and how he kind of handles the insults. I think that people shouldn't trust MJF's word, but both these groups could be played. And if it's really like, and, is, and is this really cold others plotting something? Or I think on some level, maybe Punk could be behind it. He said a month ago he would see you would see in two months, and everyone thinks he's going to WWE really heavy now, and they're going with that heavy, right? His trolls are hamming it up even more, which is more annoying because a lot of them are just uncharismatic. But he could be referring to full gear with him returning under the mask and maybe be the reveal. Um, you know, he's also the leader of the Bullet Club, the one in New Japan, and maybe some of the guys in the current Bullet Club. And this is like also a way to kind of kick Switchblade out, maybe. It could still be Cole and company, you know what I mean? I still think if it, it could be MJF and it could be the pinnacle reunion, but if MJF legit is not behind them, then you know, and he's been an asshole to a lot of people, so people shouldn't trust a word he says, and that old way of living will cost him, essentially. But also, if Punk takes over the Bullet Club, he's also taking over an old stable that the elite were a part of. I enjoy this, and I'm glad Switchblade is coming off really important, you know, this is a really good segment. The ending also with MJF being pissed about Cole. Is MJF showing too much reliance on someone having to have his back after all the time he's been used to people not having his back and now he's being sucked into the friendship shit where he wants them to have his back even though he knows Cole's injured. Although Cole is on location doing sports entertainment segments so maybe uh, he could be uh, he could be well enough to be there for MJF and also be, be there to answer MJF's calls. You know, if MJF is fucking, you know, still trying to fool people, then, like, he's basically kind of, like, getting mad at Cole for... Because if MJF is fooling people, then MJF is doing what Roddy's doing. Like, like, pretending that he's being a victim and he needs Cole more now than ever. Orange Cassidy and Hook were interviewing this, and he said that he would be a great champion if they won. Hook says he's still a great champion because he's like, because he, he has championship he, he has like a he has championship material or something. And then, uh, you know, I guess if he won, uh, Hook says he's a sugar champion because he has championship material. Like he's mad, and he, yeah, he's mad that you know Hook is not that that Orange Cassidy is not champion. Hook says he can be a great champion again, and he said that it should be him versus Phoenix instead of Mox. And Orange Cassidy comes off a little bit healish by saying, yeah, he was champion for 11 months. Mox was champion for three weeks. Like I said earlier, he eats chips. I still think him and Mox will have a rematch for the title. I, I think that his character is now kind of caring a little bit, but he is doing it in like the most casual kind of way, and I'm wondering if this character kind of just snapped. I don't know. They had a promo at the beginning of Dynamite backstage with Jericho and Omega, and Jericho goes over the first Dynamite main event with him and Omega. And after 33 years in the business, he's going to be him and Omega teaming to take up Don Callis' family, and Eddie Ed shows up, says there should be a bunch of molson and maple syrups with the, all the Canadians on screen right now. He plans on being here for the 8th and 12th year anniversary. He shakes Jericho's hand, 
I put a head over here. Omega says, nice to meet him. And at the end of the pay-per-view, he really had him at the edge of his seat. Omega offers his hand, tells him if he needs anything, let him know. Draco gives Renee shit for not being happy to, um, for not being, uh, for being, like, for being happy for, to see, he's happier to see Edge more than, uh, him, basically. I was gonna put this segment before their match, but I didn't know what would come, who would come out first, Edge's promo or the Jericho, uh, Omega match. Or I could just leave it where, leave it where it was and keep it contained until I got to the retrospective segments. But this felt like Edge's present having more WWE style when someone makes their debut. It was, I mean, it was cool seeing, like, you know, the two, like, three dope Canadian wrestlers on the screen. But, I, like I said, it didn't, uh, you know, need to happen because I figured they showed this because they wanted you to think that maybe Edge might come out to save them later. But he didn't. And does that mean Edge isn't the nice guy that he makes himself out to be? Or did he genuinely not make it there on time or some shit? And then later we saw Takashita with Callis being interviewed. And this was like after the Wardlow match. But he said this interview was uh, from earlier today, which then shouldn't the content of the earlier today promo have been discussed with Omega and Jericho? Because they're selling it like they're going to face Sammy Guevara still. Callis says the foundation of AEW was shaken to the core by Sammy pinning Jericho. Conveniently, the quack medical team, uh, they deem Sammy unable to perform. And he goes over how one would think that would get, be, give him a problem. There's no shortage of young, able bodies to basically be, be in the good graces. He gives a grandiose intro to Fletcher. He tells Jericho and Omega to not get excited for their battle. No one remembers the war, in a war who wins the battles. They remember who wins the war, and he's going to win this one. Would this apply to the baby faces if they had won the pay-per-view? Or is this supposed to be the ironic because Cal so far has been winning the battles, but he might not win the fucking war. I don't know. Aussie Open would be a good addition to the family. Or so I thought, but it's ever since since he Fletcher took the pin uh, in the match, it seemed like he was uh, you know out of it. But if Osprey is still kind of associated with it, wouldn't he want his stable mates to be in this group as well? But, I mean, whatever. I mean... They they would get a new member, and this one felt like it was hype, and it might actually sustain, maybe. You know. So Takashita mocks Jericho's flex when he got the advantage at first before the babyfaces got him in the corner. They eventually do the double suplex. The heels got the advantage during the picture-in-picture. Omega picture. got the hot tag when they came back. A bunch of Polish hammers. He does a You Can't Escape a Fletcher. Uh, had it scouted. So Omega goes to Takashita while giving it a, ba- a backstabber to Fletcher, who was caught in the ropes. Takashita gets out of a snapdragon, and Fletcher gets a half-and-half. Half. The heels both did running boots to each other, and they uh, switch, and they did a Michinoku driver, a blue thunder bomb, and tandem. Uh, Omega prevents a tombstone pile driver and eventually gets a snapdragon. Jericho works over Fletcher, does a 10 punches before doing a runner from the top. Jericho celebrates a Takasha line, takes him out. Omega has a leaping knee. Fletcher got two thrust kicks and a sheer, dra- sheer drop brain buster. Cal's on commentary, the crowd chants for the company. Fletcher and Jericho were going at it before the picture in picture. I think Takasha broke up the walls of Jericho and he and Omega went at it. And again, they came back for the Omega gang, another hot tag eventually. This was too formulaic for me with the, the, like the, the commercials and all that. Him, again, it doesn't feel like it was a hot tag, really. Him and Fletcher go back and forth. It felt forever. Omega gets a power bomb and then a knee. I didn't know if it was a V-trigger. Takasha tried it for a German suplex, but Omega gets a knee to spin uh, for the, f- f- to, to the, you know, uh, to the, I, I don't know where he got it to. Um, 
you are gonna need the Snapdragon before Mega can do the run the ropes for a V trigger. Fletcher cuts him off. Jericho gets a code breaker, and then Omega get Omega with the one wing angel for the win. Hobbs then attacks Jericho and Omega after the match, and Kallus is embracing this. He gives Jericho the spine buster. He literally throws Omega over the guardrail. He ripped off the steel from the guardrail on like this, like, like one of the band, like, like one of the fucking like you know the the long like the vertical part I guess. He used the open space to basically choke Omega with the guardrail. Uh, they made it no. They made it known Bucks were not in the building, and Hangman was also not there. They trapped um, Omega with the duct tape against the ropes, but the Omega broke the tape, so it made it look. It kind of made it look kind of goofy. Kallus was doing the shitty job trying to duct tape it back. Basically, Omega nails Jericho with the edge of the chair. Kallus hits Omega in the head with the chair. No cover up or anything like that. So I knew that. I so I knew by the time I read this, we'll probably have discourse about the unprotected chair shots. Um, but we ended up not having that. So the crowd said, "Fuck you, Don." And you know, I I figured there would be discourse, but there wasn't much, you know, discourse about it. But this just screams like they're going to do more of this kind of shit until something horrible takes place. Sammy, by the way, was legit concu- had a legit concussion, so he couldn't be in the match. And clearly, they don't want Omega in the next match, so he'll be scheduled with that chair shot. The match was pretty good, though. I thought Fletcher did a, um, did shine this match, mixing it up with Jericho and Omega. I thought the person who was interfering was going to be uh, Garcia next since, you know, the stable has kind of gained credibility. So maybe if Garcia latched onto this, maybe he could be- beat him back. But Hobbs uh, is, a, is a good choice. I hope they actually do something with him, and this time it feels more threatening and menacing. He felt, like, dangerous here, so hopefully he does well with the stable. He's another discourse character where it's always about the discourse about them being book, booking, not booking him properly, and then fucking up his push midway. He should have never been with QTV to begin with. I'm going to need Callus to cut another promo on, on one of the shows to explain why Hobbs wants to join or something like that, because this could be, be him auditioning for the group, since they have set the standard of having someone like Fletcher kind of joining, and Callus being done with him already. But, uh, you know, a, a, a bit of uh, seriousness went, went away, you know, when they couldn't conduct tape him properly and broke out of it. it, like whether intentional or not, whether whenever a big time angle is being played out, there always has to be some goofiness involved with the the, the omega portions. The match was decent. The stable is like you know sh- shaping up to be decent. The angle is pretty good for the most part. It's like you know I'm afraid to admit Jericho pro, pro programs are working because it's like it all crumbles down. Like it's like when Al Bundy was getting good luck. And if he admitted that the good luck was like you know that he has good luck, then it would all go downhill, and it did. And I feel the same way with admitting that maybe a Jericho feud is working, but since he's a discourse wrestler, I'm wondering when they'll fuck it up. But this is still a decent follow up, I guess. I'm still not admitting this is a good Jericho feud to not jinx it. So, so the one thing I do is gonna go down to shit. The Joe video package was like was him smoking a cigar. He says that there's many aspects of being a champion, but nothing you can never truly replicate is a hunger. And he's been champion many times over, and those reigns he knows what it's like to be hungry, and uh, and when to be satisfied. The, the man we're looking uh, is very the man we're looking at right now is very satisfied. Who has all the comforts in the world because he's been a champion everywhere he's been. And this is where lies the problem for him. To be a champion, he has to be focused. To truly be a champion in this day and age, he needs the hunger. He's focused. He's ready. He should be world champion. Granted how he felt about the outcome of the last match with MGF, he tells MG, he says MGF earned his respect, and soon enough he'll realize when he's hungry, he will always manages to eat. Very Tony Soprano-like, not the promo itself, but just like the vibe of it. 
He felt like a mob boss, and there's a chance with him mentioning MJF, maybe he could be behind the attack on some level. I don't know. But this felt more like he is like way to strike on MJF more than anything. But I've enjoyed uh, Joe's promos in this company. And this guy is so fucking good as a character. And he brings out like the mafia aspect of the world in the sport where he talks about how much money and luxuries he has gotten basically by, you know, choking people and being a champion. He like he looks and lives apart, and I I just wish he had a sustained fucking push. You know what I mean? The guy has like a legend status that will always make him credible in matches, but sometimes I think like he loses on the main roster when he should be winning more. You know what I mean? That's why I didn't mind if MJF would lose the title to Joe because Joe is still able to have enjoyable matches, even if at times he has to limit himself because of his age and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But he still does a really dope job in matches like with good psychology. So I I really enjoyed this. They did a third installment of Tony and RJ City, and Tony throws shoes at him for wanting to talk about how long she's been doing this. And says so she wants to talk about, um, what she, what she, she, it's what she wants to talk about right now. Tony tells, uh, tells him he doesn't know anything about this life and how people in your life want to take from you. I promise you I didn't write this promo. She says her, um, your friends become, uh, pathetic husk and hopes not to be on uh, the same and how RJ, uh, doesn't know what it's like to be in the spotlight and she wonders if she has it or she's lucky in every match to roll the dice and how it could all be taken away and she goes off about RJ not knowing, can't knowing and won't know and RJ tells her she's not even old and then Tony just screams she's time, uh, she's timeless. Or they put here, she's timeline. And then a dramatic music plays, and she keeps repeating, and she's she's, she's timeless. I thought this is uh, all we're getting, but it felt like a finale before we got to see her now in action. Now that they have the character all fleshed out, and this was amazing. Her presentation was awesome in this match. And when you have good character that's compelling, like you, a random match like will still have fucking value to it. She did have the same the same entrance, and people were really into into the act of her being this delusional starlet. And she offers a shake a hand of, of sky blue. And then short arm clotheslines her. The bell rings. Her lipsticks all smeared like kind of the Joker or Chelsea Green's hot mess character. She throws her around for a bit. Sky gets a comeback. She does a stiff shot. But Tony knocks her off the apron with a hip attack. And, and then Tony goes to the camera. She signals, now it's time to hear from the sponsors before the picture-in-picture. Uh, picture. This was fucking great. And she talks about gum. And before like, he went to the picture-in-picture, picture, she goes, she's going to give Sky a titty slap. I know, I know, I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear anything else in the picture in picture, but I wanted to see if Tony's character work, um, I, I wanted to see her work, uh, like the, the character work in some capacity. It was really fucking good. They come back and Sky gets a pinning combo. She lets off aggressive elbow strikes against the Tahiras and rising knee strikes, snap mare, rolling against Aguri. She is showing more character. I think because of the whole attack that Julia did to her with the mist. Sky gets a high roundhouse from the outside, then giving a crossbody. Tony does a Liger bomb, but with a tree slam um, um, set up. Tony gets a roll up, but then Tony was focusing on the referee. And then another thrust kick. Tony starts grabbing onto her, and that took her off her game. And Tony had got an overhand throw, and she does a uh, um, ready for my close up look kind of way. And then the camera zooms in, and then she does a hip attack for the win. The, 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 they're referring to her as a timeless Tony, Tony Storm now, you know what I mean? This is a match that show what, what this character is all about, and she is being um, 
patronizing and bowing and acting like someone who's uh, performed on Broadway. I think this is really awesome, and I love this character. I think she's going to be on Collision, so they're letting her at least get time now. But you could still get more women on the fucking show. You could be getting more women over, and they can still have value. But this is, like, really fucking good. It's like it was, it was nice to see a match with Tony with, 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 with Tony's finish and it not being about spray painting. You know what I mean? She was, like, really, 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 really fucking compelling in this. She's built up a rapport of being featured on television. Sky has. And so this was decent. You know what I mean? She's, she's like, over in general. But I liked how, the, um, you know, like, you, you're giving her the nickname Timeless. You know what I mean? It's, like, the beginning of, like, a really, really good fucking storyline arc. Where you're like, I remember Tony Storm in the Timeless era. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a good thing. Um, Collision is Billy, uh, Bill, Big, Big Bill and Stark versus FTR. Tony versus Kira. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what they're called, um, Kingston versus Commander, because, you know, the, the, of the ROH match. And I think Edge, well, you'll hear from Edge, I don't know. Dynamite next week will have Mock versus Phoenix, Swear versus Brian, Serena versus Sheeta, Hobbs versus Jericho, Switchblade versus Hangman, Adam Copeland versus Lucha. So, Edge promo. Tony, Tony welcomes him to the company, uh, Tony Schiavone. Edge says that Tony was the voice of his childhood and tells him to get out of here. It's a joke, but it goes to the huge Adam chant. Edge says that he's never... Heard um heard that one chanting before he goes over two um goes over two thousand eleven about not being able to do this again in two thousand twenty three he's standing here in the AEW ring there are quite a few reasons why he came here so that the AEW title would look good around his waist first time matches for Adam Copeland says that the first time ever he's referring himself to in a third person you know what I mean he doesn't really like the sound of that he goes over the first time matches like Omega Mox Miro Hobbs Switchblade Juice Robinson. He wants to challenge himself to for, for something new. 31 years into his career, he says the crowd is making this happen. This will be the last time he'll say this. The reason why he came to AEW as he sat down with his wife and you know the rest of his family. He goes over what he said to his kids and asked what his should dad do. Should he retire? And then his, one of his daughter lyrics said that he should go have fun with Uncle Jay. And he, and he said they referred to him as Christian. And he wants him out here so he can tell him the real reason why he's here. He comes out eventually. The crowd's hyped for this shit. And since 40 years, they were best friends before being in the industry. But the industry solidified why they'd be best friends forever. He addresses why he did the, the thing he did at Wrestle Dream. And it's quite simple. He sees him standing here with this, with a face perched up looking like a douche than, more than usual. And I'll assume he said that he said douche because they blanked it out. He says even though he knows uh, um, about him, he still loves him. And that will never go away. He said he saw him standing over Sting. And he repeats as he goes over Christian taking Sting's poster. And as a kid to the barber shop, so he got the same hairstyle. He goes over having the box uh, the box top and a rat tail. And him having the rat tail. Um, you know, and Edge was Luger. He sees him standing over uh, Sting, a man that he entertained for four decades and caused... Um, uh, people to feel best parents couldn't even speak English and they love Sting. I don't even know why that had to be the fucking like the could have said Beth's uh you know best parents loved them. You know what I mean? Like they couldn't even speak English. Um, he couldn't stand there and watch him hit him with the concerto. And he goes over Nick and Lucha will drop him like a bad habit as soon as they suck up all the information out of his brain. He's he's egotistical, but he won't see it. But he but it, he he's here at in its time the first time. Uh, Properly 20 years to team with each other once again to face guys like FTR, Young Bucks, to show a generation of fans why they're the best tag team of all time. He's here hat in hand, asking for doing and end their career as a, t- as a team. Uh, the crowd chants one more time, Christian wants a mic, 
Um, but and then the, the hog and Christian basically tells him to go fuck himself. I assumed here he, you know, before he knew the ring. They blanked this one out too, but, you know. Um, um, yeah, so they blanked out. Christian says before he goes, um, here's a, a reminder of what will be. Uh, and then Christian yeah, he goes, um, here's what a reminder of what, what, what he'll be up against next Tuesday. And Lucha comes out with Nick Wayne. And I think they got into a physical angle, like, you know, like uh, at least Lucha and Edge did after the, the fucking broadcast. I know we get a better explanation, but this was like the most Christian Cage thing ever, and it was really funny. I had, I had to go online to hear the uncensored version, but this was really great. And by the way, Edge doesn't sound like a guy really all that kind of a good guy if he's willing to still support his friend, making fun of dead people and dead people's dads and all that stuff, but the Sting thing is what drove it home, I guess. He still wants to tag with them. Maybe Edge can't judge because he's done scummy things, but I thought he would approach it like he could be doing better to mentor people, to save them from going down the dark side like they did. And he made it seem like they they would take the lesson and drop him like a bad habit. So his character hasn't gone over Judgment Day, betraying him. But even though Edge was a babyface, he kind of, like in a way, didn't come off as a babyface completely. And maybe Christian's reasoning is that Edge is trying to leach off him and he's jealous that he's a champion and Edge didn't win a championship since returning to action. I think we would get on, you know, I, th- I think we could get, like, Edge and Christian run down the uh, run run down the line, or, like, you know, run down their whole fucking careers and some shit, you know what I mean? But this is like, you know, like, I, I still think that we could still get Edge and Christian the tag team down the line, but, you know. This is like a way to basically say they never got a, pro- a proper chance to do an actual feud. And I think if they booked this, like, like Edge could have come out and go, this is our chance for 20 years um, to do a proper feud. You know what I mean? He had to make it seem like it was for a, pro- for a tag title run. But maybe he, by, you know, what was going to happen, he was basically saying they didn't get a chance to do a proper feud. And they'll probably get something special out of this because, to me, WWE fucked up majorly not having a proper feud with these guys three different times. The first time when they actually did the breakup and the, and the way they did it, they could have waited till after the invasion to do the breakup and set up a feud in 2002 where they, uh, you know, fought at Mania for the IC title in a ladder match. And then, okay, then, and then 2005, when Christian was red hot in 2005, they, if they let him stay, he could have been on Edge's level to feud with him down the line. And then when he came back in WWE, they waited for a year to put him on the to put him together on some level on screen, some capacity. They had a random match on Raw, which was good, but they both had to retire for a bit. So I figured maybe WWE would be doing it since you know Edge was on a roll with his promos and his character, and now it didn't go that like it didn't go down like that way in WWE. And now Christian's running AEW as a babyface and heel have been fucking great, and he's become a champion in this company, you know, whether it be Impact Champion, you know what I mean, and now this champion, he's led a tag team, you know, he's led a tag team to, uh, you know, uh, to championships, the heel character might be better than, you know, some, in AEW might be better than some of his TNA, but his TNA character was really solid, but this was on another level, and uh, he made a TNT title feel special again, so I wonder if Edge and him wrestle for it, or does he lose it to Swerve or Brian because those characters are not bad choices to have as a title holder for it. But I really want Christian and Edge to have a title on the line, and I want Christian to go off the the perception of their careers, etc., and address all that, you know what I mean? Because like, people always kind of considered Christian the Genetti of the group, essentially. Even though, like you know, they, they both had fucking great careers, you know what I mean? 
if they do become a tag team, who's to say Edge isn't the one who turns heel down the line? Because both of them being heel to the tag team would be fucking insane. Overall, I enjoyed the show. I like some of the angles. I don't think any like the two matches that struck out like you know other than the, other than the maybe uh you know the 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 opening match you know what I mean that one stood out a lot. The Omega and Jericho one was decent. I think the women matched it up more because of the character work. The company still has solid character work and promos going on. They didn't overdo the anniversary show, but I imagine for the five years, it'll probably be one where they go above and beyond. But I enjoyed this angle. This is really good. I hope this feud does work out. They should follow this up on Collision. It's going to be airing soon, right? Anyway, anyways, and this is one of the angles where they should carry this over because maybe he uses Collision to address this, but also sell you on Lucha versus Edge. You know, Fastlane will also be at the same time, so I'm sure, you know, again, another low rating. I'll go, I'll go to Rampage quickly. Um, this is I, I don't want to go everything super... You know, the, the remaining members of JS fought with the Hardys and Best Friends. It was a good match, but the main takeaway was Jeff Hardy and Garcia having a dance-off. The heels lost. I was going to write how Garcia's doing the dance was more over than actually being, you know... Um, like, like, you know... Uh, like, you know, like, I was going to write down, like, how Garcia was doing more as dance more, though, than being a dope wrestler. But the JS did get at him later in the show about it. It was a good eight-man tag. I didn't know what these guys are doing without Jericho. Like, like they need a stable name if they are still staying together. I guess they're going to be called the family. They actually got more time when I, than I thought they would. I mean, it was a good match, but I wish there was better creator for all these acts. After everyone uh, did the move to each other, Garcia accidentally knocked... Anna down and off the apron without the baby face to get the win. You know what I mean? Everyone was checking, the heel was checking on her. We saw you guys later, Garcia admits that he made a mistake, but he claimed he was handling um stuff in the ring by himself in the, in the ring. And uh, Matt makes it, uh, Matt Menard takes exception to that and how he was more concerned with dancing than getting the win. Parker's um, mad that they took this out, um they took the family oath to be able to prosper on their own and they're failing. And the guy took Anna to the hospital as a family. We said as a family, it felt like when Tony Soprano gave that speech as he had to assure these guys about, you know, that, you know, about the Tony B situation. We're going to handle this as a family, you know what I mean? Personal safety-wise, financially-wise. And then he leaves and Patsy goes, thanks. That was great, you know what I mean? That, 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 that whole thing. Kingsley was being interviewed, and basically he talks about number one contender match and how he's defend the title. And Sanjay and Senator coming in order minus Lethal, who's not showing up because of the disrespect that Kingston gave him. And Sanjay says Kingston disrespected the former tag team world champion, TV champion. He basically wants Lethal to get a shot, and Jarrett then mocks Kingston's partner and asks him if he'll do the right thing. And Kingston laughs at him because Jarrett's never done the right thing. He'll defend the title to Lethal when he can prove that he's serious and not being a clown with Sanjay and this corny son of a bitch. I don't know if he said Carney, son of a bitch, or Corny, but he was afraid of Jared. I think they'll probably go down and maybe a final battle match unless they give it away on, on like, you know, maybe a f- in the near future, I guess. I don't know. Stokely comes in and basically does a goofy shtick about uh, having a proposition, so I'm assuming he'll give Lethal a title shot, which could be good. I think he's also working an angle on ROH where he doesn't want Kingston as champion. Because on, on Dynamite, he said that we need a champion that smells like Tom Ford and less like Burger King and, uh, and, uh, um, uh, and Newport's. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, I wish again. I wish Oakley was like a like you know they had him as a, in a dope manager position to be on television as a threat. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. We see a, a Don a Donhausen Danhausen vignette with uh you know um 
with him on t- on TV screen saying Dan Housen is very nice and very evil in the tone of like London Bridge, like London Bridge in that in that way. You know what I mean? I don't know what's gonna happen with that. Yuri and Claudio beat two jobbers who won them with a, with a fastball special. I figured we were getting an angle or some shit, but it's just a showcase. Commander won the four way with Penta, Johnny TV, and Lindsay. It was a good match, but I would have rather someone else win. But this was basically for you know again title defense for a title match on Collision to take place. Kingston was on commentary. I wish Johnny TV had won actually. I do like seeing the Harley Cameron do her you know shtick. Commander had the title. Um, had a title where he won from another promotion with them in the AAA. Um, the crowd was into this match. They wouldn't. They would do sequences in each each other to show both for the audience. I was interested in seeing how Kingston does with Commander since you know Kingston's from Shikara as well, right? I figured Giant TV would be the one to, to be used as the winner because I think that, that they need to do more with him. Thing is, with the Lucha guys, they have good showcases, but there's never anything storyline wise with them. Even Penta is like one of the more prominent ones in the company, and they never really have the best creative for him. Just like they have good matches and all that kind of shit. I did think when Lindsay did a super run into, uh, onto Commander and the Commander in fluid motion to, to Giant TV. Commander's tightrope run was done well. He got a big pop. He did a tightrope run shooting star press. Ortiz cut a promo about Santana not showing up for their um, face-to-face promo and how he protested and went home. He calls him a sad little boy who would cry after a fight he caused and goes up about a tough guy persona in a, in a, uh, is a fraud and how um, it, um, it's a defense mechanism for the fragile little kid. He runs from the truth and then he goes over how there are people who look up to, him, look up to both of them as role models and Santana spit on them and he spit on Ortiz so he's going to expose them. Karma took out his one knee and he'll take out the other one. And then the main event was Marina and Nyla versus Sheeta and Statlander. The good match set up Sheeta for a title match with Soraya and Dynamite. I like seeing Nyla doing character work, but again, they should just make her a baby face. Even if they did, there would be you no know, limited time anyways. They kept Statlander strong as well. I imagine Tony will kind of go for that title and maybe they can get some good feud going with it. I think uh, with the whole Turner Classic segments they did, maybe Tony would be a dope TBS champion with the character, I guess. I don't know. Nyla was uh, doing her diving knee while Sheeta was draped over, but Statlander got Nyla on her shoulders, which let Sheeta do a doomsday device. Sheeta didn't pin her with a with a katana. She did the um, uh, the nightcap for the win. Soraya's move. So that was Rampage. Let me get to Raw, and uh, you know, you know, it's pretty long still. Um. I'm sure it goes as quickly as possible, but Naya was supposed to face Shane and the brawl breaks up before the match, and Raquel shows up to go after her, and then Rhea returns, which gets a dope pop, and then they all start fighting. We didn't see much of this afterwards, but I'm going to assume all four will try it for the title, or if there will be a triple threat, and Naya wins, and she officially faces Rhea at some point. Rhea felt over, so they had her get involved with this, but then after the break, she addresses the Judgment Day since she's been gone. See, this is where promos should stick out, because Balor was not there on Raw, but he did show up on NXT, but when a member hasn't been gone for a bit, and they come back, and then they need to address shit, this is when you do a promo because they get in the, in the habit of forcing long promos while it does a little excited while it gets a little excited to see Dom do his promos and get booed it just feels like it's obvious that he's being you know produced and sometimes they don't need to rely on him being out there Rhea's wondering why when she was out for two weeks things got so bad for Judgment Day it's because she, she makes the plans but with her out she left the responsibility to someone and that person disappointed her and that was Priest she goes, Priest can't handle the job. 
Rishi asked that after a brawl last week, Balor's injured, Priest isn't medically cleared, Dom loses the title, Jane Cody are the new are the news problems. They don't fear the Judgment Day. They're tr- they're gonna try and take the tag titles away, and Priest can't do anything about it. Priest tells Rhea she's not saying anything he doesn't already know. Um, Cody and Jay are becoming the claim for a title, but when the push comes to shove, he'll push harder. Screw Cody Rose, screw Jay Uso. As for the Judgment Day falling apart, screw that too. And Priest has his titles in contract. He ain't pointing fingers, but where's Dom's title? You know, and then this gets like a, a huge ooh from the crowd, basically, a little bit. I don't know. And then uh, Rhea goes to Dom and tells him tomorrow night he has a rematch. But if he doesn't come home with her title, then don't come home at all. I like this portion. Part, part of me feels if Rhea loses her title to Nia, she's going to be the one who they decide to kick out, and maybe they'll have Nia actually replace her. But I liked how like, they tie like, you know, the, the setbacks to have consequences. And oftentimes, they will like have a heel stable, have setbacks, and they just come out like they don't care about those setbacks. Jey Uso interrupts. He gives respect to Rhea and says they missed her and tells her how much of the bigger balls than Roman Reigns and that you know, there's a new tribal chief in town. I know he's, he's getting in their heads, but Jay being a babyface and kind of giving respect to Rhea kind of shows that they want Rhea to be a babyface down the line. Priest doesn't have the time for this, and Dom stops him, stops him from uh, doing anything, and he goes to talk, and the booze are so much, he basically insinuated a fight is going to break out between Dom and Jay, but Rhea looked concerned, even though Priest was for it. JD attacks before um, he can get going. Cody makes a save. The groups outnumber him, and then Pierce made, made the t- and, and Jay came out too, basically. No, no, Jay was already there. Sorry, my, my bad. This is where, uh, um, you know, um, this is where Pierce comes out to make the match happen together for the um for the premium live event. This is a decent, uh, this is a decent opening segment now, and, and now the idea that Cody and Jay are going for a title that can't KO and Sammy might um might like that Sammy and KO like you know like are still in pursuit of might make them feel away since they have unfinished business with the Judgment Day. That's why Rio was telling Priest to listen to JD, who was saying that it could be a divide, divide and conquer thing. I know, I know the cameras are there, so maybe it could have caught them laying out a plan since stuff on camera is designed to be there. So why would you give away your plan? But Cody came up for a promo by the entrance and basically confirmed the match. There wasn't really anything else about it other than him saying that him and Jay are going to be on SmackDown. So already they're going to, already they're, they're going, but maybe they'll like make the bloodline shit a bit more interesting. I wasn't before SmackDown aired, basically. I thought I'd get it done by then. Jay also had a mini promo backstage, but just to confirm that he's going to be tagging with Cody, even though he was the enemy. Trick came to a preview of the match with Dom, and Rhea basically said that he'll be, he'll be, she'll be there, and Dom won't, won't be, he, Dom will be there, and he won't be alone. Basically said that, you know, she'll be there, and Dom won't, um, uh, like, you know, like, she, she's implying that there's going to be, he'll be outnumbered, essentially. And I figured Trick would win still, but man, they really have to make it seem like Ali was supposed to win the title, and Trick was not originally supposed to be in it, and now they're letting him lose it already. I'll get into that later, but I think it's supposed to facilitate what Trick, that Trick didn't want uh, any help, and they'll, you know, go to a mellow trip without a title, maybe. The next thing kind of revolved around Cody, so... Uh, it's a Drew shit. This is getting, like, fucking good with Drew. I love the elev- uh, el- uh, the the evolution of how this is transpiring. And I really wish wrestling in general, like, in the past 20 years, took heel and face turns 
um, the way, you know, th- that they're doing, like, the residual consequences that come from it. I wish they had done that a lot more often than rather than making random guys become heel and face. This just feels like a big fucking deal. So Pierce has withdrew, and he basically said that he's not doing the Miz TV, and then he'll do it on his own, talking about his own issues. Pierce asked if Drew's been good lately because he seems off the edge, and Drew said he doesn't recall anyone doing the right thing when he was getting beaten down by the bloodline. And Drew has been snapping on, uh, and Drew has been snapping on Cody, but he could go off on Sami Zayn because he was part of those beatdowns as well and helping the bloodline. So maybe Sami will eventually have, um, you know, uh, um, you know, a, a segment with them. Drew copies Cody. Cody's what? What does everyone want to talk about? I thought that was pretty hilarious. Drew says he only answers to the fans. He owes nobody else an explanation. He'll no longer be the savior fighter of fights that aren't his. He's done with it. He noticed. Uh, he noticed them him not saving the day when he um when 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 uh one second um sorry. He's noticed him not saving the day, has uh, seen no one stepping up. The only person is Cody. He understands it all, all has to do with ego, where Drew feels like he's in the Cody worst constantly. Here's the deal. Forgiveness for Jay is a weakness, not a strength. And then the Miz interrupts. Miz was goofy in the segment, but it kind of worked. But I wish he would have kept a, a more serious tone a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Even if you want to keep it serious, which is why Drew did a good job. Miz kind of uh, is right, but he's also a heel. But Drew's turning heel, but he's still kind of the baby face a little bit. Anyways, uh, you know, Miz, back to the Miz. He says that he must be really, Miz must have said that he's a, Miz says that he must be really strong because he doesn't forgive Drew for last week for canceling this week, for, 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 and for, and for canceling this week. He gave Drew an open platform last week and Drew just sat there. He told Drew's story and Drew interrupts and tells him to shut up. It become a common theme. He tells Miz to bugger off. He says the crowd, um, he says for the crowd to stand up for themselves because no one else will. Miz said he stood up for Drew and Drew tells him to shut up again. Drew says Miz wants him to be the bad guy, right? Beat up Seth, take the title off him, maybe screw Dre Uso. That's not how you operate. He racks up wins and earns title shots. Since Miz in the ring, Drew feels like getting another W. So let's fight. Miz says they're not dressed for a match. Miz is in a suit. Drew's in a skirt. And Drew's just pandering. Miz says he's, like, he's, like, he's in the Batman WWE. He's a two-face. He plays both sides. Drew warns him and tells him to shut up again. Miz says he does not shut up. He grows up. And when he looks at Drew, he throws up. In the most cartoonish way possible. Like, you're getting a good report going and you just did the stupid thing. Um, like, you know, like when they're having a compelling thing going on, they always have to fucking throw in a WWE-ism. I think at one point, again, I, I already said that he called it a skirt. Miz says um, a bigger man would walk away and, and, and from a fight and he'll be the hero and do it. And then he, he ran back and attacks them. They brawl, Miz has to wrestle in a suit and Drew's going to use a sword and the ref took it away. So Drew opts to like, you know, uh, he pops a turnbuckle pad and rams him against an exposed steel, and he wins the match. And this is the best part. He says he doesn't. He he doesn't. He gets back on the microphone. He says he's done some serious thinking. He's not the same guy he was thirty seconds ago. He apologizes and says now he has to be forgiven. So I'm really digging these promos. And when him and Cody actually confront each other, it'll actually be a good promo between them. It's like they're hyping up this confrontation. Miz played a good fodder to stir the pot, but he didn't need to be put over-the-top comedic. But this is a good evolution of what Drew's gradual heel turn. But I wish um, they put this match, um, this much effort into Drew's initial babyface turn because I still forget how he turned babyface, even though he was over. But I felt for a guy going into Mania that year, you could have, like, you 
wouldn't want to make a memorable of how he turned into a babyface. And I expected them to just do the heel turn while like a while ago, just to change it up. But they're actually like building a storyline around the fucking heel turn, which is very old school, you know. Anyways, Bronson beat Cedric, nothing match. Thing is, you don't know where any of these shit's going with them. He builds wins, and he never really gets a sustained push for title for title matches. Imperium actually won against Alpha Academy, and Ludwig was uh, the one that pinned Otis, so it kept Gunther happy. I'll, I'll, I'll keep predicting that eventually Maxian leaves them for Imperium, or at least for Ludwig. Gable tells Otis not to be sad about, um, um, about the loss, and they'll get it right. He puts everyone on notice and calls everyone savages and idiots. He did, he did it in the Dennis Reynolds fucking tone. So Gunther came out with a nice suit later on. You know, again, I'm doing all the Imperium business. Um, he was going to do the contract signing, but the match ended up happening the same night. They couldn't just wait for the pay-per-view, especially for the angle that they, they shot after the match. The pay-per-view pop would have been better, but this was a good contract signing. Chopper says he's setting out to do uh, what Gunther is... Be, um, he's saying it to do what, what's beyond Gunther's imagination. When this match happens, things will be different. Ever since Gunther has come to WWE, he's been served five-course meals. That doesn't happen for guys like Chopper. They're served roadkill and told to make it into filet. So he's obviously listening to like MJF's promo. Uh, when he does, uh, uh, when he does enough times, he gets a chance. Champa tells Gunther to look at him next week on Raw when he comes down the ramp to fight for the Intercontinental Championship, the title he's won since he was at five. He'll be doing it. He'll be doing the family at ringside. He will be fighting for his family though. He'll be doing it for the little boy that he wanted that won the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther goes over how the contract signing being one of the most important moments of a match, and he came out looking like a slob. He tells him everything he needs to know. Champa talks about fighting for himself and his family it's noble Gunther fights for what's near and dear to him the Intercontinental Championship he's the greatest and longest reigning Intercontinental Championship of all time and Ciampa says Gunther um, Gunther seems confident for someone about to lose the entire world Ciampa tells him to sign the contract Gunther warns him not to interrupt him Ciampa can keep dreaming because this is the closest he'll ever get to the championship and Ciampa says he still hasn't signed the contract the people of San Jose want to see history why wait till fast lane or raw Ciampa will make him tap out tonight based Basically, Gunther says Ciampa should have to prove himself, then signs a contract. Pierce makes the match uh, for tonight, basically. Gunther slaps him. It turns into a brawl. Ciampa threw him uh, one of those, those, like, those like, sitting chairs against him, and he applies a Sicilian stretch. This would have been good just to do the pay-per-view, but I guess after the match, the angle played out was supposed to be Ciampa going back to the tag title division, I guess. Because Ciampa and Gunther had a really good dope match. It wasn't better than their NXT one, but this was still pretty fucking good. So Imperium attacked him afterwards, and Gunther won with a choke. It's fairly clean, but Imperium beat him up down, and all of a sudden Gargano's horrible theme plays. He makes a save, and they do their usual thrust kick knee strike combo together. So they finally, so, so we finally get it, and hopefully this ends up being a dope reunion for them. I don't know what they're gonna do with the the, the whole like you know the the uh, the, the the way the, the 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 group they had. Because we haven't seen Candice or Indy in a while. And Indy seems to go back to NXT. So I'm sure we'll just get Ciampa and Gargano. So at least we'll ha- fresh up the tag division. Tegan and Chelsea got um got into it with... Uh, because Tegan was disappointed... Uh, disappointed... Uh, due, to the big, due, due to the big hole in Becky's arm. And the damage of the match... For the title was postponed, so Chelsea came in and said that's audacity. She just she uh um she should be happy it's postponed. She should wish for cancellation so she doesn't lose. And Tegan is good, but someone that's not championship material. 
So set up a match later and so later on. So Tegan sees Becky, and Becky basically tells her to get ready for a fight of her life. And then you know what I mean. You meet your respect. Then Natty shows up and wants to talk to Tegan and how they got off on the wrong foot and basically making peace, uh, offering and hoping she wins the title when she gets. She was there to support Tegan during the match against Chelsea, which she won. This is at least getting her some character time. But if this was just for a feud with Natty, then I don't know. They always give Natty a storyline here, but then nothing much fucking happens from it. But this is a good um vet work, uh, vet work, to, you know, veteran work to do with you know, I guess. Uh, Woods beat Ivar, and Ivar still got the advantage on him. And Kofi was in commentary, and he did a uh, you know, he did a fucking moonsault onto him, uh, onto Kofi and Xavier at the same time. So this is kind of continuing. At least Ivar is looking like a monster in the process, and people do pop for the moonsault. The Seth Nakamura segment was decent, and people had an issue with the screen Nakamura counting for Seth to be down while the real Nakamura was beating him up. But this is just proof that in kayfabe, there's reality show producers who are orchestrating these things like Nakamura got with producers to go over what he would do to Seth. But otherwise, they could have just had Nakamura doing it, like in the ring. I don't want to call him um, Nakamura anymore. I want to call him Shin because that's what Seth has called him. I think over, you know what I mean? Like now this is like his Shin era, basically. Seth has convinced me, Seth, Seth has been convinced me, essentially, um, you know, it starts out with Cole interviewing Seth, Michael Cole, right, he gets it right, right to it, he's known Seth for a long time, he came up with quite a few of his nicknames, the architect, the visionary, the puppeteer, but now he calls Seth the puppet, Seth is offended, that after, um, you know, after all that, right, Seth says, what show has Cole been watching, he's been asking Shin for a rematch for weeks, and he finally got it, Cole wonders what Seth is doing, Seth has accomplished everything. He gets it. Seth has never been in a last-man-standing match. This is one of the most brutal matches in history. Seth can be days away from his career ending. Why? Why put himself through this? Seth doesn't know how to put it in words, but he asks Cole a question. How many years he's been here? And Cole says 26. How many shows has he missed? Cole says two. Cole gets it. Seth says, right, it's a compulsion. Cole needs it and loves it. That's why it's like for Seth to be in the ring in front of these people. He's got an honor, a duty. This ring has given him everything. A roof over his head, food on his table. How he met his wife. Why he has a child. When you're a champion, you have to have responsibility. If uh, this weekend is his last ride, it doesn't matter that match. What matters is that he left it all in the ring. He'll be an example for his daughter. This is the best reason he got. Not words, just a feeling. It feels right. I feel for like I feel like a, for a babyface to prove they're fighting champions, they have to justify being around the crowd all the time and constantly being in matches. But like I'm waiting, but, but I'm waiting for a smart babyface to point out how the sports entertainment system makes it seem like they have to do this as much as they do it because they create a perception of being away as being a ba- bad bad guy thing. While it helps the actual bad guy, like Roman Reigns, get their game plan together and maximize their value. While the champion who needs to be seen all the time will eventually lose flavor and people will get bored of them. You know, Shin shows up on screen to tell Seth that no one believes him anymore. Did he plan Did he plan this or did Seth? Is his back injury a lie or sympathy? Do you want the world to feel sorry for, for you, basically? And Nakamura can make that happen. He attacks Seth again behind while the video is playing. He kneels the finisher and the screen Shin starts counting until 7. Then he stops when Seth gets up. He beats him with a chair and the screen Shin starts counting again and stops when Seth gets back up again. He drops Seth on his back with a chair and then uh, another finisher. And this time the real Shin counts to 10, basically. I'm looking forward to this match. I really hope Shin wins the match. And I know he won't, but you can give away, you know, you can give the title to Shin a couple of times. 
You know what I mean? Like, you, like, like, I'm, like you can give him an Iron Sheik level run. Like, at least let him have the fucking title on the main roster at least once. Alright, that was raw. Let me get to... Uh, no, hold on a second. Um... I'll go this quick. And if you started with Becky, this is setting for next week as a whole while hyping the current talent. I really know what Cena will really be doing at NXT other than just appearing. But we're getting a Cody appearance, which they announced. And, uh, you know, um, they said that um, he'd never been on NXT before, but, I mean, he's been on NXT to permit the first ever Dusty Classics winner with their trophies. But I know what they mean, I guess. But I think NXT is definitely winning the ratings war in this regard. Unless AEW thinks they should just get Mercedes. I think AEW should just do a show they're going to do and build up for a pay-per-view. If, if your show's good, it'll speak for itself. The ratings are just gimmick anyways. And as Becky starts out and says a bunch of nicknames she, she's had and goes over being medically cleared, not being medically cleared, and being, and people being disappointed, but she thinks it evens out because neither is Tiffany, so you're basically depriving us from two talents. Um, okay, but she puts over beating the hell out of it, being, being the hell out of her, and wouldn't have, won a, would have won it any other way because she wants to give her all to her opponents and, do the, and her opponents do the same. And then Tiff did that, and she said that she wants to represent for the title to the best of her ability and everyone she can, everywhere she can. She says she looked at the calendar and the next big ticket item in Halloween Havoc, night one. She said that she has a roadblock in Tegan Knox. Then Lyra comes out and goes over, you know, uh, the week that Becky debuted on NXT is when she started training to become a wrestler. She should have said a couple of months later of, like, you know, her, you know, in 2014. Because if you saw Becky come out into the ring doing the stereotypical Irish thing, and you said, wow, I want to be, I, 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 want, I want to do this. And, like, I mean, you might have issues. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing. She goes over seeing uh, Becky's face on an ad for Irish wrestling and how people used to roar over, over, like, you know, her appearances. She's always been able to push that a bit harder because Becky was NXT making the impossible seem doable. The first woman to meet him at WrestleMania and all these years later, her career finally comes full circle when she stood side by side with Becky in the main event of NXT. But as good as that felt, she'd be lying if she wasn't wondering how it would feel to stand face to face. She doesn't know if Becky thinks she's ready. Becky says she knows it and the fans know it. Then Indy interrupts. She says Becky is not the only woman who needs to come to NXT to point up to with a point to prove. And uh and uh and she gives Lyra uh, you know a credit for her speech. But nobody does she mention that she was shocked uh, that she shocked the world by becoming NXT champion only to relinquish it by being drafted and injured. She said she never lost it and if Be uh, Becky uh, wants to be go between Mondays and Tuesdays so can she. This, this is always her home. She grew up here and she got married here and now she's back for something she's never lost. Uh, Roxy comes out and says Becky is the man and deserves to be. She became everything Becky said that she couldn't. Um, she's not, they said that she couldn't, she's not going to rely on her accomplishments, she said Becky told her a few weeks ago to rest up, but she's not going to, she respects Becky, and she wants her woman's title back, and she's taking it back at Halloween Havoc, so Becky basically wants more fighting, less talking, and a triple threat is made for them to have the match, this is a good setup, you had like, you know, Lyra give her props and respect and bring in how the inspiration her, and now she wants a title shot, right, Indy came back, when she didn't lose the title, she had a valid point, I was impressed with Roxy feeling like she can go over like the respect, she and but she really wants the title. She came off like more out of all of them. She came off more heelish than the rest of them. If I had to say, anyone did, but it's just more motivated motivated attitude by Roxy, which is what I liked. 
Then Lyra won the match. She pinned Indy. Kiana interrupted and cost Roxy the match. And Becky booted her down after, you know, what I mean. But it still, like, you know, it cost her the match, though. She booted, um, you know, uh, Kiana down. Kiana later said if Roxy wants a match with her, she has to face someone. And she revealed she made a call to get Asuka over here. So that would be cool to now add Asuka to their fucking, you know, the people coming to NXT. I think her, her and Roxy will kill it, you know what I mean? Tegan came out after the match, by the way, to make it known that she's, like, who they're going to be facing if she's, like, you know what I mean? Just to represent that, like, you know, she could win the match. Like, we all know Becky's winning, but I like this kind of shit. So at least that you're not making her a complete pushover. So Liar versus Becky would be dope. They showed a preview of the breakout tournament. It was a nice setup. You know about these women more than you know about the, some of the AEW women. So the first match of the tournament was Kalani beating this woman named Izzy Dame. Izzy Dame looks like a Medusa a little bit, like a younger version of her. I think her and uh, Tatum Paxley are now kind of like, you know, becoming a tag team a little bit and on level up. It was a decent match. Izzy looked um, pissed when she was, uh, you know, she looked pissed about this, so she's clearly going more heel, I guess. Dunn and Bate beat Gallus minus Joe Coffey in the match, but it was a good then it was a good match. The heels attacked and Ridge Holland made the save, so I'm guessing he'll be in a match with them on NXT coming up as well. Gigi beat Blair in a decent match. This feels like it could continue since Blair was pissed but off, but Gigi has gotten a lot better, so like you know, like doing her own thing a little bit. Chase U wanted to talk to Thea, and basically Jason Jane suggested like, it would be okay for them to come down and watch her match. I thought it would be something that happened there, but what Thea loses, but actually she won against Lopez, you know what I mean? And Chase U was like kind of impressed, you know. I have no idea where the storyline is going, but I'm glad that Chase U is still together, you know. Remember when I thought this thing would, would be short-lived? We saw another Pillman vignette, the same shit, but it, the theme is he's watching other second-generation wrestlers on the screen. This feels like, you know, this feels, this feels hype. I'm wondering what angle will be done with him if he tries to go off the loose cannon vibe or will just do, like, the straight-up I'm-an-athlete kind of shit, you know. Ilya had a segment with Trick about winning the ch- championships. I feel like with Melo kind of being the one who's going more heelish, Ilya says, tonight we can welcome him as the Mad Dragon, the Czar, the czar as the, um, uh, uh, you know... Uh, you know, I I I can I can I I I never know I I misspell the word I, I I never know how to say it like unbazigar unbazibar I don't know like I don't know how, I I can never say it but I I I never spell it properly anyways but especially the new NXT champion says Melo pushed her to his limits again and again he stands in front of us barely able to stand and even in pain he stands as our champion because he's promising he fulfill his destiny and push the title to the next level beyond human or anything he'll push it to a push the title right into a symbol and protects um his promise with life basically and then long lives are trick interrupts and he was over as hell he congratulates Ilya for winning the title says it's much deserved but he's out here because someone else won a title and no mercy and it's a it's a new North American Championship. He tells Ilya, um, he tells Ilya thank you, um, noting that you know in Heat Wave, Ilya pushed him to the next level. And the new version of everyone love, um, and the new version everyone loves because of Ilya. Says he he's uh you know gold. He's only going up. Ilya says he's proud of Trick and no mercy. He looked like Trick. They sl- they basically you know shake hands, slap hands, whatever. Melo interrupts. Melo asks if he's slipping. Is he slipping? Is he slipping or is it Ilya? Because Ilya slipped when he stood in the ropes when he came out to the mat, which is a nice way to like kind of add to add to like you know the improvise that right. 
says he appreciates that kind, the kind words, and Ilya said that he was going to fulfill his destiny, and he did that. But why is Trick thanking Ilya? He's been telling Trick he can do that. He's proud of him. He says he came together in front of all these people, but winning the title is one thing and defending is another. Trick asks Melo if he means he's not ready for Dom. He says no. Ilya doesn't uh, care because this is a conversation between two champions. Melo can find him after and after and figure and figure it out. Trick says don't be like that. To you know, and Melo wants to rematch. Um, with Ilya, it was great, whatever, right? But he's ready. Mel- Melo says he knows Trick is ready, but he needs to focus on Dom. Dom then comes out and says Trick should listen to Melo because winning the title and keeping are two different things, especially when he is the one coming for you. And Trick says that he was at Raw when he had, when he had the question, does Dom always have to take orders from his mommy, basically? Uh, Dommy. Dom says he don't worry about uh, about Rhea. He's all man. Trick says he's always talking about what um, Rhea says, basically. Dom says he promised to bring the title back. And Melo says Dom doesn't uh, roll alone, and he'll be on Trick's corner. Dom says Trick's a champion, uh, uh, is a 6'4", 240 pounds, and he's still in Melo's shadow. Trick says he appreciates the offer, but he's going to decline because he won the title by himself, and he'll defend him by himself. So basically, the match is set up, and Melo gave a good advice, but it shows he hadn't, hadn't paid attention because Ilya did give him encouragement to push it to the next level. You know what I mean? To build as a build for the pay per view. So Melo clearly is the one going more heel. Also, Trick losing it thanks to you know, uh, thanks to you know Judgment Day games will make Melo kind of rub it in a little bit. But Braun was the one who told Melo he knew you know you know know how he feels. Because the fans chanted for Ilya right away, not Melo, like it happened to him. He tells him to um, take it on everyone, destroy them all, even Trick. And Melo's offended by that. And Braun asked where Trick was when he lost. This is good. So I set up a match next week where Melo mentioned that he got advice from someone else. And it was Cena. And that Cena's going to be in his corner. And Ilya, it seems to be sifting in a feud with Corbin. This would mean more if Corbin and Obrey didn't get a shot at the title. But he did beat Ilya. And he thinks uh, uh, the plate screwed onto the champion. Like, you know, he thinks... It, he 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 thinks that uh you know uh um he hopes that Ilya didn't screw those screws for the title in for the nameplate into tight essentially, um you know what I mean um because like he's gonna take the title because he's the only person to beat him besides Melo and history might repeat itself. Ilya disagrees and Baron tells him to take a photo and get as many pictures as you can while you while you still can because he's taking the title. I think that Corbin has been someone who has to brag about when he beats someone, like, you know, that's never been beaten because it doesn't give him credibility, but it's always a good recurring theme, and he does. But Dominic Trick was better than the pay-per-view match, and you clearly thought Rhea was going to be there. Um, you only thought Rhea was going to be there at Bella and pre-show up, and eventually, J- and eventually JD did as well. First, Rhea threw a title in for Dom to do a DET on. Then JD shows up, and he was thwarted, and then uh, the priest put the briefcase in the ring, and then Trick saw that, and then Balor hit Trick with the title, and then Dom won, won the title back. It was good. It, it was a good sequence of making the numbers game really count. But I don't like that Trick already lost so soon. But like I said, maybe they're going to make him versus Melo a non-title feud. It feels like they're giving Dom a title again because they need him to have a title. And you can't have Dom beat Gunther for the IC title. Although he could have won the US title from his dad, but whatever. So this will be interesting with how Melo will react to this and how Trick will react. The NXT, um, uh, the NXT finished with Heyman doing a promo from the parking lot. He says the next week on NXT, uh, Hay- uh, Carmelo is going to be facing Braun, which is the same Melo that's accepting advice from John Cena, the second greatest of all time. The same Cena keeps getting involved in bloodline business, so Roman Reigns has bestowed upon him the task 
in premier after providing Braun um Breaker some wisdom. Not on the TV screen, not on the phone, but a person in person in Braun's corner. So I'm wondering how they're gonna tease. Like, I wonder if they're teasing Cena versus Reigns for the for the next feud or some shit. Because why would Heyman get involved with Cena on NXT unless there's something that carries over this feud after the pay per view? I guess with Knight and Cena to the Bloodline. We know Braun isn't joining the Bloodline, but whatever. But and pe- people say that Cena isn't facing Reigns at, at, at Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I don't know, man. Let me go over SmackDown quickly. This is an okay show. Um, I liked it more than when you can see two stables kind of coming together a bit. They're clearly, uh, you know, setting up something for war games in the future. I can't keep with all these shows that are coming up. There's like, no, just a, way, way too much wrestling. Knight comes up for a promo talk before he can go. Heyman interrupts. Goes over, he, goes over how in his career he can spot the next big thing. All through his career, when he said Knight, he said Knight has it. The crowd did the yeah thing, and he hates that when you, when Heyman hates when you do that. And with all due respect and admiration that Knight ha- has earned, um, no, no, not all due respect, with all the respect and admiration that Knight has earned, that earns that, that you know, um, he owns his he earns his compliments, but and and, and his condolences. Having Heyman, having Heyman in the bloodline, the tension means the bloodline has to do something about him. And Knight asked if Heyman's done running his uh, running his j- fat jowls yet. He's, and then said he appreciates Heyman's words, but after checking the receipt, he pulled out a receipt. He didn't buy he didn't buying any of Heyman's BS. Jimmy takes the mic and says that Knight isn't making it to fast lane. So they surround him basically and Cena runs down to even the odds and Heyman tried to talk sense to Jimmy and you know, and then uh that that you know, the um and you know, and then with the call like, you know, um like you know what they call like 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 he was telling them they like, just to like hold off or like you know what I mean or like tell, don't be stupid because like they're trying to be Jimmy's trying to be overzealous with this shit. Knight gets on the mic said that that um he gets them from he gets them not having permission from their chief to come out here. Everyone's talking about Fastlane match tomorrow, but Knight's thinking about tonight and about uh, the little wannabe Jimmy and Diversa Knight for the you know show basically for the main event. Then so that was a setup, you know what I mean? Basic setup basically. Judgment Day show up backstage. Pretty not happy that JD's there, and Rhea said that you know, he she she was the one that made the call for him to be there. Then the Bloodline see them in their locker room, and Jimmy was talking about authorizing shit because Roman's not there. So they come back from commercial, and they're facing off in the locker room, and Rhea tells them to all leave because her and Heyman need to talk about business. I think that Rhea's the one who's taking control, and Heyman respects her enough to basically take it this seriously, and Rhea wants to have an alliance. And by the way, with with Rhea basically telling Paul Heyman to acknowledge her, that's not going to be like a well well received. So it feels like Rhea's overstepping, but that means that she's becoming more babyface because she's not as scared of Roman Reigns essentially. Um, you know, um. So Rhea wants to have an alliance. Heyman likes it, calling it a really good. And he just he needs to call Roman Reigns and finalize things. Rhea says it's authorized. Heyman says that the tribal chief has to authorize this. And she repeats that it's authorized. And she tells Heyman to acknowledge her. And uh, Heyman says that she's in the wrong locker room to say that. And Rhea says they're going to wind up finding out which faction is stronger. We see Rhea with Jimmy before his match. And there wasn't much wrong because, you know, it was just like a, just a basic talk. And, and the match wasn't much anyways because a solo interfered in it. And then Cena came down to make the save. 
then Judgment Day came out and they're all going to attack, basically. I knew this was coming because they said they would do it on SmackDown. They would be on SmackDown. But I somehow still kind of forgot, but I figured Cody and Jay would have been more on the show throughout the evening, right? But Jay runs down and the crowd sings Cody's theme when he comes out. Stop playing, they're still singing it when they're in the face of happening. Then they all brawl. JD gets left in the ring to take all the finishers from the baby faces. I really do like how the Bloodline Judgment, Judgment Day stuff is, is, is made legit. Um, like, like these heel stables have made more of the alliances with baby faces mean something. And, you know, like, you can really get behind these baby faces. I'm going to guess these factions are going to be there for the War Games eventually or some shit. But this is really good. Charlotte and Asuka beat Bailey and EO. This title program, um, this title program for the um, uh, this title program for the feud and division on SmackDown has been so empty. Of the women kill it, but I can't really say the creative for this has been that fucking great. Lastly, beat Ray and LWO get destroyed. You know, get destroyed as well. Well, while the D- D- Del Toro got fucked up the most by the prophets, they're the ones that attacked them, right? And then you know, uh, Blasty attacked Santos outside during the match. Santos was able to come back with a chair after the match, but they need a replacement for the match since, uh, you know, Del Toro and Wilder out, and recently he would make a call, so we assume it's going to be Dragon Lee. They would join, but people think it's going to be Carlito. Maybe even Savio Vega. There was an Elba and uh, Isla fucking vignette about the curse still. These are really well done. I'm liking the vignettes. I, want to, I hope they get a good run, but I'm, I'm giving up on the women's tag division having any consistent push to it. it I'm just, it's just too much. Theory cut up promo before the match with Dragon Lee putting over his resume. He claimed he let Dwayne share the ring with them. He was getting good heel reaction. Waller came down during the match. And then Grimes helped Dragon Lee win. So I guess we're getting a more television time. And we're getting to do more odd couple pairings. But I'm glad Dragon Lee is doing well on the main roster thus far. Maybe, you know, Grimes will have more um will have more to, to him as well. I don't know. Knight stole this guy's catchphrase in the opening you know, promo, by the way. I'm saying how he's going to send them to the moon, essentially. I don't know. Anyways, this was SmackDown. I, 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 again, I, I was struggling. I was going to wait to like, just do all this when I'm ready, but there's a pay-per-view going to start soon, 7.33 p.m. I know Collision's on right now, but like you know, the pay-per-view for WWE hasn't started yet, so... And I was already proca- I was already procrastinating because of the I like my heart wasn't into this because the the whole um, Israel Palestine shit has really you know like fucked me up like it, it always fucks me up you know what I mean this is why I wish I was like not alive I can't talk to anyone about it people in your life don't want to people people in your life have graduated into like into like being part of the elite status where like now it's like they're in a Tony Soprano level where like they can't like talk to you because they already got what they needed out of, out of you. That's what always happens with people I fucking know. They fucking use me to fucking get, get them as a stepping stone and then people behind the scenes see that and then they go, okay, we'll let you fucking graduate with that. Everyone can eat but me basically. And then if I want to fucking eat... People I know in my life will fucking roll their fucking eyes at me like I don't fucking deserve it. Like they fucking, but yet they feel like they're the fucking most talented ones on the fucking planet. And they and they and they think they have the authority to tell me what's like. I'm thinking about doing open mic, and I know if, it, if 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 these people catch traction with it, and now that I'm saying it right now, they will definitely make it more difficult for me, or they will fucking show up to make fucking things, you know, you know, I, I want to do it on my own, I don't, you know what I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really care if I fail, the world's ending, I might as well try it out once, 
You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm going to fucking make it. And, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I would have for material anyways. I was going to go up there and try to improvise something. You know, see if I had the chops for it 20 years fucking later. 